ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and beautiful people. Good morning. Welcome. How are you guys doing? Whether you're just tuning in this weekend or maybe you turned in during your week, uh, or if you're having a good week, having a rough week, no matter what, first off, I want to say thank you for tuning in. Second, I want to say hopefully the gods is walking with y'all. If not, I want to send you some energy, some love, and some hopefully some guidance your way. Hopefully that'll help. But none, but enough of that, because I have to introduce a non-console-centric platform that talks about everything going on within the gaming industry. We take that RTS approach. That's that real-time strategy. The games that I don't really have time for anymore, unfortunately. But it just means we pull ourselves out of the world. We look at the darker crevices of the map. We pull those resources together so we can build up a foundation potentially reach those three billion gamers that phil spence always talks about not only that but for our splitters that are here and for those who may be new that's our members so if you want to become uh, a splitter just go ahead and hit that member button right below this video or from the audio side of things come check us out on youtube um and come become a member if you'd like but check out the check out that ecp educated consumer perspective because that's something else that we definitely pride ourselves in here we're going to bring a lot more of that today uh because again we're gamers we're not in the industry i don't develop games uh neither one of us do but we do have years of not only gaming experience but professional experience that i feel like uh really gives a well-rounded conversation to any of the topics that we bring here right here on living split screen and we go live every 9 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. UK time, if you didn't know. And I'm one of the hosts, Steel Rain. That's a Steel Rain with the T being a 7. You can Google that anywhere. Um, I frequent the streets of Twitter, the Xbox uh, ecosystem, just because it's such a um, well-rounded ecosystem. There goes me using that word again. Uh, it might be the word of the day right there. But you know I got to throw in a nonetheless. Because I got to introduce the one of the most uncanny gentlemen, not only in these YouTube streets, but somebody uh, who is uncanny to me personally. The gentleman who is not an X-Men, but he is uh, pulling Jean Grey to the side. My brother from another. The guy who is not Cyclops. Pong, so what's going on, brother? How you feeling? I love the extra dramatic you like pauses that? this you like morning. That? that was that was special. Uh, Steel, uh, still something was... different. <laughs> if you didn't like it, let me know in chat. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that was funny. Uh, almost like you were skipping or forgetting things. Uh, what you were saying that was awesome though. Um, hey everybody, welcome to Living Split Screen. Welcome to the real Living Split Screen. We are now live. We were just backstage already getting into big conversations um usually it's steel who uh, jumps into big conversations early this morning i did uh but welcome everybody uh those of you tuning in live those of you that are tuning in in the future off of you know your favorite platform to listen to our show uh thank you all for being here uh it Absolutely. is a starfield saturday yet again um again we are going to talk other things but my god this week and tim 
Tim the Sorcerer, I feel you. Uh, you, you know, his starcation, uh, he said, was interrupted by, work, uh, by yeah. work. I had I had a little bit of work interruption, but I had uh, real life interruption as well um, to what I thought was going to be solid Starfield. Um, that happens, unfortunately, when you are an adult and you do have outside responsibilities. But I think all of us that have uh, sunk many, many an hour already into Starfield, mm-hmm. which I have been in. And um, this week exclusively, I, I said this backstage, but I'll say it again here for everybody who's tuning in um, exclusively this week on my series X. Um, again, I, I, you know, I played, I started out the majority of my Starfield, uh, my Starcation as Tim, as Tim put it, um, playing on PC. That was the majority of my time. It was probably like, uh, probably like 90, 10, uh, PC to series X, maybe okay. even 95, five this week has been 100% series X. So I've even that out dramatically this week. Um, and I gotta say steel again, I'm, I'm, I'm different because 30 frames doesn't bother me. I'm different because yes, do I see the dramatic difference in some areas as far as graphically goes, what I get on my high end PC versus what I'm getting on my series X. Yes, I do. But as far as the gameplay itself goes, mm-hmm. because those two things don't overly bother me at all, the Series X version is really good. And I can sit down, crash on my couch after a long day at work, and I can still have the same type of enjoyment I do on my Series X, on my big screen versus my ultra wide and my PC. And that says something for what Bethesda has done here. Now, that's that experience is going to be the same for everybody. Right. I understand there's going to be people out there that maybe do have both uh, like I do that can't do the series X version. And I, 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 I'll, I get that. Okay. I do understand that. I know Mav has been almost exclusively playing on his PC because mm-hmm. he has played on the series X, but for him, it is a little bit too much of a difference. I hear that. That's not a problem. Um, I just think overall for anybody playing on console, you guys are getting exclusively on a console. You guys are getting a fantastic experience. Do I wish that there was an unlock frames mode? Yes, of course I do. Do I wish they could have gotten it to 60 frames? Of course I do, because I am a believer that it, it does change how the game plays uh, in 60 it frames. It does. It, it The feel it feels different. Is, is different. It is different. But overall, what what a game. What a game this has been this and again, still, we're going to get into it. And I know you want me to kind of lead the conversation as we as we talk about Starfield a little bit, because we have to. Again, these games come along so few and far between. This isn't your everyday average run of the mill triple A game showing up on the scene. This is something that. This is why Bethesda is special, everybody. Now, you may not agree, and that's that's fine. But I'm talking personally. This is why Bethesda is special. These games do something. They 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 evoke different emotions than most games that I play do. And it's been no different with Starfield. And that is me playing none of the main missions outside mm. of meeting Constellation. I have not run a single main mission yet. I, in fact, have only run one faction mission. Well, you have, beginning- you got to be bored, Paul. You gotta be. Yeah, I got to be bored is according to the conversations out there. That is, in fact, a lie. And this week's deal, and we can talk about this more, I guess. I, 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 I think we should probably split this up, so I'll keep it short. Mm-hmm. But this week, this week, I have been focused on actually 
more space exploration, which okay. a lot of people hmm. have said is not good, has said that there's nothing out there. And again, that's all going to be personal. That's all going to be your opinion. Mm. But people are stating these things as facts mm -hmm. that Bethesda didn't put enough time into the space stuff. That what is the point of having your ship and creating a new ship when all you do is fast travel? Let me tell you something as, as Please. I have yeah. put more and more time into actual space. Mm -hmm. Sure. Are you picking a spot and going to that spot and you are in this? enclosed kind of space i'll just call it enclosed even though it's been proven now you can fly yeah, everywhere if you want to take 10 hours yeah it's not cool. right right but let's just say realistically as a gamer right you're in an area when you fast travel mm -hmm. i'm legitimately for me blown away by how many random encounters there actually are how many different things i have found how many because again if you are going to do this if you are going to explore space, if you're going to go survey the planets, because that is a, that is a mechanic in this game. If you're yeah, going to go survey the planets, this is exactly Steel brought this up last week. Mm -hmm. This is Mass Effect. OK, you are going to these different systems and you can from space survey the planet to see what's on it. Right. If you're going to do that, which I enjoy doing, maybe you don't enjoy doing it. That's fine. I'm not talking to you, but I'm doing that. So if I'm jumping from space to space, I am getting into some shit when I'm jumping from space to space. Mm. There is probably one out of every three jump steel somewhere mm. in that neighborhood. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's one out of every two. Maybe it's one out of three where nothing occurs. Nothing pops up. But all the other times I make those jump steel, I'm getting into dog fights. I'm meeting some random encounter in space. I got traders. I got grandma. I, you know, I'm, I, I have the choice whether or not to help somebody. I have the choice whether okay. or not to pirate somebody. Um, I get into dog fights. I, I find random things in space um, that I wasn't there because I happen to come across an asteroid field. And all of a sudden that asteroid field, I pull up my scanner. Oh, there's cargo from some ship that blew up. Or there's cargo mm -hmm. from That's somebody that, that jettisoned their stuff out the into space. And now I'm getting free resources or I'm getting free credits or whatever I find out there. Again, this is consistent steel. I can't understand how people, unless you just simply didn't put the time in to jump from spot to spot. And again, that's cool. This is a sandbox. Play how you're going to play. But I don't understand how people are saying the space part is boring. As somebody who enjoys the space combat steel, I like and as somebody who has now upgraded their ship completely, and I just okay. opened up B-class steel. Oh, did you? Yo, I, I, did, I just did too. I started to go into the modding last night of my ship and putting B-class stuff makes a on difference. my ship. It makes a huge difference. I didn't commit to it. I didn't commit to it, but I'm like, yes. Because as somebody who's upgraded their ship, somebody who has put time into the shipbuilder, somebody who thinks the shipbuilding is absolutely 100% addicting, yeah. and I know you'll agree, Steel, cool. because I see you out here creating stuff. I, I'm having a blast in the dogfights. I'm taking on 10... And now I'm playing on hard again, folks. I'm taking on ships that are 10, 15, 
levels higher than me. Sometimes I've taken on a couple 20 plus level higher than me and I can feel, see, and tell the work that I put into my ship Mm -hmm. and how I'm able to take these, these enemies on. And I'm walking into entire space battles between the UC and spacers where I warp in, grab, jump in. And all of a sudden there's six, eight ships fighting in front of me and I'm thrown in the middle of it. And everybody's my enemy right now, steel, because again, I turned down the UC's offer to infiltrate the, the, the crimson fleet. No spoiler. I think everybody knows that that's a mission. I turned them down, so they are now my enemies. So when I walk into one of these battles, it's just red names everywhere, Steel. Red names everywhere. And I got to figure out who I'm going after, and I got to watch my flank at all times. I am having, personally, an absolute blast. This game, again, is not perfect. Nobody I've seen has claimed that this game is perfect, even the 10 out of 10s. As we know, a 10 out of 10, and again, that's a whole nother conversation, review scores. For all these review sites, a 10 out of 10 is not a perfect game. But what I'm going to say is that this game has, at every single turn, exceeded my expectations. I have gripes with the game. I have critiques with the game. Mm -hmm. I have things that, of course, I would have loved to have seen in the game Mm -hmm. if this was a utopian world where we got everything we wanted but that's not how i'm playing the game that's not how i'm looking at this game that's not how i look at those games that's why cyberpunk became a goat for me because i didn't look at all the things that was missing again i like that's your personal personal choice but for me this game has exceeded every single expectation that i had this is what i wanted from bethesda because i don't want bethesda to change and that's another conversation that we are now having because journalists big time journalists who have been in this industry for 20 plus years are writing now are writing entire articles where they they were the, they use the word niche for a bethesda game yeah over 10 times mm-hmm. in their article as if you're not broadcasting your intentions when you do that, literally. Well, somebody using told me word niche. Somebody told me Bethesda. that I'm part of the niche of Bethesda games now. Uh, bro, although bro. I've never played their games like that, bro. So, bro, their games are uh, Bethesda then games that are means, niche, and I'm in the that niche means now. Spider-Man like is niche. That means that all exclusives are niche titles. That means Zelda is niche. I cannot believe what, well, I can, because again, I've seen it elsewhere. Uh, yeah. I've seen it lots of places. The fact is, is that this narrative running right now is crazy to me after playing this game 60 plus hours, not touching a single main mission, only touching one of the faction missions, which I know already I've heard. And I already know from playing oh, you previous Bethesda do, games, you, you factions are some of the best content in the game. The first thing I would suggest for you to do, Pong, is Vanguard, be- mainly only because, and the only reason I say do that whenever you can or whenever you get a moment, you're like, all right, I want to do some missions. The only reason I say that, and it's unfortunate that the game doesn't point you that direction kind of first, um, is it literally gives you the entire backdrop of the game. It literally gives you the best setup, 
representation of what to expect the world that you're in why things are that the way that they are it's 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 not not like i don't i don't want to give any any anything about no, it because it's no, it's extremely no. unique yes is it 10 minutes of listening to something but it's also 10, I know. 10 minutes of looking at the backdrop and just taking the moment in and the way that they talk about it. it's not to me it wasn't boring i thought it was i thought it was super dope but yeah and, yeah I and, and i know exactly what you're talking about because i've already heard about it yeah, right yeah, again yeah. i'm a guy who again and again uh, i appreciate that you're not giving it away for anybody who hasn't done vanguard yet i already it's, know it's so, most yeah, of the side so, story stuff so dope. because i've listened to other people and i've read other people right and again because if spoilers don't ruin a game for me and when I get to that point, Steel, when I want to play that way, I'll get into those games, right? I'll get into those side missions. I'll get into that story. I'll get into that lore. But right now, I don't need to. Right now, I'm doing my thing. Right now, I'm pirating everybody and then blowing them up so that there's no witnesses. So I don't have a bounty. That's what this game allows you to do. I'm role-playing my pirate, my space pirate right mm -hmm. now. That's what I'm doing. And I'm having a great time and I want to get my piloting up. How do yeah. I make it get my piloting up? Like destroying up. ships, right? Got to yeah. level, up. level up, right? That's what I'm looking for. I want to get into that C-class deal. I want, I want to create a full-fledged big boy ship out there with massive it, amounts of armament, right? It can only be so big, but yeah. <laughs> right, it can be only so <laughs> big, but compared to A-class, right? Again, yeah, it's, my it's night and day. Yeah, yeah, Right, it's night and day. And that's what I'm saying. I don't even have it yet, so. But again, I'll end it here because we're going to have conversations about Starfield today. Um, I'll end it here. This right now continues to move up my list as far as my favorite all-time Bethesda games. This is already past the fallouts. So now it is in, encroaching on my Oblivion and Skyrim love. Okay. This probably will, again, unless there's a massive problem where I lose hours of gameplay and that causes me to really start going, mm, ah, nope, we're not doing this. This will become my favorite all-time Bethesda game, which when I say that, that means that this becomes my all-time favorite game because Oblivion mm. and Skyrim are 1A and 1B for me in terms of my all-time favorite game. This is everything I wanted. This is my Bethesda. This is why I fell in love with Bethesda. I put out a tweet this week that this is the reason why I became a gamer and will always be a gamer. Oh, not it's, only, it's immersion breaking though. Not bro. only, no way. Yeah, I know, I know. No I, again, everybody's new favorite word, immersions. It's just incredible, the hive mind mentality and how it works. And when you actually take a step back and you look at it and you watch it happen in real time, it's, it's classic. <laughs> I don't care. I played games for 40 years with not loading immersive. screens. I don't give a shit. Um, the fact is, is I put out a tweet this week that <laughs> these experiences... And it's not just Bethesda, it's mm -hmm. in gaming total. But these types of experiences, this one specifically in Starfield is the reason why I became a gamer. And it's the reason why I will always be a gamer. I love this game. I love this game beyond what I thought even I was going to. I didn't, as much as I was hyped for this game, as much as I was excited for this game, again, mm -hmm. sci-fi is secondary to me when it comes to high fantasy. Mm -hmm. As much as I talked about this game, I did not think that it would surpass Oblivion and Skyrim as my favorite all-time game and my favorite Bethesda game overall. I did not think that coming into it. But here we are. And again, 
that tells you everything you need to know about my opinion on Starfield. It will continue to move forward as I go along. This game is like none other that I've played as far as a total package goes for a sci-fi game. This is what, and again, I hope in the future with Starfield 2, when they make Starfield 2 and the tech is that much better, you know, 16 years from now or whatever the hell it is, I hope that they take another leap forward in terms of a lot of different things. But right now, this gives me, and I heard Jaffe talking about this. Honestly, Jaffe had a great thing. Jaffe had a great conversation he about did. this. I listened to it, yeah. Yeah, you listened to it. So mm-hmm. you want, and, and again, Steel, I grew up 70s, 80s sci-fi. For those of us that have that nostalgia, this is a dream come true. This is my Star Trek. This is my Star Wars. This is all of those old sci-fi shows that I used to watch on TV rolled into one package where I get to go live out my dreams. And it really does remind me of all of those. On top of your great descriptor that this is Mass Effect and and Skyrim or Mass Effect and Oblivion put together, that's kind of what this is. But that's what that lends itself to is because that's what Mass Effect did for me was give me the start outside of no aliens, right? Outside of just creatures, right? Just you don't have alien humanoids anywhere running around talking. But this gives me all of those dreams that I had as a kid in one package. And again, I can't replace this. This this right now, what I'm enjoying, what I'm I don't see myself playing another game for a long time. I really don't. I don't see myself as a grazer going back to grazing for a very long time because of Starfield. I have not had one single itch over 60 hours in this game to go do a, any other game, even in short limited terms where I haven't had as much time as I would like to, it's still Starfield for me. I'm popping into and seeing what I can get done. So I'll end it there. I've talked too much. I've rambled too much. These are our intros. These are this, but, but this is, this is really special. Star Starfield is phenomenal. Um, And there's no question about it. Not perfect, but it's phenomenal. And so for me, that's where I sit right now, Steel. Yeah, we're going to branch off many different ways because we've got to talk about uh, the way that people find the game boring or the fact that it takes, um, I'm not going to say it's a fact, um, it's an opinion. Uh, Although it's a ever-grossing opinion, it seems to be catching like wildfire and it seems to be the opinion of many people, um, even people who probably haven't actually played the game um, or haven't put enough into the game. And again, uh, I am one of those people who say that you can find out whether a game is for you or not within the first 10 hours. Um, I don't think any game should take you 20 to 30 hours for you to find any interest in. Uh, that makes no sense. You know, I mean, time is valuable. If you aren't feeling, if, if you're not feeling that your time is being valued, then why are you doing it? That's kind of the point of the hobby, I thought, right? Uh, the, the passion, you do it because you enjoy it. You don't do it because you're being forced to, unless you're just doing it to be part of the conversation. Well, I mean, that's a different that's a different thing. Uh, but I do think, and I can I feel like I can speak for me and Pong on this. Um, there's a reason why I like to say that we're not console eccentric, and I like to we 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 constantly have this ever grossing or this ever expanding i should say more so excuse me um conversation about the industry not just one platform now can things be skewed one way or the other be depending on what the news is um one week to the next yeah of course it is and me and we have also said like nixie had mentioned in the chat um 
you know, that we all have our biases. Of course we do. But I do think that me and Pong, as much as we may have a bias or may like a particular thing, I do think that we still have become from a very subjective place as gamers altogether. And per previous shows, I'm not going to get into a knee deep here, but I do think if you go back and listen to our previous content that you'll get at least have an idea. And this is for newer people or even people um, who have been in the community and listening to us and tuning in uh, that you'll have a well-rounded discussion here uh, about, what's going on in the industry how do we feel about it and it just so happens that starfield is going to be the main crux of the conversation it was last week we had an over four hour conversation just about starfield and that was before we even really put any time in right um that's early access now are we, are we, are we planning to have that big of a conversation about it today well to be honest, it's, it's going to vary and there is a many different points i think what makes starfield interesting for me one Again, I wasn't expecting the game to be as interesting as it is. I wasn't. I, I see other people that are that have come out and stated that, hey, I'm not this person and I don't get why this game, why people like this game. Or they're saying like myself, hey, I'm not that person and I'm really enjoying this. Like Kate, for an example. And I and again, people can say, oh, well, she's part of the fun spec fam. You guys are going to cap for each other. And do all this. anyway, look, she hasn't played a lot of games we played. She never jumped into Diablo once. Yeah, no. And, and Diablo's <laughs> so, in a kind of a dire place right now, apparently. Um, it's kind whatever. of set. Yeah. That's kind of weird to see uh, coming from yeah. launch. But anyway, that's different. But that's, seeing, yeah. but seeing yeah. the the expanded reach that I have at least personally experienced um, from Starfield. And I'm talking about every Avenue. Cause I I'm kind of everywhere, right? I'm not as active everywhere, like in your Facebooks and your Reddits and your YouTube comments and things like that. I did respond to some folks in comments this week. Uh, Cause I was on with boom and people were saying that I was being down on star. I was just like, I'm trying to understand what you were hearing in comparison to what I was saying. But nonetheless, um, it's, it's another one of those to where it's hard to deny the impact that this game has, right? And it's also interesting when people say that the game has no impact or that the game is exactly the same as it was in comparison to its other games. And then also see another side of a more consistent fan base, the latter fan base typically, which is typically where a lot of our main stand uh, conversation pieces come from, also state that, the game is boring. Is it? It's a. It's a niche game. All of a sudden, Bethesda makes niche games. Um, let uh, Let's see what what else. Uh, again, the whole twenty to thirty hour thing to get into the game. And again, that's just those experiences aren't mine. Am I saying that you can't have that? No, you probably could have that, right? It wasn't me, and I wasn't. I didn't listen to people when they say, "Oh, you should mainline the game, mainline the game." Me and me and Paul had that conversation backstage, and I'm not that dude typically either. I like to go wherever the the story kind of takes me, where the game kind of wants me to go. So, with whatever feeling that it gives me, but I purposely said all right let me see what the game is going to give me and the game didn't give me a oh i need to do the main mission kind of feel it gave me a hey steel how do you want to approach this okay hey steel you know what the game always gives me hey steel how do you how do you want to approach this situation and then and that's where Baldur's gate comes in the conversation and it's part of the reason why pong 
as we talk about this, I do want, I want you to lead some of the conversation, at least about Starfield. And I can bring in some points about the things that I've been hearing and then we could kind of bounce off of each other from there. But the main reason is because you've played both games and people make the comparisons and say Starfield fails, falls short in comparison to Baldur's Gate 3. And again, yes, they are very, yes, they are different games. And yes, you can compare some of the things that they are doing, but you ha also have to be honest on the level of the types of games that they are, right? From, yeah, from a development standpoint, you can't though. The, the teams had two different goals in mind when I mean, they that too. these games. That, that's like also, it, yes, that, very yeah. different. Sorry, sorry, but it, it's just real. No, yeah, I mean, and you're, that's a that's a fact that the teams definitely did have two very different approaches to how they um, developed the game. Again, Baldur's Gate 3 was in uh, early access for three years. And again, the community helped build that game. And the, the reason why it's as successful as it is because they listened to the community. They took in the, and they, they, and they made a good game overall. That's, I mean, again, that's what I would expect for you to do when you approach it that way. That's what a successful, that's what, that's the outlook on how to do something like that successfully, right? Take take a, a known IP, take an idea, apply some things that you had from your previous games and say, all right, well, how do we mold this? Okay, what do our players want? And there's other issues that I've, again, that we've seen from that in further acts apparently down the line in Baldur's Gate 3. So that's obviously not a perfect game either. And from what I've seen from the game, obviously it's not perfect because it doesn't it doesn't pull me in either. So all the same points that people are making for Starfield, I can say about Baldur's Gate. And just because Baldur's Gate is now coming to PlayStation, I don't think that that's now a reason why we should, you all, now you're up on it. Now you're hype about Baldur's Gate. This wasn't a game that a lot of people were probably interested in previously, which is fine. But I wasn't interested in starfield like i had like I, you know i got pong hyping me up i got i mean you know i jumped in the skyrim i've jumped in the fallout 4 i've played elder scrolls like there's other games of of its caliber that i've been around but i wasn't expecting for me to be over 70 hours engrossed into the game and not even got i just dropped off my what my my second relic maybe that's not even far into the story I did maybe three main missions. I'm on so many faction quests. I, I like I'm I'm pulled this direction. I'm over here. I'm over here with the Crimson Fleet. I'm over here with Freestar. I'm over here with the UC. I just completed completed the UC. Um, the spy thing that you were talking about last night, Pong. What a what a what a great side. What a, how much the pressure you feel, the way that they want you to approach the situation. And the one thing that I will say that I do agree with people on. I don't, and I don't think it's a, I don't know if it's necessarily a shortcoming. Star, there, it does seem, and this may be a thing that has always existed in Bethesda games, you are very limited on how you can approach your situations um, versus like a Baldur's Gate 3 where you have a little bit more choice in that. But again, it's the way that the games are designed. And since I don't have that experience, there are some things and there are some situations where I walk into them and I say, all right, well, if I close this door and I smack this fool and then nobody will see it, but for whatever reason, everybody still gets alerted. Mm -hmm. Or there's situations where it's like, all right, well, if I play it out this way, then um, I'll be able to kind of go about this situation my own way or maybe these people um, won't like me 
but it's, no, it's not like that. You're kind of guardrailed by your maybe your companions sometimes. If you're not bringing companions, then it's not going to bother you. Uh, or if you're not worried about how that's going to impact the overall story, uh, maybe that's not going to bother you. But I have found my myself in situations where I'm like, and I think this is also part of the, and again, Paul, you can let me know if this is kind of part of the whole saves coming thing. There are situations, not this, not just that, but like what is known for Bethesda style games. Um, I have found myself in situations where it's like, all right, let me see what I can get away with here. I'll go, I'll go into, I'll go into menus, save my game and go crazy. And, and and just see and yeah. see what I can see what I can accomplish. Yeah. And if yeah. I don't like the reaction that I got from doing that, um, yeah. just because I was testing, because it's not something that I literally wanted to do, but it's like, okay, let me let me test what what yeah. what limits the game is really giving me. Mm-hmm. And then you you you, there's no better feeling than hitting that save, yeah. doing what you're doing what you're going to do, and then be like, all right. Yeah, that's what that I, yeah. I just was testing, and I wanted to see what was what was going to happen. I, I did that at the red. I did that at the red mile. Still, real quick, I did that at the red I still mile done that uh, early on. Right, I did that at the red mile because there's a bunch of, and I saw somebody else who ingenious. Again, that's the that's the part that Bethesda with the sandbox people find different ways to accomplish what you were trying to accomplish that you didn't think about doing, but somebody did, and it's genius. I'm going to go back and I'm going to use this person's technique. But there's a bunch of at the Red Mile if you haven't been there yet, right? It, it's kind of a gambling wild spot, right? So it's a it's a live. I found spot. it for ship purposes, but I haven't sure. done it yet. Sure, sure, sure. But but again, inside there's a bunch of tables with a bunch of credit sticks because people are gambling, right? And there's a bunch of credit sticks. And so I want to test it out. I had my cloaking. I had my uh, chameleon uh, backpack. Right. And I want to test how good it was. But they set it up so that everybody's watching you at all times. Like Steel was kind of alluding to. It is what it is. But I want to test it out. So I I tried to steal the credit sticks. Right. I tried to get into because anybody who plays Bethesda games or anybody who plays open world RPGs, you know, there's sometimes you can game the game itself if you get into a certain like little spot you can get out of the way nobody can see you you're enough in the shadows whatever the case may be and you can grab you know stuff i tried that i got caught of course i tried it multiple times i got caught the final time i'm like you know what let's just see how far i can take this because at the red mile they use the um um the uh uh what is it the elliptic uh is are they elliptic i can't remember what they're called the the ecliptic thank you uh mercs right they use them as security in this place right so they've got all these badasses hanging around who are all got this attitude so i'm like you know what screw it let's see how we can do this so i got caught stealing i saved obviously prior to doing it and but then i got into a full-fledged battle within the red mile with everybody oh damn everybody and i just want to see how long I, this was really early on in my gameplay and i want to see how long i could last and if i could find spots where i could hold down for a while and see if i could wipe everybody out i wound up clearing out the entire red mile of people now of course some of the main people are just downed or whatever else because it, it would break yeah, the game. Yeah, you you lose the ability but i just wanted to see if i could do it they remember it I, though right right i want to see That's if i could do fun. it so i tried it i did it I cleared everybody out. I was like, cool. I had a pile of bodies. I took a screenshot. I had a pile of bodies in front of one of the doors because I caught them all with a couple of grenades and, and shotgun blasts and whatever else. That was cool. But did I want to keep my game that way? No, I didn't. So 
I reloaded and went back and started my game again from prior to that. That's the fun of Bethesda. I had another instance real quick to steal where I actually did save it. I had, I, I came across just a random colony on a barren planet. Right. And these people had a bunch of stuff that I really wanted at the time. They had a bunch of stuff. So I went on a murderous rampage, not going to lie. Cold-blooded murder. I, I was no longer just a pirate. I was a cold-blooded murderer. I just went on a rampage and took out this entire colony. Went around, grabbed everything. The unfortunate part is, is that somebody got far enough away from me so I couldn't clear all the witnesses to it. Uh, and then it reset. And so they went back to normal life, which again is a part of the game. Like, okay, you just went back to normal life after I just took out your entire you know, family basically in front of you. But anyways, it reset and they went back to normal life and I wound up with a bounty on my head. Now I could have reloaded and started that over, but I'd spent a ton of time hunting down people and taking everything that I wanted to take. I said, you know what? I'll pay the bounty. I'll keep the game playing as it is. So I paid the bounty off at a bounty uh, kiosk, 15 grand. I still wound up ahead uh, with everything that I got out of that colony. But those are just some of the things that Steeler is talking about where you can save and reload if you want to. And I understand completely steal. That is a part of Bethesda game. You want to try things and see what you can get away with. Right. Sure. And I think that's a, that's a that's a thing that's most unique about this game. Right. And I think, um, you know, kind of go. It's kind of about the whole immersion side of things is that this game is another game that's good at being a game, in my opinion. Right. Um, and I try to prevent myself from saying that because we're supposed to be talk coming from our opinions regardless. Um, it's just it comes across kind of cringy sometimes when you when you have to reiterate oh this is my opinion um it's coming from my mouth it's it, it's my opinion right. <laughs> but people don't understand nowadays steel and that's I where just, we're at you say something and people take it like you're speaking for everybody right and it's like no because there are some people let's be real in this community that do that on podcasts that will they, they act do, as do. if they are speaking for everybody they do like talk their that way. They do opinion talk that way. is actual fact and they don't, you know, that's the way they come off. And that's why I always reiterate that I'm only speaking for myself when I say this stuff, period. So yeah. it was just, it was just an inner thought that uh, I, I, I said out loud because yeah. I do try to not say, I try not to say that. But um, when it's hard for me to talk about Starfield, it, it really is. I, I caught myself yesterday because I was on, um, Goodness gracious, what show? What show? I was on with us, uh, slow mo and forte. Sorry, yeah, DPS. 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 Yeah. Um, my week's been woo, but um, yeah. I was on with them and they we were talking about Starfield and everything. And even then, I found it very difficult just to have an open conversation about Starfield. One because there's a lot of things that I'd like to talk about that are spoilers, right? Palm yeah. wouldn't mind those things, yeah. um, and us having a conversation about that. But just have an open conversation about it. Um, I, I just don't want to do a disservice to the community. Uh, again, the game is new; it just came out, and there's a lot of things in here that I've experienced uh, that I do feel would be spoilers because I feel like they have been that kind of grand, right? Yeah. The type of adventures that I've been on. Again, I'll put it to you this way: uh, Hogwarts Legacy. I was really high on that game too, right? Um, and it was an extremely impressive game to me, and I still love that game to this day. Don't take anything away from that game. This game, Starfield dwarfs Hogwarts Legacy in the way that it makes me feel about the game, um, the way that I'm playing it. Um, and also, uh, Hogwarts Legacy also kind of shows itself as a 
repetitive open world game mm-hmm. outside of your maybe love for the IP or outside of the you get what you you get back what you what you you get back what you're what you're putting into it for sure, but in a more Ubisoft style than what you're getting comparatively in Starfield. Starfield, it seems like you you're when you do those side mission things, when you do those off the path things, they lead other places. They take you um on they have you thinking about the story differently. They have you thinking about um, what you're doing in that moment differently. Um, the relationships that you have with your with your crew. And again, I didn't think that any of the companions were going to be of any value. Like it, <laughs> it's 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 funny that I'm seeing more people now come out and use the Mass Effect reference. Although the, I'll be fair and say there's also people who say that they don't understand 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 that perspective and again for anybody that hasn't played mass effect go play legendary edition and i feel like at least for me it gives you uh, this game gives you a perspective that i would like to ask todd whether mass effect was it was a inspiration to him at all for this now I'm I mean sure they definitely looked at probably other Space Odyssey games and things of that oh, nature yeah. and there's not like there's a like a like I'm an ass load of them anyway but I I only asked that question because there's so many things that le- that kind of lean in that same tandem and if the actual story of the game is as good as people are saying who have played the main story of the game and completed it if it is that grand and everything that I'm doing still currently, again, I'm on the third side mission, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm over, I'm over 72 hours in. I, I, I can't see myself stopping, mm. right? There's, mm-hmm. there's uh, like, I've literally, I've put down Armor Core 6, which is still very high up for me. But I don't know where the, even that fits in into the fold just because comparatively this game is just it is different. There's I, I still haven't built an outpost. I don't know what that looks like. And I could because No Man's Sky, you can ask Boogeyman. He might be in the chat. I got engrossed in that on accident. It wasn't something I was purposely trying to do, but I'm in here playing Starship Builder making the gunship from the clone wars from star wars like doing and now that's my because i wanted a hauler and i know you get another hauler from um main story quest but there's another reason why i wanted to get my ship design up some more because i need i need some i need some more thrust man pause uh, i need something that's going to help me push my thought my get my hauler a little moving a little faster because i have like over three thirty two hundred inventory space in there you got them right. That's my main ship now, right now. I built that thing yesterday. It was like, I could have 3,200 inventory on this. Oh, this is my main thing right now. I, I'm a fly. And I like the way that it looks. Is it a perfect replica? No, but it's Starfield's version, right? Um, in M. Gene, and the only reason I could really do that with Armor Core, because he says, wow, still put Armor Core on the back burner. That's how you know Starfield hit. I'm also on my third playthrough Armor Core, right? To get the true yeah, ending. You you got your playtime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. uh, you know, I, I I can come back to that. And Armor Core 6 is going to be better later, right? Again, that's the bad thing about single player games and the way that the PvP is set up in there right now. 
it's just it's it's going to be better later and i don't mind coming back to that and i know there's going to be dlc for this game because the game it's i i, I want to see what the actual units are still but yes yobi 30 i got 3200 inventory on my gunship right now along with um that's not that's not even including the additional stores that i have for the um shielded cargo and I'm still trying to figure that. I'm still trying to figure that out because I you do end up getting devices later that help shield the cargo. And I stacked. I got like multiple of them, and they don't stack. So it's weird, you know, because it'll be like oh, ten yeah. percent chance to dodge dodge a scanner, and then you have yeah. another one that says thirty percent. So I'm like, all right, I'll combine three three uh, three to thirties to get ninety, and then I'll do a ten hundred percent. Um. And then I go to get scanned one time at 70, the next time it's 35. I'm like, mm. what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's not 100? Well, like, mm-hmm. what is going on? So it's like, did I spend, waste money? Maybe it still gives me that higher chance. But it's just uh, Eastside Vandal, MG, Starfield opener, legs, looked at Steel Raider, said, come here, baby. Uh, you are, y'all are so stupid. <laughs> uh, Love it. But from it's, it's also weird. It's just also weird to me and it's kind of why i wanted to give it off to you pong too on um, why i wanted you to lead it more so because again like I, like i started off with it's hard for me to talk about starfield um and to go into many different avenues so from i kind of want to start off with the the whole boring aspect and how i mean how people feel about that how you feel about that pong um i know you again have strayed away more so from the main path than i have i've yeah. definitely been you know, side, side mission it up, factioning it up, um, and doing some things because there's there's money to be made there and to unlock some things. And Jasper, real quick, to answer your question earlier, you asked me about Delgado. Um, I did it for my own reasons. That's why. That's why. That's why I have his outfit. It has nothing to do with um, <laughs> the the other faction. There's no. There's not the reason. I now that has benefited me in a very grand way and i'm interested to see how that plays out but i did it for my own reasons i, I didn't i know people are finding the crimson fleet dope with and, and they are dope i like i like the music that they rock and again i like their outfits they got the, some of the best uh armor their spacesuits in the game I, unfortunately i haven't been able to find a um a higher level version of any of that stuff yet but um i i ended up not really rocking with their with their mindset one of them talked to me a certain way consistently and i i I ain't no i ain't nobody's bitch i'm 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 just i'm just not you're not about to just keep talking to me this way and think you about to get away with it nah i'm about to do what i gotta do and you have to come see me i'm just i'm gonna do this for me now i I thought we was i thought we had an understanding but you but you real selfish (laughs) um that's kind of my input but anyway back back to it um and Jasper says he has 4,300 pounds. See, I am I still want the blend of being able to use the ship. I don't want it to be like fucking dumb slow. And there's certain um, engines that I don't have that I need to make up because it'll, it'll blatantly tell you in the shipbuilder, hey, you need more engine power or you will not be able to grab jump if you don't add whatever i don't i don't have those things unlocked yet so i'm I'm working on that so uh but there is additional things in c that do unlock um 
and B, which is what to Pong's point, what he was touching on for Starship design and everything, it's imperative if you end up getting into it. But again, yeah. uh, get back on topic, Pong, because people said space is boring. People said the game is boring. It takes 20 to 30 hours to get into the game. I don't know about you, Pong. I'm over 70 hours in. I haven't found a boring moment since I started the game. Maybe because I let the game take me wherever it wanted to take me in the very beginning within the first five hours and again that was something else when the reviews dropped that people said well the first 10 hours are com are just really off-putting and i don't know about this game it's weird to me that i'm not the bethesda dude and all the bethesda people are saying that the early game is boring maybe it's a me thing maybe it's a consistency thing again enough people have said it to the point yeah, where i have to course. believe it's the mass majority right yeah, uh, it's not just it's not just the uh the twitter community or x community it's facebook youtube there's a lot of people you got big youtubers uh shout out to asman i don't agree with all of his opinions on everything but he is no. going on a kind of a thing right now i don't think he's the starfield dude either but no. nonetheless um no he put it down he, he, and he's been on this tirade about the game being boring and being Listen. terribly developed and uh, all these all these other things and again again and he has an audience so for me yes. i do feel like we still have to have the conversation of your the way that you're talking to your audience about a game that you just didn't like and not of you are being honest on it but you, about it but you're also talking about it as if the game is completely garbage or that the game in in some facets warrants the fours and the sixes that some people have given it and again all that it's an opinion yeah but even if it's opinion it's worth the conversation so with that said pong is the game boring <laughs> i think we already know the answer that, that i'm gonna give you right is is no of course not it's everything that i wanted i said this before and i'll say it again it's everything that i wanted from a bethesda game i i i'm at a loss for what people expected or what they wanted because again i can't put myself in their shoes because i don't know prior yeah, to I, like i, don't know. I, br yeah, I brought that's, this that's i brought same. this up because respect the hell out of mr maddie plays right i respect yeah. the hell out of that dude he's a Love huge his opinions. beyond my even my fandom for Bethesda yeah, he's heavy on it. and heavy, he's a reviewer right. and he's a guy who's created an entire platform and a business already based around video games and so, again, I got to say, the dude knows what he's talking about, obviously, because he's spent his lifetime doing this, right? Or not his lifetime, but you guys know what I'm saying. Yeah, he's I mean, made a whole career out of this, career, right? Yeah. It's a professional career for him. Not that that gives anybody anything different. Again, mm -hmm. it's just like, you know, he's still a human being and he still puts his pants on the same way every morning, all all of that. But the, the but the fact is, obviously, I got to respect the fact that, you know, being a gigantic Bethesda fan that he is, somebody who does do this for a living, that he came out with the opinion that it also that Starfield initially wasn't living up to what he was expecting from it either. Now, he's since that point put out tweets that say the more he plays it, the more he falls in love with it. So I agree with you, Steele, that there is a general consensus that the starting that the starting especially was boring to people. And I think, like you said, there's more than enough people who have said it that obviously, you know, we got to take it seriously. I, yeah, that some it, yeah. people are seeing the valid or people are not seeing something up front that a large majority of people wanted from this game. And so for me, but it's hard for me 
again, to put myself in their shoes because I'm trying to look at it from every angle. And I'm like, I don't understand. I've made clear there is a point in the beginning where I got upset at the game. Steel was in there. Yeah. Mav was in there I was with surprised, me. Actually, yeah. Everybody was in there with me. We were all in chat together when I got to a point where I was like, oh, no, no, no. They did not do this. They put up a second gate, which I have not experienced in a Bethesda game. They put up a second gate for me. And I thought that that was a poor decision on their part. That was something that I did not expect in a Bethesda game where I could not go anywhere I wanted to in the universe unless I absolutely went and met Constellation. That was a problem for me because that is not what I'm normally used to. Normally, again, once you get through the opening section of a Fallout game or Elder Scrolls game, the world is yours at that point. You don't have to go touch the main line ever. You can just go off in your own direction for hundreds, thousands of hours if you want to never touch the main line. At this point, I was out of the mine, which again, I'm not doing spoilers, but I think everybody already knows how this game starts and opens. I was out of the mine. I was on my way. They allowed me, you know, they sent me off to Crete. I followed that direction, went to Crete. But then at that point, the rest of the star map, even though I had the ability with the discovery, the opening ship to travel to different points, it would not let me travel there. It would only, well, there was one random place that I found where it would allow me to travel to. But outside of that, I couldn't go anywhere else. I had to go to New Atlantis. And for me, that's the one spot where I was like, yep, nope, this, this, no, Bethesda now, why'd you do this? And I was extremely upset. Oh, a sacrifice that they made, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I went and did it. I went and did it. And the rest of the star map opened. I could travel anywhere I wanted to, and I was back to normal again, whatever. But the fact is, is that people saying this game is boring. Okay, I'm not going to try to change your opinion. Yeah, that's not. That, like, hey, cool. Like, I don't understand I don't understand why people then at that point become obsessed with talking about it nonstop. I, I will speak out on things I don't enjoy or I don't like, but I'm not going to continuously talk about them nonstop. Like you don't hear me come on living split screen every single week and talk about how much I don't like Zelda. And I don't understand why people enjoy Zelda. I don't understand why tears of the kingdom is as hyped as it is. I don't You don't hear me doing that. I just don't want to spend my energy there. And people like Asmund Gold with a huge audience, obviously, again, making a a living. Like, again, I I understand why people enjoy his his commentary. I understand why he's as popular as he is. He's a funny dude. He gets away with stuff that other people can't get away with because of his, you know, the size of his channel and his influence. But I don't understand the idea behind Oh, Starfield was born to me. I dropped it. I'm going to continue to talk about it with my audience nonstop about how much they screwed up and why Bethesda, you know, isn't the Bethesda of old and boy, oh boy, Starfield was not the hype that I thought it was going to be. Like, I don't get that outside of the fact that it's engagement. The same reason why journalists continue to write negative articles about Starfield, comparing Starfield to Baldur's Gate 3, calling it niche. Like, they're just in it for the clicks. Right. That's a business model. That's not actually moving the conversation forward by continuing to harp on the fact that you didn't like something like in my opinion, like that's where I stand. Mm -hmm. 
But I do, I can't put myself in those people's shoes because what I experienced from Starfield, except for that second gate moment, mm-hmm. was everything that I had expected. Now, I think a lot of people steal, and this is again, people got to take a step back and realize this is on them that they thought Bethesda was somehow going to become a different developer, that they somehow were going to make a non Bethesda game. And I think that a lot of that is because a lot of people, and I've seen this and I will hold this opinion that a lot of these journalists right now, and a lot of people in general in this community, Mm -hmm. a lot of gamers have been brainwashed by other games, other types of games over the years. And they thought that Bethesda was somehow going to come out and cater to them and make a non Bethesda game. Please talk to them. Isn't Bethesda doing exactly what from soft is doing? Yes. Yes. They are making their style of game. (laughs) They're making their style game. Now, to from software's credit, right? They went from a more linear style game to an open world game and pulled it off. And it just happened to work. Extremely (laughs) well. Extremely well. Again, I gave them all their flowers, right? I said the exploration there was very close to Bethesda style exploration. Even they even they admitted that that wasn't like they didn't expect for the game to be this magical thing all of a sudden. They just wanted to do something different to try to open it up. And right. Right. Bethesda already has mastered the open world RPG. They already have game of the year, game of the generation flowers underneath them. Why people thought that suddenly Bethesda upgrading creation engine to creation engine 2.0 was all of a sudden going to come out with a totally different style of game. I have no idea. No, I don't want that. If they wanted to do that, more power to them, I would have been like, hey, cool, go try something new. I'm always for devs yeah. trying something new. But when they Todd came out specifically in early interviews and stated this was Skyrim in space. Okay. So what did you guys think that this was going to be? Like, like that's where I go. Okay, so these were your own internal expectations of what you thought Bethesda was going to do. Last for of me, us in Bethes- space. Right, right. Bethesda, to me, they took the bar that they set Mm -hmm. and they raised it. They didn't change it, but they raised that already great bar. I don't want somebody who has created my favorite games of all time in in Oblivion and in Skyrim to all of a sudden do something completely different. No, I want them to take that formula, that winning formula that has been praised for decades and continue to just push that bar a little bit further forward. That's what they did to me. That's what they did. Exactly what they did with Starfield. So for me, when I walked into this game, I found none of it boring. I said, this is Bethesda through and through. This is exactly what I wanted from them. Sure. I had ideas. Sure. I had things that I would have loved to see in this game. Of course. But at the end of the day, I didn't find it boring at all because you were allowed to do what you wanted to do. They introed their game the way that they always intro the game. I think the more interesting discussion steal is, is that they've admitted that they set up the opening as a way to not overwhelm people. And maybe in doing so, they actually had the reverse of not the reverse effect, but they had a negative effect 
on how people saw that intro because they were trying to keep appease. And again, we've seen this a lot. And this is a bigger discussion that we've had in general with a lot of different games. You try to appease the masses in certain ways. And sometimes that turns off your fan base. Sometimes that can go against what made your games great to me. I've seen people out here complaining that they don't handhold you through this entire process. That's when I got to look and say, maybe you've gotten used to a certain style of game. Yeah. Oh, that's obvious. But then those same people are turning around steel and praising Baldur's gate three Baldur's gate three does not hold your hand steel. Baldur's gate three does not explain how all 600 spells work to you. Baldur's Gate 3 does not explain how you can combine different abilities and spells together. They assume in their game that you have a baseline knowledge of RPGs, that you have a baseline knowledge of D&D walking into it. And if you don't, you're going to have to learn on the fly. You are going to have to seek out knowledge outside outside of the game itself in order to understand all the mechanics that are involved in Baldur's Gate 3. So this is where I scratch my head. This is where I scratch my head. And, and I see these people that are talking out of both sides of their face. And I'm like, but why? Why do you need to be handheld in Starfield? Which again, to me, was nowhere near overwhelming. Nowhere near anything outside of what I've normally experienced besides the fact that there's now space and there's spaceship building and that kind of stuff. But again, general RPG fans should have a good idea. Open world Western RPG fans, not JRPG fans specifically, but again, I can argue that JRPGs don't hold your hand either. And it's a lot of trial and error and them too, in a lot of ways, especially the older style ones. It wasn't overwhelming. It wasn't nothing new. It wasn't anything out of the realm of, oh, my God, go try a 4X strategy game if you want to be overwhelmed. Go try a 4X strategy game and tell me that you're not overwhelmed by all the stuff you got to keep track of. Bethesda did a great job here with this intro. They eased people in like they said that they wanted to do. And then they opened the door and said, okay, your choice. Follow the main missions. Decide to start doing some factions or Go adventure, go explore, just like all of our other games. So for me, this boring intro, I don't, I can't put my finger on why so many people think it is. Like, like we started by saying this, Steel, enough people have said it that I got to give it, yeah, you know, I got to say it's valid mm-hmm. that this is a, that this is an overwhelming opinion of people. But at the same time, for me personally, I can't put my finger on why people feel that. The intro was a good intro. Was it different from their other games? Of course, but this is a different game. This is a brand new IP, right? Was it was it the dragon attack that you get in Skyrim? No, but it, it, the other thing I've heard is people focus on that. And again, that was a bombastic, dramatic set piece type moment where you've got to run away from the dragon. Yeah, one but people ignore the whole cart ride that you were put on trial prior to the dragon attacking. So there was this whole other part of that intro that people conveniently forget about Skyrim, that it wasn't just like you're throwing in dragon attacked, you're on the run and then you're thrust in the world. No, no, no. no it was like there a 10 minute conversation. Other lead up <laughs> to that point. 
And again, the mining mission was set up very similar, Steel, and you've talked about this too. Yeah, the dragon the was the rock. Yeah, yeah. the fact is, is actually in this one, him. again, you couldn't really attack the dragon. You were on the run from that thing. But the fact is, in this game, in Starfield, you go through this whole kind of lead up that kind of introduces you to the game, kind of gives you, oh, okay, I just touched the artifact and now I got to create my character. And then you are coming out of the mine. You meet Barrett, obviously. Again, no spoilers here. I think everybody knows this. They showed this off in everything. You meet Barrett, but then you're just thrust right into an actual battle where you're fighting. Like you're not yeah. running, you're fighting. Like they, they give you the gunplay up front. So I don't know how any of that's boring. I really don't. And then again, the second gate, which I don't agree with, you go meet Constellation, which then introduces you to the main kind of plot point of the story mm -hmm. and who's behind it, right? Who you're going to be having as your teammates, right? Um, and that whole setup. They do that, but that's it. Then the world is yours and you can go decide how much action or how not action you want it to be. That's what I did. I well, Again, actually, I did that prior to it because I spent over 12 hours on Crete alone exploring. So I just don't know, Steel. I, I don't know where people got this from. Again, I've rambled on long enough. I, I could talk about Starfield nonstop. The fact is, is that obviously people do think that this was a boring intro. I think some of it is hive mind mentality that people read reviews, that people listen to people that they respect, um, that, that previewed the game. Um, and that gave their either reviews in progress or their final reviews. And they started seeing this over and over and over again, that this intro was boring. And I think they kind of picked it up and ran with it um, in a lot of ways. Again, I'm not dismissing everybody's opinion. I'm not saying that people can't. No, there's enough people way. saying that again, it has to have some legit, uh, legitimate right. side right. to it. So, but, but I just think overall um, they did a great job to me. Um, Bethesda gave us a Bethesda opening the one thing I will say that I do agree with other people on steel, mm -hmm. the step out moments weren't as impactful as their previous games. And maybe that's just because I played Bethesda games for so long and had those step out moments. Maybe this one, the, the, the step out moment from the mine wasn't as impactful as stepping out of the fallout shelter. Wasn't impactful as impactful as after you run away from the dragon and you're left basically in the wild of Skyrim and you're looking at this world going, okay, what do I do? It wasn't as impactful that step out moment from the mine. And then even getting discovery and launching into space for the first time and being in outer space, those two moments weren't the normal impactful step out moments that a Bethesda game has. And again, that could just be a me thing because of how much I played them kind of yeah, knowing maybe. what to expect. Um, but you know, for you still were I either disagree. one of those moments. Okay. Were, were those moments impactful? That's why I want to turn it back to you right now. Were those moments as somebody who hasn't played a lot of Bethesda impactful for you when they happen? Um, I mean, touching the relic for that first time. I mean, yeah. maybe I'm just simple, um, and I just yeah. like that type of shit. I maybe that, maybe it's just me, oh, I and I, it too. makes me start thinking and like it's like, oh well, what's what's going on here? Um, maybe I'm simple in that way, but when I touched that stone, that kind of that was one thing that activated for me. And then waking up and being and realizing that like I was unconscious, 
I just woke up and you're asking yeah. me questions like what the fuck is going on? and you're telling me we need to go up and up for what? What are we do? What are we doing? What no like y'all ain't gonna question why this fucking rock thing is going on and now we're going up a, so and then and then you get into the and then you get into the fight and then you get into space and then you get a feel for well just start off with that first fight and just the way you you up front get a feel of what the combat feels like right and whether you want to be first third whatever the case uh, that is the first instance of that and that kind of gives you a baseline of okay I can see where we're going from here at least that's the way that I felt um and then when you got into space I feel like that was another moment to where it felt like oh wow this is what space flight feels like man this kind of feels kind of feels intuitive it kind of feels no this is how you do this oh i can rotate by pushing the left stick this okay damn this is oh then you get into combat and you're like oh this kind of this like people were saying that it felt like a shooting gallery i mean sh maybe if you're playing in first person i guess i can see why you say that um because there is a, i mean there's a lock-on system and everything but like in third person, I'm like, I'm dog fighting with these cats. I'm, you know, I learn how to you know, use RB to shift your ships different ways and whatnot. So it's like when that kind of leads, like leads into like why I say the game wasn't boring for me. And again, I played Skyrim and I played the beginning of Fallout 4 and those things were okay. And again, past the first, you seeing that dragon for the first time, that is cool. I mean, and it could be me, but it's not like that's my first dragon that I've ever seen in a game. And the way that they introduce it, again, is you're not fighting the dragon. Right. You're running from the dragon, which is cool. And then you get exposed to the world and then they want you to go to Whiterun. It's like, I, I don't get why this, at least for me, wasn't as grand as comparison to those uh, in comparative comparatively to those right. other games but that's just but that's just me and again no I, but it's I a good it's a, it's a good perspective still and that's why i did want to i was leading right into that because i wanted to turn it back to you as somebody who didn't because like i said maybe it's me because i played so much bethesda that and i kind of already knew the expectations there mm -hmm. of what i was not specific situations but again we did see a lot through their videos and stuff and and i kind of got a, I kind of got the feeling right. of what this was going to be so maybe that toned it down for me but it's good yeah. to hear that for you at least somebody uh -huh. who hasn't played a lot of bethesda that it was kind of a big moment for you because those are a part of bethesda so as i think it's great to hear that perspective i mean well, yeah so. is it like does it doesn't meet the expectation of what like what the things that other people who are mentioning i know yeah. i don't i don't i don't think so but sure. i also don't think it's as that's something to be as critical about yeah. as comparative to what people are mentioning about the whole slowness of the game and again maybe it's just me i don't <laughs> this was a part of the conversation that, that just didn't make sense to me because i saw people who are bethesda fans saying that people who aren't are going to be bored of this game within the first few hours of it or are not going to like hearing that it takes 20 to 30 hours for the game to start becoming interesting because the game was interesting to me within the first couple hours of me playing the game right right, right, right um right. and maybe it was because i i i'm the perfect specimen that landed exactly how Todd wanted me to land in the game and it gave me all the feelings that Todd was looking to give me as a gamer. Maybe Todd made this game specifically for me. I, I don't know. But there's the, the game's not perfect either. And I do have my nitpicks with it. And there were moments where it's just like, bro, I don't know if I want to keep, I don't know if I want to keep going with this earlier sure. on because of some of the things I've ran into. But 
it wasn't impactful enough to me to say, eh, is it really that big of a deal though? No. Moment to moment? Like, it, and it was literally these moments only came up in moment to moment. I would feel that way one moment, and then that very next moment, five to 10 minutes later, I can, yeah. I'm not even thinking about that anymore. I'm not thinking about the fact that my AI is bouncing all over the place and other AI right. when I'm fighting um, the computer sometimes in certain situations, fighting enemies, that they, that they act weird in some scenarios. Because five minutes later, I'm hit with AI that is wants to push me and wants to try to flank and then wants to try to um hit me in certain directions i'm up in the air and i got and they're the most direct sh shooters that i've seen in the game so far like there are those moments that happen for me so it kind of blends itself out to the point where i there's a lot of those moments where i maybe is can you say that i'm looking over them sure can i could you say that i just don't find them to be that big of an issue compared to the scope of the game that's also another fact factoid of it. So um, for me, again, I, I have to give it fair critique and I wanted, I wanted to bring it up as a conversation piece because it, it is, that is a point that's catch a fire with a lot of people, um, that, it, that it is that way. And it's unfortunate that people feel that, but I mean, maybe they'll come out with an update or something to maybe tailor it a little bit better. Um, we've seen games do that in the past, I don't personally think that they need to do that. Uh, again, I mean, I think this game very front-facing tells you within the first couple hours whether this game is for you or not. And if you can't decide, and if you've played the game for 30 to 40 hours and you're still saying that the game is not for you, why What? Why well, are you playing games for? And that's... that's I, I don't... Again, I don't I, I'm not here to tell anybody to do what to do, but still, with that much time in, I got to say that there's got to be something still... What do you? Why do you keep playing? There's got to be something that's still itchy. Again, maybe overall that's your feeling on the game, but there's got to be something still driving you at that point. There has to be. There's got to be something that you're enjoying. There's no way, like you said, Steel, that you hate playing a game for 30, 40 hours. But see, like, Gogol, he says no, Steel. A lot of arguments these people make are from butthurt ponies, and I'm being serious. <laughs> but Gogol, see, that's the thing, though, because it's not sure. just from them. There is a... Right at least a million people that I've seen. And again, you I haven't talked to, yeah, a million people. <laughs> There's at least a million people. I, I've, I've been going through comp, cause I've been playing, like, Stop. let me tell you guys. Like, no, I have, I read every single comment, no. <laughs> but I've been scrolling through. I'm I'm over-exaggerating, of course. Um, really? Really? Are you sure? You've read um, a million comments? You haven't played Starfield. You've been reading, reading a million different comments. No, no. Um, <laughs> but in the seven, but, the point that I'm making is in the time yeah. that I've played with the yeah. game, I wanted to see what other people's impressions are, how people who are fans of the game feel, how people who maybe aren't fans of the game feel. And there is that overwhelmingly side of it where people are like, I, I, this game is kind of, it's, it's kind of boring. It's not what I thought it was going to be. It's not this, it's not that. But then I also see that overwhelming side too. Um, on another fast, well, there's just like this pie section um, of, of another piece of that that says, oh, well, the game gets good after 10 hours. And then they really fall in, well, like start falling in love with it and really enjoy it, which is like I can see both sides and I understand both sides. And I'm not going to I don't want to be the guy to sit here and say that, oh, some things don't grow on you. I just I don't believe in that. Right. It's, it's just we that's a weird mindset to have that I need to put myself through a strenuous time of me not enjoying myself to eventually get to a point why i'm enjoying myself i just that concept 
at least to me, doesn't make sense. And I don't know what value that brings to you as a gamer um, or whether that more so exposes you for the mindset that you have going into uh, games or into your passion, into your hobby. Because at the end of the day, you do have to pull yourself away from it and say, hey, how are you really... How do you really approach this? How are you really approaching this? Is this something that I can, um, can I take your information in and take it at face value and say, all right, well, let's see. And I think every, and it's just crazy. It's also weird for me because comparatively, I think Fallout 4 and Skyrim were, were more boring of an intro at least, or more boring within their first 10, 10 hours more so than Starfield will ever be. But that's my experience. Right, and that's because when you're playing them. If you played them back in the day, if you had been a single-player right. game that back that could have been different. So, it's different. It, it could have been different. at during the time because they were mind-blowing experiences back in the day. But, so. it's, but it's also something that's telling that hey, I wasn't yeah. I wasn't even, I wasn't trying to play that type of game anyway then. And even now, going back to it, it's like I wanted to play a certain way for me to get into it. So it already blatantly shows you that I had an expectation that Everything for Starfield was kind of lining up, especially off of their previous game, for people just to say that this is, oh, this is just Fallout in space. Oh, this is just this game in space. Everything from those previous games should have told you, and from what I've experienced, should have said, hey, I don't think Steel's going to like this game. I don't think Steel's going to really line up with all, with the mentality of it, how it plays. The other thing, like, the other thing too, is the whole, is the whole inventory conversation. And yeah. I, you know, I know, I know you brought it up, and I know you have a little bit more strong of a opinion <laughs> on that than I do. But for me, I don't think that the inventory is a problem in comparison to their other game. Like, no. <laughs> I can only compare it to their other games, right? Oh. I don't think it's as bad of a thing, at least for me. Maybe I picked up on what the things that I needed to keep and the things I would like to keep, and um, how I'm. Uh, maybe I picked up on the inventory system, how I manage it quicker. Um, and faster than everybody else does. Maybe I need to give out some tips and tricks, but I'm not the Bethesda dude. So it was just like, it's it's funny to me that they have systems in place that kind of make up for that, especially with the whole oxygen thing. Then you have perks that that blatantly wants you to waste your oxygen so you a certain amount of time so that you can gain that perk um, or level up that perk. And it's just like all these underlying systems that kind of stack on top of each other and, the, and that... And the way that they work in tandem with each other has has hit for me comparatively to all the fans typically of this game, uh, and that's and that's more so the side that I that I want to come from for the for the for the conversation, right? Uh, I'm not that dude, haven't been that dude, and the fact that this has me the way that it does is just like, and I'm like almost completely on the opposite side of the fence from some of the fans it seems it's just it's 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 interesting to see but but this is what go ahead this is what bethesda games do in general um they they do create these conversations um now again we are in a different spot in 2023 gaming landscape has changed for me i'm having a hard time we had these discussions in the background too for for me i'm having a hard time with a lot of people out here who claim to be rpg fans who claim yeah, to be Bethesda it, yeah. fans, who, again, this is why I brought this up earlier, and it's an interesting conversation to have. 
Because again, you've got some people who I truly do believe they thought Bethesda was going to change their formula and they don't consider this an evolution of Bethesda. And they truly did want Bethesda to make a game that wasn't a Bethesda game through and through. They wanted something different and they didn't get it and they're upset. That's fine. I, I, again, I can't change your opinion. Right, I'm not right, here right. to try to that's convince you it's that this is the game you wanted. Like, yeah. that's that's dumb. But then there's this whole group of other people that I know for a fact, Steel, it's not just younger gamers. There is a whole group of people. No, yeah. yeah. With I'm, people that I know that are older gamers that have been gaming for, like me, decades, that have experienced all sorts of games in their life, that have played a ton of RPGs, Mm-hmm. that are acting as if they suddenly forgot what it and again this isn't this isn't a general rpg statement but let's be real a lot of rpgs they forgot what open world rpgs are all about and they forgot how to play them and again this goes back to my my, my previous um thoughts on the hand-holding situation the inventory situation that you just brought up steel uh the fact that some people seem to not understand that, oh, yes, in an RPG, as the game progresses and you start getting your skills up and your levels up and you start finding better weapons and better armor, that, oh, sure, the game's going to feel different at that point, as it should, because it's an RPG. Like, that's when I say that there is a group of people who have been brainwashed or have played a certain style of game specifically Sony style game, narrative heavy that suddenly don't remember what it's like to play one of these games. And that is causing them issues. That is causing them frustration. And at that part is what boggles my mind. Loading screens. Sure. In a perfect world, would it be absolutely phenomenal if they had found some way in creation engine 2.0, to make Starfield completely seamless. Apps freaking Luby. Of course, that'd be great. That would have been next level. That sure. Fucking be, next, that would have yeah, been yeah, huge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, huge. Huge. Would have been like, but 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 again, really? Damn. But it, but again, for 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 the older gamers out there that have been gaming for decades, loading screens still, especially now. Because we're not talking about the loading screens back in the day, minute and a half, 50, three oh, I'm about, minutes. I was about to say 15 seconds. <laughs> right, nah, <laughs> but yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah, no. We're right back like in the day. Yeah. Are we really honestly going to say that loading screens somehow destroy your experience? I, I mean, again, if that is you, then so be it. Then put this game down, delete the game from your hard drive. Don't pick it up again. And I don't ever want to see you playing a game that has any loading screens in it again. Because to me, as somebody who's been gaming for as long as I have, I see a 10 second loading screen, a 15 second, even sometimes less three second loading screen in Starfield. Does my mind go, Oh, fuck. So man, I was just, Oh, I was was so so into walking into that building. Oh fuck, man! That just that that. just threw me completely off. Like I, I can't understand where any of you are coming from, and I'll be upfront about that. I just I have no idea how this. Again, this is where hive mind mentality does come into play 
And I think that again, because now you see everybody and their brother and mother and grandmother and sister and cousins talking about immersion. Yo, this, it breaks Stop. the immersion, Pong. It's not as Stop. immersive. It's bad Stop. because it's not immersive, Pong. Stop. It's a, it's supposed Stop. to be an immersive sim. That's what Bethesda Stop. does, right? Stop. Stop. Is that what they do? And, and how That's did all sims? their other games, which in, had three-minute loading screens, that had ridiculous amounts of loading screens, how were those all considered game of the year, game of the generation at the time? With loading screens, if that broke your immersion back then, how did you ever have immersion until you played something like No Man's Sky or something to that effect nope. where there are no loading screens? How? How did you ever have immersion? What do you how do you even know what that game what that word means in video games? If for decades you all played games with loading screens, how? Again, this is the part of the conversation where I can't do it. This is why I'll never professionally review games. This is why you'll never see me come out and say, Pong, reviewer extraordinaire of video games, because I could never be this critical. I could never nitpick games that in general are masterpieces apart because of something like a loading screen or something like an inventory. I will critique. Again, is the inventory system in Starfield great? No, it's not. It's actually pretty poor. But is this something new that I've never experienced before where it's like, oh my God, this is so God awful. How the hell am I ever going to play this game? No, the inventory system, and let's keep it here. Again, I could give you examples of tons of other games through all these decades that have had inventory problems that are still considered great games. But let's specifically stick with Bethesda so we don't go outside. Bethesda games in general. Bethesda inventory has always been a game within the game. Now, if you can't turn it into a game yourself, if it is so abhorrent to you, if it is causes you so much stress, then I don't know what to tell you, but you can go back through fallouts, through elder scrolls and find the inventory systems to be a topic of conversation. And to some of us, it has become a game within a game. Inventory management is a whole nother game. It's a whole nother mechanic. And you have to find tips and tricks to make it work for you. And sure, are there times where I've spent 45 minutes in Starfield going back and forth between my ship, between the lodge, between kiosks, waiting, sitting and waiting 24 or 48 hours for the kiosks to re-up their money or to the vendors to re-up their money? Yes, I have. Would I have rather spent that 45 minutes exploring space? Sure, of course I would have. But to me as a Bethesda veteran, as an RPG veteran in general, did I go, oh my God, I'm going to die. I can't play this game because this inventory system sucks. No, I didn't. Because this is something I'm used to. And again, for all the older gamers out there, all the people that have played supposedly Bethesda games, open world RPGs, JRPGs, if you are a hoarder like I am, if you have a problem and because a game like this lets you pick up everything and you wind up picking up a lot of stuff, that's a part of the game. I put out a post this week, Steel, on Twitter that blew up, at least for me, it blew up, not for some people, but for me, for my, for my, little, my little X account, it blew up. 
I put out a post saying, hey, you got some dead bodies laying around in your ship. Guess what? Each one of those dead bodies are 135 more carrying capacity for you. And it blew up. And I had a couple of people come in and go, this is nothing new for a Bethesda game. I'm like, I know this. But a lot of people obviously weren't aware that you can use dead bodies as extra storage space. That's the game within the game. And again, yeah. is it always convenient? No. Does real, it suck? Absolutely. Go ahead. Go real ahead. quick. Nick's and I, 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 I love when you make comments yeah. and things because yeah, you yeah, do yeah. come from the um, little bit of a more open perspective. I'll say that um, as I like to think that we do, too. Right. Mm-hmm. And to anybody else that is taking yeah. that we are, quote unquote, just as an example, because you use it, Nixie, um, standing for loading screens. No. Um, or think that uh, long loading screens or just loading screens in general is supposed to be some form of acceptable or like they're supposed to be like. I, I just want to I want to genuinely ask. Gamers. And again, this could be for anybody. And you don't have to care about this type of thing the way that I care about it. Do you care about game design at all? Do you care about the industry at all? The only reason I ask that question is that I find myself more and more people who are professional gaming or hardcore gaming consumers and not hardcore gaming enthusiasts. Sure. Which is fine. But as a enthusiast, as I would like to more so consider myself of the hobby, of the passion, I do understand that not every game is equal to each other. What you see in one game isn't going to happen in another game. Correct. There's also underlying systems in games that, Mm -hmm. no, you don't have to understand. I'm not saying that it's up to you to understand those things. And if you don't like the loading screens and you don't like the loading screens, don't play the fucking game. Right. If it's literally, if it's that, if you feel like it's people capping for it, or if you feel like it's an excuse, or if you feel like that's not a level of acceptance to you, then do not play the game. It didn't bother me in Mass Effect. Right. Legendary edition. You can say, oh, well, Steel, that's an old game. In 2023, you should have a certain level of expectation. And they could have did better. And every time that I hear somebody say that, and then somebody brings up, okay, compared to what? And then they say No Man's Sky. Then they say Elite Dangerous. Then they say Star Citizen. And you blatantly tell me that you are ignorant of how these games are different and why some games do certain things or are able to do certain things or maybe you haven't put time into those certain games or maybe you just have a a catered experience just for you. Again, me and, yeah. me and Pong had that with Cyberpunk. We had a great experience. I had some issues with it. Pong had very minimal issues. He had the magical series X. Yeah, I did. (laughs) So I I can, I can hear that. What is hard for me though is, and I'm not ignorant that I'm not saying that the loading screens are, are great. 
No. But the I point that we're made that Paul was making that I will stand on uh that hell with him with is it's not that big of a fucking deal though. In, in but if comparison. it is for you, that's fine. It, it's on your priority list, right? If you're on if you're if your priority list when you're playing a game is graphics number one, no loading scheme screens Absolutely. number two, I'm not here to argue with you. I'm here to say then this game simply isn't for you, right? And and why you keep harping on it, I have no idea, right? You can talk about it, you can critique it, but going into other people's posts and trying to convince them that it's a terrible game, saying this can't be game of the year, game of the generation, which because of that reason, that's because why. of that reason, not that it's a problem, but you're right, using right. that as a baseline reason for why this game right. can't be I, these things, and I'm that's just, why it's like I'm just here to tell you my priorities are different. My priorities are the feeling that the gameplay itself gives me, and Starfield is a one when it comes to that. And again, loading screens for me as somebody who's been playing games for decades don't bother me. They don't break my immersion in the game. They don't. It's a game. They, I mean, they don't affect it at all. I'm so used to it. It it it's again. If it's different for you, it's different. Yeah, for that's you. fine. But I'm just saying. I'm seeing people I know have been gaming for decades, and I just wonder. I just wonder. This is a, a me question. When I read things from people I know have been doing this for a very long time, who have experienced the same type of games I have through all these years, right? how in the world you woke up one morning and decided that loading screens suddenly were the death knell of a game, that loading screens were somehow all of a sudden a indicator of a terrible game. Like, I, I don't understand how you ever enjoyed gaming up to this point. That's my question to myself when I see these people because I can't put myself in the shoes. Game breaking bugs that we've experienced for decades and decades, I can see how that can kill a game. Losing your save file yeah. and losing hours of that, gameplay that kills me. I can see, I personally, that's one of my pet peeves. I personally can understand how that could be a mm, nope, this game, nope, not playing it. Just lost five hours, just lost three hours, just lost an hour. I understand yeah, no, completely no. how that can be an issue for people. Voting screens, inventory, no. Sure, can you say that can take down the game for you? I, I, again, I'm not here to argue with you about your personal opinion on that. Yeah, I just can't. Just, I just can't understand it. If you've been playing games, if you were just, if you're a younger gamer and you came up last generation where we started really seeing a lack of loading screens where more games got good at it, hiding those loading screens, right? With the famous, I got to creep through this section of the wall. That's really tight. Things like that transition screens. Yeah. If you came up in that generation, I could see how Starfield, because Starfield, when you fast travel, when you do all these different things, there are loading screens or cut scenes that are loading screens, right? I could see how you could say, well, this game feels kind of, really broken up to me you know as i play it i could see that if you're that new to gaming but i'm talking about the people out here that i know have been gaming for a long time i just don't understand but again if that's the case that's the case like steel said why push yourself through this game then i mean again why hate play this game and continuously come back online and go played another 20 hours 
who man just breaking the immersion this is not the game i wanted oh boy what'd you think all of a sudden the loading screens were going to disappear did you think the inventory system was suddenly going to become better whatever your nitpicks are with this game and i'm calling nitpicks because it's me speaking did you suddenly think the game was going to change for you no so why are you still playing it just simply say played starfield x amount of hours not the game I wanted it to be. Not the game I expected. That's fair. Here's my list of problems. I'm done with yeah. it. Go play something else that you're enjoying the hell out of and start posting screenshots and videos kind of and say, mm-hmm. I enjoy of this. That's where I'm at with this. I, I just, I have a hard time here still with this stuff. Again, do I wish things were better? Absolutely. Of course. I started off by saying in a, in, in a perfect world, if they didn't have to have any loading screens in Starfield, would it be awesome? Absolutely. Of course it'd be awesome. But does it kill the game for me? No, it doesn't. And does the inventory system, do I wish there were things different? Yeah, I hope they patch some things in to make the inventory a little bit more convenient, quality of life. Am I out here, one of these people that say, give me infinite carrying capacity? No, I'm not. Because again, for me, it's a game within a game. I've played so many RPGs in my life where inventory is a problem because I'm a hoarder. I don't have a problem with it. So that's where I'm just different. And I just think that, again, we're to that point. The fact that people are talking about stuff like this, the fact that people are taking time, not just the circus and the clowns who have been spending weeks now on Starfield uh, talking about what a terrible game it is when they should be, you know, enjoying their own games and their own system. I'm not talking about those people. Just in general, the fact that people are still talking about this and having these conversations is a good thing overall for Starfield because it means that there are there is such a great interest in this game that people do find engagement by having these points of view. That is a good thing overall. This, this is what Bethesda games do. This is why we talk about Bethesda games 10, 20 years after they've come out. This is why Starfield will continue to, down that same path that all the previous Bethesda games have. And potentially some of those people right now that hate on Starfield will be the same ones that had issues with Fallout 4, but now appreciate Fallout 4 for what it was. Looking back on it and playing it after updates, like Steel said, as a single player game gets better overall as mods come in and do certain things with the game. A lot of these same people might be those five, you know, two, five, ten years down the road that are coming back and praising Starfield and saying, oh, my God, yeah, now this was a great game at the time. That happens with Bethesda games too. That's why they continue to sell. That's why you see new high water marks for sales on Skyrim and on fallouts is because that more and more people jump back in and say, no, you know what? This was a great game. This is a great game now for me. That will happen with this game. I'm just saying initially up front, this is everything and more that I wanted from Starfield. And I think that a lot of the conversation out here, I won't go so far. Some of it's disingenuous. Some of it is for simple clicks and engagement and all that kind of stuff of course that happens nowadays people are going to be contrarian people are going to jump on hate trains to do it because they know they can get people riled up because they know they can get people talking to them and responding to them that happens a lot but i think there is some genuine stuff because again it's not a perfect game and i don't have a problem with people critiquing it i don't have a problem with people saying i wish they had this yeah you know and, and and still i want to throw this back to you here at this point as far as the journalists go, the professionals, quote unquote, the people out here who are now in the mode of writing articles every couple of days mm-hmm. about Starfield, 
whether this is to you know compare it to Baldur's Gate 3, whether this is to say, oh, this is not the game that Xbox needed, that this didn't live up to expectations and that, mm. and that it's a niche title at this point and that's mm. a niche fan base that enjoys Bethesda games. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's the reviewers coming out now late uh, to the party and putting their fours and fives and sixes on this game and saying this is not a good game for all their own reasons, whatever the case may be. I'm cool with people having opinions. I'm cool with people being able to express themselves Mm -hmm. um, genuinely. Again, I have to laugh at this point because as I started this whole podcast off by saying, I I have to almost laugh. Like the seven from IGN annoyed me because I didn't understand the critiques being worth three points in a review. And again, this goes back to my, stance and this is why i'm laughing now because now we have more people saying that there should be a reform for video game reviews and i've said this for a long time seals deal i've said this for the past two plus years on these shows that i want a standardized review process that i want a certified board of reviewers that have a system in place of how they're going to review the games so that it is clear and it is concise we can still have all these other people doing their opinion pieces their reviews Because at the end of the day, that's what they are. But I would like a standardized, some type of standardized certified system where a certain group of people all are underneath the same umbrella in how they review these games so that you can have a more precise score that is very clearly understandable. Because again, people hide behind, oh, this is just my opinion. This is my critiques. They hide behind it all the time on their reviews when we know that there's more to it or we have people publicly that make statements about certain companies that makes it blatantly clear that they can't have a neutral stance when they do a review. It's fine. Mm -hmm. Again, it's fine. I don't care. Like, again, at the end of the day, reviews don't do anything for me. It's the masses that are hurt by this. It's a, it's a lot of people out there who turn to IGN who know nothing about this community, who know nothing about other review sites, who just look to IGN because they've done it for the past 5, 10, 15 years of their life. Mm -hmm. When they go to think about whether or not they're going to spend money on a game or try a game out, they go to IGN and say, these guys are followed by millions of people. They are the be-all, end-all, the word of God when it comes to video games. And they're going to tell me whether or not I should go check this game out it's a disservice to their reviewers to only have one review when they were giving given, I think 10 to 12 copies, only one voice is heard. And that voice so happens to be somebody publicly that has spoken out against Xbox that has spoken out against their acquisitions that has made it clear that he has a very, a, a very, what do I want to say here? A a very high and mighty outlook on himself and his opinion, and he feels that gamers in general are below him. Who and that Dan Stapleton? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. He he has made it very clear that he has no problem personally attacking people. And again, I'm not. I will never defend the people who personally attacked him. You should never personally attack anybody over video games. I don't care what it is. You should never get personal. You should never do that. Have your own criticism of his review make your points but the personal attacks and stuff is beyond and again him coming back 
and attacking as well when he knew what he was doing, when he knew what his review was going to be. Again, he exposed himself in the spaces. He didn't even know that you had to put a skill point into stealth in order to stealth in this game. You exposed yourself. You are open for criticism as who you are, but he believes that he's above gamers in general. Yeah, he no, believes nobody. because of who he is, that his word is worth more than anybody else's, which I don't ever agree with. But the fact is, is that masses do go to IGN and it's a disservice to them that they were only heard this. And again, IGN want, I saw other IGN people come out and try to say, a seven is a good score. Dan even said it in his review. It's a good game. What are we talking about here? When did seven become bad? If you don't understand the climate in 2023, if you don't understand that a seven in 2023 is not the same as a seven in 1998, you are out of the oh, loop. Yeah, it definitely you is. then no are knows. not paying attention, which we already no know, to the community. Then you don't understand the general consensus out here, whether right or wrong. Again, I don't agree with that, that people take a seven as a bad game nowadays. But the fact is, it is the best, worst score that you can give a game nowadays. And if you don't understand that sentiment and how that's changed over the years, then you are paying attention. We've got Rob Fahey over at uh, GI Biz, GameIndustry.biz. Again, I love GameIndustry.biz. They do the more business side of stuff. You know, when, when I'm very passionate about that side of this industry as well. Rob Fahey has been around for a very long, long time, folks, mm-hmm. writing video game stuff. You got him this week still coming out. And again, writing an article which he calls Bethesda titles and Starfield uh, specifically niche over and over and over again. He literally literally used, I think, the word like I I think it's somewhere I I think I count. I think it was 10 or 11 times in his article niche. He kept repeating that word. And for those of you that don't know, that's psychological. He understands that as a journalist. Mm -hmm. He understands as somebody who went to college that the more you repeat something, the more it's ingrained in people's heads. And you could see that this was purposely done over and over and over again in his article. Um, Again, I recognize it because I've looked at that stuff and I've read up on that stuff. And it's something that's very intentional. And he kept using the word niche. Again, if you're going to call Bethesda games or Starfield niche, then every exclusive out there is niche. Every platform exclusive is niche. Spider-Man is niche. I don't care how popular you want to say Spider-Man is Spider-Man games are niche. Okay. If you're going to do that to this game or to Bethesda titles in general, and we all know that that's not the overall thought that we have as gamers. So this stuff still leading up again, I've got to laugh. These people are screaming from the rooftops as loud as they possibly can, who they are as journalists Mm -hmm. and where their feelings lie when it comes to, I believe, games in general, and specifically Xbox exclusive games, I think that they couldn't be more clear in who they are. But for you, Steele, kind of seeing all of this stuff, and I know you're in the dark alleys, you're in the circus, watching the clowns also talk. Mm -hmm. So you've had lots of things, uh, quotes that you've given us in the DMs that are absolutely freaking hilarious. But when you see this kind of stuff surrounding Starfield, Is it concerning to you or is this just more of of what we've talked about here, Steele, that these people, they're the the, the mainstream media, Mm -hmm. uh, it's everywhere, but in video games, because that's what we're talking about, 
is in their death throes here. They sure they're still getting their clicks. Sure. They still have their millions of people that read them, blah, 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 but they've lost their overall power with a large group of us. Mm -hmm. And it's only a matter of time before it hits the masses start realizing that they are pretty much just normal people that just so happen to get paid to espouse their opinions on things. And Mm -hmm. their opinions are extremely flawed at times. Again, I say that knowing that opinions can't be flawed because it's somebody's point of view, but we know that there are other things involved when they write something as a review, it not necessarily, or even an article that is labeled as an opinion piece, calling something niche, that there are other motivations behind it because they are human beings Mm -hmm. and we all have our motivations. Do you see this steel as a problem? Do you see this, you know, the circus continuing for weeks on end trying to talk about this game uh, as absolutely horrible that this is not, this is a one to two generation old game that people who like it are just all frauds. They're all capping because it's an Xbox exclusive. You find all this conversation, this discourse to be something where you take seriously, or is it at this point, you're just like, yeah, man, this is Starfield. This is Starfield's doing its thing. Like this is going to drive conversations, good, bad, and indifferent. I, I do think that Starfield's just doing this thing. It's gonna, it is going to drive that. But I feel, I also feel that because you, you guys have kind of given me the the baseline of what Bethesda kind of has always gotten. And when you have a name like Bug Bug Fesda, um, and you have people that that say that bugs are um, a charm to their game and um, people say that that's an excuse, you know, for, for some of the issues that they have in here. Um, and that shouldn't be acceptable either. You know, everybody has their own kind of personal perspective on what this game needed to be, should have been. Um, and again, I got articles saying the pressure of expectation <clears throat> adds a sour note to Starfield's launch um, because apparently the game is not good enough for xbox and then doesn't it's not pushing xbox to where it needs to be now and we don't have any concrete information to know that again we got information that six million people have played um have played the game yeah. right um in now in roughly 48 hours after launch yes, and, ag- and now people are you know Down going with that. oh well you know we don't know if that's sold if that's this if that's that oh but you guys want to go back to the whole thing uh, but you, but you want to go back to oh well, fall, but Fallout Four did better and it it shipped this one. Okay, let's 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 take let's sit back and go back to English class where we're really paying attention to words or maybe you're um, paying attention to like some some body cues and things to that nature. Um, but just the listening listening overall to people talk. Um, and real quick because I do need to before I forget, but we had two super chats. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that I need to grab here. So give me a second, ladies and gentlemen. One Absolutely. from Sanchez Gaming. Um, hey, shout out to you, Sanchez. He says, been hearing some complaints about the fast travel system, not being able to fly from one galaxy to another. Do you really want to stare at your screen for hours? Again, um, when you have a certain expectation that the game needed to be one thing, I, I get it. And if it doesn't live up to that, you wanted the game to be seamless. Uh, you wanted it to be have the No Man's Sky elements. I get why that's disappointing to you. Is... Again, that's why you also have to, at least for me, I think you should also be honest with yourself and ask, and, and ask, what is this game doing differently from No Man's Sky that No Man's Sky doesn't do? How long has No Man's Sky been out and continuously been updated with this community to be where it's at today, right? Seven years at least, right? So, and it didn't release the greatest. 
I mean, again, you can only go for release for release. You could say, oh, this year compared to no, release for release. Seven years later, let's let's then critique uh, Starfield for what it is in comparison to No Man's Sky. And then we can kind of go from there. They're probably going to be in their second game by then, but uh, nonetheless. Uh, guy, I'm Shark. Guy, hey, uh, maybe I'm saying that wrong. Sorry, Shark. <laughs> I'm just going to call you Shark. Uh, it's it's about honesty and being genuine. You can tell when someone is lying to themselves and others. Lack of yeah. integrity is an easy way to lose respect. Thank you for the five on that. Uh, yeah, and I, I completely, I completely agree with that also. Um, You'll never know the true hearts of people, yeah, right? You yeah. will never know the true hearts. But there are certain patterns from people who continuously to mm -hmm. th that they open themselves up to. Like if you guys have been listening to me and Steel three, four hours a week for the past couple of years, you kind of know who we are. Right. And you would see through thought us if we were acting and you can kind of tell our thought process. Right. And you would be able to tell if we were acting. I always say that. That's why I know certain podcasts and I know these these guys and I call them actors and snakes because you know who they are. They've shown you enough to get a good understanding, but you'll never know the true hearts of a person. It's just certain people have told on themselves time and time again, where you have a good baseline. You're absolutely correct. Shark in that statement, you have a good baseline of who they are, what their intentions are and what they mean when they say certain things that can be quite obvious for sure. Right? Yeah. But back, back to the whole 6 million yeah. um, player thing to Microsoft, that, that, has to be successful. I mean, they come out and the way that Microsoft has talked about numbers again has been blatantly made obvious um, <laughs> that they look at that differently. And again, you can't just Why say can't people sales. Understand that, Steve? Um, Why can't I, people I understand that? In I guess 2023, how crash. much longer are we going to do the sales thing when Xbox, I don't care what you want, what you want numbers wise does not matter to their business model. Why do you keep harping on this when you know for a fact that sure. isn't changing anytime soon the minute they decide that game pass is no longer working and they do away it's with the subscription service yeah. and they go back and again i'm not saying this is going to happen what i'm saying is if that day ever comes and they go back to more traditional business model then we could start asking for those numbers but you're never going to get them at this point ever stop it doesn't matter what you think what you want what you wish was happening out here so that you could have your great sales numbers to compare to other games. That's not the world Microsoft and Xbox are living in. So it's not the world that Xbox ecosystem is going to ever play in anymore. So stop. You're never going to get those numbers. Sorry, Steel. I just, no, I mean, you're, you're good, but point. you brought a good, you, it's a good point. I mean, again, it is proven though, that there was a million people on Xbox and a million people on steam who did buy the game before pre-release. So you have at least 2 million people um, who, right. I believe well, a million that bought the hundred dollar version and another million who at least bought the $30 version of the game. So again, do the, do the numbers or crunch it yourself. I mean, again, and for me, I do think that the game is going to withstand the test of time and be more in line and be in line, not more in line, but be in line with how their previous games were. Um, and, and Mav, it's unfortunate that, um, that he felt that way. And, you know, he called you disingenuous of saying that it meets your expectation. Um, I saw you go live yesterday and have that conversation about, you know, reviewers and the scores and, um, on a lot of, on a lot of the points that you made, I do, I do agree with you on, um, I do 
think that there are people's there are people's opinions that do hold value more than others at least they should on a professional level because that's what they went to school for journalism right um that's at least they should at least it should so i think that's why typically um certain still reviewers earned. right still it, earned. it still needs to be earned regardless i mean that's the other yes. side of the coin um that people forget about that i mean it still has to be earned by the, whoever the listener reader viewer is of that content right um another thing too is that people like to throw it like to um unfortunately like to throw around words in the wrong conversation like for an example if we get into um a heated like if me and pong get into a heated conversation uh nothing like super whatever but me and pong have had some passionate conversation um i would never step back and say pong you're being disingenuous because i mean i feel like at that point for i only use disingenuous for people that maybe i don't know like that or their perspective at least comes across that way which typically means that you don't understand that person or haven't had enough conversations with them to understand their perspective right um so that's why their take may come across disingenuous now they could just be full on board being that way um but you can't make that self-determination without having um, those conversational pieces with that. I couldn't say that to somebody that I would consider a um, a confidant, a friend, uh, somebody that I have these types of conversations with and um, care about their opinion. Right. I just feel like that's kind of distasteful. You're 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 kind of essentially saying that um, any point that I'm making is is null and void. You don't believe in me. And it's like, well, OK, then why are we talking then? I, I just that's. We're supposed to be able to open up the conversation and say, hey, um, now, Mav, I do agree. Like, for an example, I don't think Starfield is definitely not a 10 out of 10. I know you're being more I know you are being extreme just given that um, because of the people giving it uh, lower scores or whatever. And again, everybody's you can give the game whatever score that you want to give and you feel about how you want to feel about it. Games with games have to live and breathe on their own. History has said that Bethesda games typically withstand that test of time. And if people want to believe that, oh, it's going to be modders who fix this game and make it what it truly needs to be, great. But guess where you're going to have to do that at? PC, because Todd has even said, eh, it's probably going to be a year until you get some mods. Maybe it might be sooner than that. Um, they are going to bring uh, mod support to consoles, but it's probably going to be some time. And it's going to take longer than people right now are expecting. And unless you're on PC where Nexus Mods right now um, has 24 24 plus pages of different types of mods, mostly, um, and I have got some of those uh, that are cosmetic things more so, um, because that's things that I I would like to see, little little side changes and whatnot. Um, But that should already give you an early indicator of what to, what's the kind of expect out of this again if it's not hitting for you the same way that it's hitting for me right now as someone who is not the bethesda fan then maybe you should go play a different game that's fine um again i think that that's what the whole reason why it's considered a hobby or a passion in the first place right you're supposed to be enjoying the time that you spent and if this game isn't that um <laughs> nixie says the home of starfield is on pc it's debatable <laughs> 
I mean, spending $3,000 for a PC that can run Starfield, I don't think is a good answer either. Um, <laughs> you mean like Todd said? Yeah. Make like, it's time to upgrade your uh, PC. <laughs> Todd, I don't know. Todd, I'm here to tell you, guy, uh, you're, I have a 5900X and a 3080 Ti. Your game isn't optimized the greatest, man. Just, it's, it's okay. I, I get what you're saying. And it's funny. Um, I even laughed at it. And I thought it was a good thing. I thought it was a funny thing to say. Time steal. It's time. Maybe it's time for you to upgrade. Sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly. What, that's that's the problem. Yeah. No, the game needs the game needs some optimization. Um, but but it's you know it's okay to again these people are supposed to sell their game. Obviously, Todd is passionate about this game. Um, that is a that's a gleaming moment. He could have said any anything else, um, but he chose to say that uh, we've optimized it. You just need to get a better PC. Uh, again, he as the, as the creator of the game, um, as the lead of it, I guess he has a problem. You know, he could say that. I'm also not using um, uh, I'm not using DLSS or anything, uh, Nixie either. Right. I've chosen right. to go. I've chosen to go without it because I don't like the way that it looks. Um, sure. And the only, only again, the only mods that I'm using are uh, cosmetic mods. Make cut, change colors of like the white. Uh, the, one of the spacesuits are white, and I made it. I thought it was gonna be like black, but it ended up being like more gray color. Um, it fit my helmet better, so a lot of it's just cosmetic. That's typically what I like to do. Uh, I know other people. Again, you're seeing some uh, some more extreme shipbuilder um, yeah. things kind of get put out there, and that's people who have. Um, put mods in the game that have unlocked the limit for the shipbuilder. So as cool as that stuff is to see, I think I'm more so, I get more so impressed about what's capable, um, what you're actually capable of in the builder as is and what the the game forces you to work with. Um, So that's kind of what I've done. All the designs that I've made thus far, I've kind of been that way. And, And again, um, just speaking to the, the the performance thing, because Dragon R. Yobi says my twenty sixty run Starfield really when I uh, really well. I'm guessing when I tested it for a bit before I hop back on Xbox, they're gonna get a thirty eighty in a few months. Shout out to you, Yobi. Um, and I think who else was that? Nixie says I have a thirty eighty with no mods, runs really well with no with some dips. Yeah, that, that's the thing for me. I just get some dips, and I, I just and that's what I mean by it needs it, it needs more optimization. Um, it's just the utilization that I'm seeing and everything as far as my PC. Again, I have a 12 core, 24 thread processor, um, and I'm and I'm even me. I'm getting 40 almost 50 percent utilization. Um, which again, it's just it's interesting to see a game because there's not a lot of games that use that much of uh, utilization on your CPU. Um, and yeah, I mean again. There's always optimization that can be done in these style of games. Again, there's also bugs that are still in, in this game that are that are prevalent. Not enough that it's sort of like breaking for me. Um, but that's what I mean by optimization. There's things that need to be worked on. Uh, I have 32 games, gigs of RAM too. And you know, the game only uses about 15 to 16 any given time. Um, at most, I'd imagine if you only had 16, you'd be really limited. Uh, and I'm playing on high settings, so there's that. Um, Dova360 says, do you guys customize your companions with different apparel? Yes, I do. Um, the game doesn't show you how to do that either. That's something that I kind of figured out on my own. I went into my uh, companions inventory, and then I saw that I had the ability to give them apparel and other spacesuits. So I've been doing that. So I have Andrea walking around with the uh, the Mantis spacesuit instead of me because I don't like the way that it looks personally. Uh, I I mean again I I get why people are liking it but eh, 
it's uh it's cool i like what she's wearing she's she looks dope in it uh but for me i'm still trying to figure out how i want my character to overall be styled along with balancing out the um the stats and everything, right uh yes and you can't give your companions weapons too um you can make them use whatever particular weapon another thing too they do smart cycle through their weapons so like if you give them multiple weapons as long as they have ammo for those weapons um and they pick up ammo by themselves too um as long as they have those weapons if they run out of ammo they'll swap to another weapon i will say do not give your companions anything that's throwable don't give them any throw don't give them nades don't give them traps because that's what they're going to do as soon as they see an enemy they're not even going to hesitate andrea loves to throw a grenade like as soon as we see an enemy grenade grenade I'm, I'm thinking i'm about to die in every situation that i'm in so i think it's the enemy just like so some enemy behind the guy to do a nade no it's her it's it's her Throwing just throwing almost on me damn near all the time that's that's what makes it that's what makes it even worse i'm like bro what what are we doing why do i bring you oh and if you're trying to sneak around don't bring anybody to sneak around you have to tell her you have to tell your people to wait yeah jasper they they spam she doesn't just throw it wait well five ten seconds or to throw another no if you give her 10 grenades she's gonna throw five right then that first engagement guaranteed and it's funny it's funny <laughs> it's, it's 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 extremely funny but it's also annoying because it's like i'm taking damage from my own teammate yeah right right <laughs> like un, unintentionally and i'm thinking it's the ai a lot of times so i'm like looking around like what is going right. what is going on nope. and i'm and i see her she throwing a grenade I'm, uh, okay all right that's yep. what's going on that's what's going on mm -hmm. my fault Yep. Um, and, and I, so, I, and and I can't things. speak on it's it funny. because I don't have any companions yet. Uh, and uh, I'm traveling on my own and I got the introvert trait too. So I won't be traveling with companions. So unless I'm uh, absolutely need to for a mission or something, but uh, yeah, no, I won't be traveling with companions because I know about Bethesda companions. So some people really enjoy Bethesda companions. Um, me, not so much. They get in my way because I stealth a lot. I steal a lot. So therefore, they're always in my way and they're breaking stealth. So no, I won't be having any companions, but maybe I'll dress them up on the ship because I'll have them on the ship and I'll have them in bases uh, to get the bonuses. But uh, other than that, yeah, no, it's interesting. It's, it's interesting seeing everybody's experience with the companions out there, Steel, because I saw somebody give Sarah the uh, grenade launcher. And she seemed to really like the grenade launcher. Oh, she really? was pretty. Yeah, I saw a video, and she was freaking lighting. Yeah, she's up. accurate. Sarah's yeah, nice. We, with we, yeah, yeah, yeah. So interesting. I, I love how everybody plays differently. This is the best part about Bethesda games and, and and big open world RPGs that give you options like this. This is why it's so much fun. Everybody's having a completely different experience. We I, talked about this prior to launch, and I think it's great. I, I think it's everybody's doing their thing. That's the best part about all of this. Yeah, it is. Perfect Shogun. Good point there. Um, that's, and, and maybe that's another reason why I kind of look at a different. He no, says, no, no. Tim Vasco is back at the Constellation waiting for me to come and talk to Sarah again. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> um, but Perfect Shogun says, as someone who plays No Man's Sky, they're complaining about loading screens for flying or nonsense because flying between planets takes actual time. Might as well be loading screens. And again, 
could they have hidden it better destiny does the same thing destiny has a loading screen while you're loading to different places right and that's just and those loading screens literally take a minute two minutes even long it mm -hmm. was even longer on the xbox mm -hmm. one i'm talking mm -hmm. about like three five minutes to load to, into some areas sometimes um so could they have hidden it better to make it feel like it was more immersive again yeah uh, but I, I don't again it's not enough for me to pull me out of the experience personally yeah so it's all it's all personal it's all personal experience uh let's see crispy says i have a I have a ship full of honeys you stupid uh <laughs> but yeah now star starfield for me um again has been a has been an extremely unique experience uh, gives me a lot of the feelings that I that I that I wanted it to give me, uh, but at the same time I I wasn't expecting. Right, I, I set an expectation that hey I wanted this game to be a ninety eight style of game, and the biggest reason, and again I I did iterate uh, reiterate that that. I wanted it to be a 98 so I could see the world burn. So I could see people just go completely bananas and downplay it even more. Because if the game would have been rated higher, and again, again, you, it, it, like Pong mentioned earlier, brings up the conversation about reviews again, which I always feel like are a worthy conversation because it needs to be talked about. And everybody's opinion does have value. And we should talk about, there does need to be some way that we can validate some of these people's credentials as far as um their playtime and how their approach to the game and all those things as far as these critic sites so that other people can have a more of a well-rounded detail of what this person's perspective is and where they're coming from right um just to add a, add validity to it now since metacritic hasn't done that since no other outlet is seemingly doing that that's why we're gonna we're gonna continue to speak about it. Whether it's fair or not is gonna be subjective. Uh, but again, I do think this is another this is another example of a game that it, it, that people wanted to do everything, and just because it doesn't do all those things, or uh, because it is a style a different style of game from Baldur's Gate, uh, where all of your choices aren't directly affected in the world. And even Baldur's Gate has some things to where it forces you certain ways. Yeah. But, you know, uh, with, with all, with all that though, it's just, and there's, there's like the journey. Eastside Vandal says uh, a lot of the critiques of the reviewers was based upon, uh, was because they had to rush through the game. I've been noticing that theme. Yes. That's, that is another point that, with a game like Starfield is very valid mm -hmm. um, because this is the type of game that you, if you are doing a review and of course that's your job, right? I would have loved to have seen more reviews and progress than actual scores. That's not the case. People aren't going to do that because in reviewing a game, you have to hit, you have to strike while the iron's hot. Right. And that, that is on launch, right? If you are given the review code, and you have enough time to legitimately view the game. And again, this is all, this is all subjective because we have Gene Park came out during a podcast and admitted that he had somebody, a reviewer, a, a fellow reviewer, talk to him and say that he put down the game after six hours because he wasn't enjoying it and still put out a review. Listen, we have other instances, kind of funny. Where they, you know, where, where 
Greg and Blessing both gave this game a three out of five stars, and yet, especially Greg went on to nothing but praise his time in Starfield and continued to play days ever. And then like had and then had no had a moment where he 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 claims that one side mission is his favorite side mission of all time in a video game and continue to put out, you know, they continue to play it and put out videos about how much great time he was. I think with a game like Starfield and, you know, Todd doesn't like, they gave out review codes, what, two weeks in advance, two weeks. Yeah. Normally that's not even what Todd likes to do. Todd said in the past that he would give the, the review codes like 24 or 48 hours prior to the game launching. But the fact is nowadays with the, how everything's set up, you're going to have reviewers who rush through a game like this, Right. To say that they played it, to say that they finished the main storyline and to give a review. Now, we know for a fact that some reviewers don't finish games and still give reviews. That's been a controversy going on for a long time. But with Starfield, this is a game that I think you can't. I mean, you can. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to tell you as a reviewer, if you're a professional, that you can't do it. But I don't think that Starfield's a game that you can necessarily play in that manner and experience everything that the game has to offer to be able to have your review not change the the longer you play it, right? I, I think that there are certain games where, sure, like Steel will say, after 10 hours, you probably have a pretty good idea of where the game's landing, or at least you should. And if you're hating the game or if the game's not enjoyable, you put it down. I, I think there are exceptions to that rule, and I think that Starfield is a perfect example of one that I think as more people play it, but this is, again, this is Bethesda overall, that their games stand the test of time. And the longer that the games are out for, the more people appreciate them, the more people play them. And that's exactly what happens. And I think it's no different with reviewers themselves. It's just unfortunate that nowadays you have to, if you're doing that professionally, if you don't put out that score right away, the chances of people going and reading your review down the road are slim to none. Right. That's why they don't change right? it. Yeah. That's why they don't. And that's why they don't go back and re-review games and all that kind part. of stuff. And that that is, like I said, that this is a conversation that we can have about the review process and what that is. These, these, this entertainment, this form of entertainment is unlike other forms of entertainment, like oh, movies yeah. and books oh, yeah. and that kind of stuff. You can sit down for two hours, watch a movie. The movie is what it is. Right. Right. <laughs> that, That's what I say all the time, brother. What's yeah. presented. Mm-hmm. Now, can you go back and rewatch a movie and get a different take on it or have it be better than the first time you watch it? Absolutely. That does happen, but that's fewer and far between than with games, especially games like this. Sure. God of war. You can sit down and you can play it and you've gotten the experience. You can put your 40 hours in as a reviewer or whatever it took you to beat that game. And that's your game, right? That that's not going to change, but where Starfield keeps giving and giving and giving and giving, there's more to discover. There's basically limitless possibilities where you all of a sudden could be playing the game and all of a sudden your opinion could completely change. So this is a different medium, mm-hmm. but I think Jaffe put it best. Um, and again, Jaffe had a great discussion on Starfield this week, because for those of you that don't know, maybe you don't listen to Jaffe because you think he's full of hot air and whatever else he's out there. There are plenty of times I don't agree with his takes or whatever the case may be, but I think he does bring a unique perspective as somebody who has been in the industry, had huge success in unique perspective, at least had huge failure in the industry as well, stepped away from the industry and is now doing something he loves, which is podcasting and talking to people. So I think he does bring a totally different take sometimes. And again, I don't always agree, but I think he's interesting to listen to. 
But I thought he had a great discussion because for those of you that don't know, maybe you, again, maybe you muted him. Maybe you just don't listen to his stuff. He mm-hmm. finished the mainline quest. He mainlined mm-hmm. for the most part, Starfield. He did a couple side quests, but he mainlined it. Right. Mm-hmm. He says he came out this week, put out a tweet and he said on his podcast, Starfield's single player game is the best game, single player game he has ever played. Okay. High praise. He is taking a lot of heat from certain people, obviously, for saying this. That's fine. But he says, in his opinion, that the mainline quest is the best. And again, he got into the whole nostalgia thing, how he grew up, same time frame as me, with 70s, 80s, early 90s sci-fi. That it it all hit hit the right notes Mm -hmm. for him. And that it, it explored those deep questions that we were talking about in a very, very cool way. He said he didn't agree with it, you know, all the, the, the storylines and all that. Kind of, he said some of it was more meh than it was great. But he said, overall, this is the best single player experience he's ever had in the game. Okay. High praise. But he came out this week and he, and he was talking about the reviews and the reviewers. And the conversation came up with and something that I brought up earlier, the hand-holding thing. And how reviewers seem to be confused by this game and overwhelmed mm-hmm. by some of the mechanics and not understanding it. And I talked about this before, you know, Starfield came out that I thought that Starfield had, that's why I said it wouldn't shock me if it hit in the high 80s. And on Open Critic, it's still an 88. That's mm-hmm. why I love Open Critic. Open Critic, I think, is a better uh, example than Metacritic is because of how they do it. But Open Critic is still an 88. And I said, when I gave my 93 prediction, I said, I wouldn't be surprised if it was an 89, right? I, I, I Because Starfield does so much, it gives reviewers a chance to find things they don't like versus a very focus style game where that focus style game can do everything right, but never go outside of it. And reviewers will just review what they got. And they'll say, hey, this is a great game. I give it a nine. Cool. Mm-hmm. This was awesome. Awesome experience. Whereas Starfield, reviewers can say, well, this was really awesome. But this part over here, I didn't like. And mm-hmm. this part was cool, but not, not living up to expectations because Starfield's trying to do so many things. But Jaffe specifically said that he also thinks that reviewers nowadays, with the amount of games coming out, with the amount of reviews that people are doing, that... Reviewers themselves now will look at a game like Starfield who doesn't handhold you and will dock it for that. They, they would much rather review those God of War experiences, those last of his experiences where every moment is controlled, where every moment is kind of dictated. You know what you're walking into when you mm-hmm. start reviewing a game like that. And you know what you're getting and you know how to work it. You know how to do everything in the game. Right. And there's never that question. Right said that he does believe that this does affect starfield reviews as well that 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 kind of that kind of hurt it here because it's trying to do so much so like i said jaffe said greatest single player experience he's ever had he said he's going to continue to play the game in new game plus because he loves the game so much he's going to go do the side quests he's going to do some of the factions and then he'll you know Talk about, you know, maybe his feelings change after that. But right now, from what he experienced in the main quest line, a couple of side quest lines, that this is the greatest single player experience he's ever had. So interesting conversation with him this week. And obviously, you guys have all probably seen the clip where he exposed somebody who was trying to call into a show and say that the opening was boring and that the, the, that it wasn't living yeah. up to Bethesda standards. And he exposed them for the frauds that they are like that. 
again, there is a lot of that out there as well. Seeky says, um, but I'm not going to lie. I expect the Starfield to have more concurrent players than Baldur's Gate 3 on Steam. Mm. I think it's a little underwhelming. Mm. That's that's interesting that you would have thought that. Um, I, it had the potential, Seeky, but it was never a guarantee. And on top of that, this is where there's a lot of people out there. This is why I will never be one of those people that say that reviews don't matter. Okay. There is still a extremely large group of people who, who will be told what they should play by reviewers. And that goes for even people who claim to not be in that group. Again, I'm not in that group. Uh, again, I play games. I, I go to certain reviewers like ACG and other people who I generally agree with on games. If I want an opinion on something, but generally I will play a game that I want to play no matter what the review is. Again, I've loved fives and sixes in my lifetime games that are fives and sixes. I've had better experiences than games that people claim are nines and tens. Okay. So for me, I've never fallen into that trap, but there are a large group of people that will let that influence their game style. And when Starfield came out and the reviews dropped and it wasn't universally praised like Baldur's Gate 3, I think that did affect some of the steam. Now, what I will say with steam, though, and what is extremely impressive here is despite all that, the steam numbers have continued to grow and have been consistent throughout. And again, that is the big thing here. But people do, unfortunately still give reviews influence they still do let it dictate and if it's not something that's universally praised a lot of people stay away from it no matter what um and i think that that like i said that's why i still critique reviews that's why i still will speak out about the review process because no matter how much we love to say that everybody's like us and we don't let reviews necessarily dictate what we're going to play there is a gigantic group of people out there that still do not not only that but when you compare it to Baldur's gate 2 there's a whole nother there's a whole nother side of fandom that gets pulled into that also um when you include dnd um and all the people that love that that fantasy side of things and the people who love uh larian style of games um Baldur's gate in general and then what was the name of their other games pong um Divinity. Divinity. Um, yeah. You got people who are fans of those games too. And actually, I think what we've more so seen for Baldur's Gate 3, which is why I like saying... And again, I, I, get, I get the point that's being made and I, and I understand the perspective. Games like Baldur's Gate 3 hitting the kind of notes that it's hitting and being able to reach out to as many audiences as it has um, is for a multitude of different reasons. Um and there's multi, and there's so many conversations that we can be had around um, yeah. about the diversity of it, about um, the topics and subjects that Baldur's Gate three tends to bring up, um, especially when it comes to nudity, bestiality, things of that nature, and just the way the overall approach of the game. Um, and then also you you discuss the um, the vast nature of the game and it being, you know, 20 years since the last Baldur's Gate, you might have had previous fans from Baldur's Gate who were probably were waiting for the next one for such a long time. There's so many things that go behind that, right? Uh, to where is Starfield getting a million views on Steam? The It broke records on Twitch for people watching it. 
So I mean, again, they did do that, right? So there, right. there is that to take into consideration. Right. So it's like there's, there's still that bigger picture to, and, to kind of look at, um, for, for whichever game that you want to take a perspective. But it's just like when you have that comparison, you compare one game to the other game, why one got attention versus the other. Yep. You, you also have to look at the underlying elements on why Baldur's Gate got has got has reached what it what it's reached i mean there's so many fan bases that tie into that it's the same thing with star wars it's the same thing with marvel ip it's the same thing it's the same thing with all of that the reason spider-man sells so well is because it's marvel and there's phenomenon that happened i mean there's phenomenon that happened with unique games that come out at certain times we saw with elden ring elden ring did the same thing right Mm -hmm. it was unexpected Mm-hmm. Right. The the universal praise for Elden Ring was unexpected. Yeah. A lot of people had already dismissed it as another Souls game. I said I was interested because of the open world aspect. But again, I'm not a Souls player. But then it came out and it became a phenomenon because of the universal praise that had to, had to happen. The mm-hmm. same thing with Baldur's Gate 3, a CRPG, which again, CRPGs, I will call a niche genre. But it got universally praised by people who do not play CRPGs, which in turn, then that word of mouth spread and people started sitting up and taking notice going, oh, my God, I've got to try this game for myself. With Starfield, it didn't get that universal praise. And Siki, the other thing is, and I saw you guys talking about it in the chat as well, which I didn't bring up. You can say that people hate PC Game Pass. You can say that people hate the Xbox store on PC. There's a lot of problems with it. Now that I've experienced it for myself, I can admit there's a lot of problems with it. Steel, everybody else who's been doing it for a long time admits it is not quality, okay? It's got its issues. But you also still can't discredit the fact that there probably are more than the normal amount of people on PC trying this game on PC Game Pass as well and not buying it on Steam. I can guarantee you even some people who hate PC Game Pass probably jumped in for a month to play Starfield Mm -hmm. and those numbers won't count. I mean, there's probably a lot of people probably did that because again, why wouldn't you for 15 bucks, you're going to put up with some convenience, some inconvenient things about the Xbox store on PC, the way you're going to, you're going to put up with that inconvenience to save yourself some money instead of paying, you know, the full price for the game. For 15 bucks to go try Starfield yourself, right? Yeah. So that is happening as well. I just want to bring those up. No, no, absolutely. And again, the the conversation around how successful the game is or not, and the concern about numbers and everything. Yeah. Uh again, if, if that's so if those are conversation points for you all, um, and for the people that maybe don't see the bigger picture, um, or don't want to i'm not gonna say that you don't want to understand um you just maybe just have a completely different perspective than we do Uh, i mean that that's fine but i i do feel like microsoft xbox has blatantly made it obvious that they're looking at games differently uh whether starfield is successful or not um that's going to be completely up to xbox i don't see how it won't be successful uh especially in comparison to their other games the fact that the game has me and you could say oh well st- still uh compared it's a this is a space game that's why you like it oh well still this is this it has this and this is why you like it i mean i'm from also from what i'm hearing all the things all the problems all the issues that people are speaking on um should also be reasons why i shouldn't like it but seemingly this is my fallout new vegas for a lot of people um, this is the 
this is Bethesda's version of Mass Effect. Um, more in the mod, more in a, or in a in a much earlier age, dealing with completely different um, uh, science, right? Uh, different, completely different perspective. There's no humanoid aliens or anything like that. But the adventure that I've been uh, embarked on thus far, even without the main story. Is unique enough in my eyes, and I think it's special, and I can't, and I can't wait to see what people do with the game. Now, again, am I going to end up going through the second playthrough and go through experience with all that has entailed? And the more, the more and more I see from it, the more I do get interested from it. But I also don't like the idea of my stuff being reset, and I don't have. I put you put time into things, and then they don't exist anymore. I, I, I that makes me not want to do certain things if I ever wanted to approach that. But I'm also I'm just gonna do. I'm just gonna approach to approach it. However, um, yeah, however I feel in that moment. And I think that's what oh. people should do. And now that I know fully what and what the new game plus is, thanks to David Jaffe once again. Uh, he does this whole thing where he puts on Batman glasses and warns everybody spoilers are coming up. Uh, and when he takes off his Batman glasses and you know the spoiler stuff's over, I actually listened through it because I was curious enough. I had heard, I had read some things about new game plus, but I wanted to know exactly what it was. He explained it fully. Um, and I'm glad I didn't rush steel. I'm glad I didn't take the, 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 some advice that was out there. What Jaffe told me was I would have missed. I w- and I'm not, again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to spoil it, but I would have missed out on things that I wouldn't have wanted to missed out on. And it, I wouldn't want MK1 game plus experience to be my, like basically my original experience Right is all I'm going to say. I wouldn't want that. I want to have this original experience first. And then if I decide to jump back in after I once eventually do beat this game, which right now is looking maybe a year from now, I don't know. I will want that new game plus experience to be my second experience. That's all I'm going to say about it, but I'm glad I didn't rush. But if you are, if you want to get to that cool, if you followed the advice and you're having a great time, awesome. Again, these are decisions that we all have to make as game players. Right. Um, Seal and I decided to not rush it. Um, and that's where we're I'm going. Steel's experience is completely different than mine right now too. So yeah. he's done a ton more factions uh-huh. wise. I haven't even touched it yet. Right. Really? So again, that's the great part about this. We're in two different places. We have, I mean, steel is a little bit ahead of me in hours, but roughly right around the same amount of time, two completely different experiences, two completely wildly different experiences right now. So mm-hmm. Um, and I hope you're all enjoying it. I, I've seen nothing but love from this community for this game, for those that are. Um, that's what I wanted to see. I've seen to- so many screenshots, so many game cl- play clips from Starfield. That's the energy that I love to see from this community, despite all the rhetoric around it, despite all the nonsense around it as well. The fact is this community and the people that are enjoying Starfield are just rising above it and posting the screenshots. Yeah. And, and talking about how much they love it. That's how you fight through that stuff because more and more people are hearing about it. More and more people are seeing all this stuff. Sure. They might've heard the negatives. Sure. They might've seen the cr- criticism from some of the reviewers. Sure. They might've ha- stopped into one of the circuses podcasts and heard nothing but hate, but then they can't help if they're in this space, seeing all the love for it and probably scratching their head. Some people 
why is everybody loving when so many people are talking about it being terrible? How can this many people be enjoying this game? And I'm really liking what I'm seeing. And we're going to get more and more people jumping into this game and trying it out for the first time, which is what should happen for a game like Starfield. Yeah, Psycho, I have no idea who Sona is. Uh, I, I've never even met her. Uh, Psycho was saying, I just found Sona. I, don't, I have no idea who that is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, completely. I found uh, Andrea, and we've just been kind of going on an adventure since then. Uh, I replaced I replaced Sarah with her. Uh, <laughs> definitely feel good about that choice. How dare you? How dare definitely you? feel good about that choice because uh, Sarah was just a little bit too um, too of a um, on the goody two shoe size of things. Uh, Andrea, she's about that action, uh, and I like that. She's she's about that. Um, not all this the is, time. This is interesting. It's like the it's almost it's not to the level. It's not even it's not to the level still. But this conversation that's now popped up between Sarah and Andrea is a lot like Pan Am and Judy in, in Cyberpunk. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. really interesting to see. And and what I'm hearing, from what I'm hearing and what I'm seeing, Steele, what's interesting too, is for Similar. me, I'm Judy for life, right? Pan Am was cool. I love Pan But again, Pan, Pan Am. Am but again, I was, I was obviously also played as a female V, so therefore I couldn't romance Pan Am. Um, that option wasn't available. Judy was the one that was available for right. a female V. Um, but at the same time, even if I had the choice, I still were rocked with Judy. But what's funny is this time around, the qualities that Pan Am showed in Cyberpunk are a lot of the same qualities people are saying as Andrea. Yeah, and for does. this game, yeah. for this game specifically for Starfield, if I was going to decide between the two, again, I'm I'm introvert trade all the way. I'm There's not taking people. other options. I would take Andrea. But... I would take Andrea this time around versus Sarah. Yeah, no, nah, she had de- yeah. probably is yeah. definitely is probably the better <laughs> choice. And again, apparently there's other characters too that you have a chance yeah. to do that with. Um I already had one of the main ca- other main characters, Barrett. He was trying to express how he felt to me and I was said I'm uh I don't I don't feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I appreciate your I I, thought, I said I appreciate your company, man, but I don't I don't rock that way. It's all right. <laughs> it's all right. Calm, calm down, Crispy. Calm down, Crispy. Listen. Whoa. Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk Whoa. was different. Cyberpunk was different. Uh Seeky, yeah. Different. I I'm I'm kinda in a way glad they didn't add a new romance in Phantom Liberty since it kind of takes place in the timeline yeah. and most people probably already made their decision. You're probably gonna have to replay um, it anyway, because right, right. You're gonna have to replay it anyway, so you'll be able to make a different choice. But uh, you know, I'm almost kind of happy that they didn't do that because that kind of is a main game for me. Since Phantom of Liberty is a separate DLC story, even though they're changing the entire game itself, um, I really think it's kind of cool that they remain focused there and didn't open up any new romances because I think the options that you had uh, from the main game were compelling enough. Yeah, yeah, and it was compelling enough. Like, they really did, again, CDPR right up there with Bethesda, you guys know. Yeah, and, um, and uh, by the way, anybody anybody comparing Neon City to um, and yeah. Starfield to Cyberpunk, yeah, no, I, no you're, you're smoking something. No. And I Cyberpunk will say I've seen different. that, and I'm like, Steele and I were talking Cyberpunk uh, in feels a chat one night, and I was like, listen, I'm... Much yeah, better. <laughs> I was I walked into New Atlantis for the first time and I heard everybody talking about how cool New Atlantis was. Cool. And I heard, had already not, heard some people had visited not, Neon and talking about how cool Neon was. But I was walking around New Atlantis and I was like, yeah, Steel, after playing Cyberpunk, that kind of city experience is kind of ruined for me. Like nothing's going to compare to what Night City did. And that's because Night City itself was a character right. and how much time they put into smaller game too. That city. Yeah, it's a small game. It's 
the whole game's based <laughs> in Night City. Right. So it is exactly. different. But people out here trying to claim that Neon somehow outdid mm, Cyberpunk. Mm-mm. Not even um, close. No. Not even no. remotely close. No. I spend no. I spend a good amount of time in Neon. But there's and- a reason for that. I have zero problem with it. Again, it's great. The it's new Atlantis nice city, is great. Um, you know, every location that I've visited so far in, in um, Starfield has been awesome. It's just, it's different because that's not the main focus, right? They, they're hubs. They did a nice job with them. Obviously very impressive with some of the stuff within the cities um, compared to Bethesda titles in the past and how bigger, the grander the scope is in this game. But at the same time, compared to a game like Cyberpunk and Night City, yeah. Nah, it's pales. It pales in comparison. I can't wait to hop into Phantom Liberty as well. I was hoping to be down the road for sure. Yeah. I was hoping that they would have gone back further steel and we could have gone back and gotten to play with Jackie again. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But obviously not. Again, not gonna spoil anything because there's still people that are gonna be hopping into Cyberpunk for the first time now with Phantom Liberty, and, and you guys have every right to go into a new experience. But Jackie's one of the greatest side characters partners ever created in a video game steel and i both agree on that point and i yeah, would love dope. to have gotten Super a chance dope. to go back and play with some more jackie jackie was phenomenal. i like him as a character, man. yeah and i, I, can't, well I can't wait yeah 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 just this awesome. is the feeling that they give again that's a, that is i mean again if you want to compare intro to intro yeah. um yeah. then yeah i mean cyberpunk was definitely more stronger um uh, much sure. stronger first 10 minutes i mean you were already yeah. again that's yeah. why I only put 50 hours because <laughs> that story was so compelling for me, at least. And I know other people are going to feel differently. You yeah. should definitely play that game however you want to. Um, yeah, and if you haven't played Cyberpunk and you get through Starfield and you're looking for another open world RPG, yeah. please, after Wait Phantom, for Liberty Phantom Liberty drops, Liberty. Wait buy for Phantom it. Liberty. All the changes that they are making, all the quality of life stuff they're doing, yeah. what they're doing to actually improve upon it. Again, what I consider one of the goats for me is crazy like this mm-hmm. is the ultimate form of cyberpunk which is what I, what i'm seeing again i haven't played it yet so i won't know but what i'm seeing this is the ultimate form of cyberpunk this is a lot of what cyberpunk 2 should have been when it launched to a lot of people yes. so if you haven't jumped into cyberpunk you're looking for a new open world please ignore all the hate train that came with cyberpunk originally oh, yeah, no. Go play Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk has some of the greatest stories that you will ever experience in a game. CD Projekt Red knows how to craft side missions. Some people have said it doesn't live up to Witcher. That's fine. I don't care. I think it's better. For me, some of those side quests in Cyberpunk is crazy. The atmosphere in Cyberpunk is absolutely insane. If you're into that world, you can lose yourself in Night City the same way you may be losing yourself in Starfield right now, the same way I'm losing myself in Starfield. It's a different scale. It's a different whole kind of theme. But the fact is you can lose yourself in cyberpunk just as easily. It, I didn't, it's an absolutely incredible game. Put it, put it in perspective. I don't mind the cyber. I didn't mind cyberpunk's first person. I mind the side the first person in Starfield. I don't mind it. I, I play both, but I am playing generally speaking, surprisingly still, I am playing more in third person. Than really? I am first person in Starfield. Yeah, I've, I've been playing completely. I've been playing completely third person. Yeah, um, as far as Starfield goes, I, I want to. I need, I need to see quarters if, combat. I switch to first person. Gotcha. I need to see if Starfield has a uh, not Starfield, but Cyberpunk has a uh, third person mod. So I think yeah, if, if they cool do, if they, if I, I know sure before it, it looked yeah. a little janky, yeah, janky um, but that yeah. was like. To more so closer to when the game released, uh, maybe a yeah. year after. Yeah. Um, but since there's been so much time now, especially with this new uh, DLC, I want to see if they they maybe got in there, really refined it down. Because I think that would be really, 
it'd be another one to uh, to really dive into get that experience so um yeah, yeah. gogo post uh cyberpunk is pretty dark some twisted stuff if you go through and read them yeah if you read the lore but even some of the side quests yeah again i won't spoil it but gogo if you know uh one of the greatest feeling not in terms of what it was about but how i could choose to end the mission was the uh, the uh, preacher dude and his son. If you remember that side quest, I don't think I even I did that side quest. Uh, we talked about it originally. You did do it, Steel. Oh, I, we okay, this, okay, okay. We had kind of the same feeling. That side quest is one of the greatest feelings I had to an end ever. The most satisfaction that I've ever had. And if, if anybody's played it and remembers, again, not a big side quest. It was probably maybe, maybe like third, it probably wound up being 30, 45 minutes total, maybe side quest. But if anybody remembers, you all know why I say that's one of the greatest, most satisfying missions I've ever had in a video game, hands down. It will never leave me. That cyberpunk will never leave me in general. I still think about cyberpunk. I, I still do. Yeah. The I ending, fucking the story just crazy. Oh, bro. God, I can't wait to jump back into Phantom Liberty when I'm done with Starfield. Um, Cyber, Cyber Gunter says, I've played Cyberpunk but never beaten it. Should I buy Phantom Liberty and continue my adventure or do I have to start a new game? Uh, I don't know if you have to start a new game, uh, but I would definitely recommend you starting a new game um, from my personal experience with Cyberpunk. With the many things that they have changed within the game, it's going to play and feel completely different than it did before. Um, so... In that case, along with having Phantom Liberty in there now, uh, well, releasing in there, I would I would just start a new game and start your adventure from there. Just kind of lead up to it because, again, it's, it's going to feel different for sure. Everything that I've seen solidifies that. And if you have it on PC too um, or available or have access to it on PC, um, there's so many mods for that game right now, bro. Like, and so many things that you can add in there to even enhance the gameplay experience further. Um, it's gonna be even it's gonna be even more dope to see how they tailor uh, some of the mods to what the DLC is bringing in. So, it's gonna be crazy. The 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 cop the the police the changes to the police are the thing that I'm most interested that, yeah, that's in. That's the biggest thing because that that, didn't that, really that exist is huge. They, right. That is, that was one of the biggest annoyances I had with it was how they just appeared out of the blue. Like it was stupid for a game as immersive as cyberpunk was to have the police just pop out of the blue was crazy. Steel, did you ever do, did you do the, uh, the whole uh, pop star side quest in cyberpunk too? Pop star. Do you remember, quest. Yeah. Do you remember the pop star? Do you, do you remember the huge singer that you meet? I do, remember the, I do remember. I do remember the huge, okay. the chick. I do remember yeah, her. You um, remember her? She was fully kitted I, out. Basically she had lost I, herself to, she was fake basically is what, all of it i i do i do remember that that, i don't remember the the full mission but i do remember yeah yeah i remember her again it's those things that where i put cd project red close to bethesda when it comes to these style of games when it comes to side mission i know some people claim that the witcher 3 side stuff is the greatest stuff that they've ever played which again i'm not Ah, too many people say it i'm not i'm not going to sit here and fight again it is what it is that that's great and i understand why because cd project red people said time and time again much like starfield outside of the bug stuff and the and the previous gen stuff which was very very you know well documented and legit people said that cdpr didn't didn't seem to put uh, to a lot of people they didn't put their time in with the side quest like they did with the witcher mm. 
I firmly, after 300 hours, disagree. After playing every single side mission, I firmly disagree that they did some of their best writing ever in cyberpunk. Side characters that I thought were throwaway characters that became some of my favorite stories and my favorite backstories and lore from cyberpunk. My God. Again, if you haven't played, I didn't mean to turn this into a cyberpunk thing, but Phantom Liberty I mean, it's, is coming it's out. Gaming, so it's bro. legit. It's, gaming, it's, yeah. it's, and it's legit because it's, it's coming out with new, this new expansion. Cyberpunk is a game that, again, if you didn't dive into because of all the stuff, and again, I understand some of it was legit drummed up hate, but it doesn't matter. At this point, this far down the road, I will say it again. If you love these types of games, if your thing is having an open world to go explore and to go check out and to go find new interesting stories and people to meet, Cyberpunk 100%, I can guarantee you, if you jump into it with an open mind with this new Phantom Liberty DLC and with the changes they're making to the game, Cyberpunk will live up to that. And you will find stuff in that game that will leave an impression upon you for a very long time to come as a gamer. I'm telling you, Cyberpunk is worth every penny to go jump into, especially at this point. I'm Hands down. Please do. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you know I completely forgot that we come we skipped over uh, the upcoming game segment. Yeah, we got straight to, we got straight <laughs> we, to business. We, um, so we didn't call out the chat. We no, just hopped we right into Starfield again. This is we yeah, were roaring yeah. behind the scenes again. I, if to to say that this game isn't impactful, I, I, again for me, I would say is a bit disingenuous. But I mean, if that's how you feel, that's how you feel. Um, I I just. I do think that it is though, man. I just I haven't been so enthralled with the game. And again, the the biggest the best perspective that I can give you, and then we'll kind of move forward. Um, we'll get through this, touch on a few topics, and then uh wrap things up for the show. Um comparatively to everybody that's saying that Starfield is trying to be or isn't as good, uh, more so as No Man's Sky. As somebody that put 100 hours into No Man's Sky, shout to Boogeyman, shout to Dragonheart Yobi. Um, they helped me a lot in my experience with that. If I didn't have friends um, to kind of boost that experience, would I still have had a, save the, a good time with the game? Probably. Would it have been to the level that I ended up having with them included? No. Not at all. Uh, they helped streamline and elevate that process by giving me things that I wouldn't have had had access to until later on. And uh, also were able to show me that the custom customization wasn't as deep, you know, sitting at starports and stuff, waiting for different types of ships and things of that nature to land so I can um, barter with the people and, and get and buy it from them. Uh, those I had some cool feelings with that. You saw some cool ships and some cool designs and landing in different places and how the procedure generation works. All that stuff is cool. But I would give that up for what I have in this game. Being able to build my own ship as, as though, even though I, I can't, I don't have this um, like a boost grab drive to help me f get to planets faster. And, and I can't go into the atmosphere of these planets. And it all doesn't feel seamless in comparison to what I was getting from that game. Everything that I was missing, though, I have in starfield right now and for me 
that that's the more telling experience um and that's the perspective that i want to come from without giving any spoilers about the game or anything else um uh, i do i think that starfield is worth your time uh if you're a bethesda fan even especially if you're not a bethesda fan if you like space you like that idea of it yes. Yes. Keep in mind, this isn't what we have gotten traditionally, where it's more future focus. This is more near focus. How do, what would you, how would you feel if humanity, within the next five hundred years, three hundred, three to five hundred years, had something, an event like this happen, um, and it was just mostly us dealing with each other, um, traversing through space, and I get a lot of those feelings here. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's a it's and a, all those, and all those and all those games mentioned still stand on their own. Again, yeah, that's why I hate this. Absolutely, I hate what's been done with No Man's Sky because No Man's Sky again. I shout out to Hello Games for continuing to work on that game and making it yeah. what it is. It's just not absolutely the, again. Starfield sure takes influence. No Man's Sky took influence from yeah. other games. Every game takes influence, and they absolutely. all stand on their own. And No Man's Sky, if you're looking for a space sim game. Bro, yeah, no Man's Sky game. is Looks fantastic. Good. Feels it good. is. Again, I've continued to go back to it from time to time Especially to check with friends. out the updates. Really right. fun with and, friends. And again, I've only played it single player. So, but it, that's not the experience that they were looking for that Bethesda was trying to create. And so the the continuous bringing up of this and that, and I wish this was there and all this kind of stuff is unfair. It's unfair to both games. Again, Bethesda was going for a different experience. And I... I, I just take these games for what they give you. What sure, we can all Look. wish what they are. Correct, right? What the, what the devs devs went for? Mods will enter, give us things if you have the ability to mod. And again, they said they're bringing mods to console for Starfield, so we'll see how extensive that is. But the fact is, down the road, if you want to play a different style of, of Starfield, chances are you're going to have a chance to do so. But this continuous narrative that. Oh, because it doesn't have this, because it doesn't have this, because it doesn't have this, it failed. No, it just was disappointing for you because you wanted that stuff. I wanted certain things, but I didn't, I don't knock the game for not having them because of what they're giving me is beyond what I expected in a lot of areas. So therefore, that's just how I look at it. If you can't, so be it. But again, continuously to harp on the fact of what's missing or what's not there isn't going to change it. The game is what the game is. You have to judge for yourself. If it's a game that you want to invest into and you want to play, then do so. If it's not, then you just have to chalk it up as, hey, Bethesda didn't make the game I wanted. Time to go find something else to play. I, I Again, continue to harp on it. It isn't going to change that fact. So uh, that's where I'm at with it. Loving this game through and through. Again, on its way to be uh, my GOAT. Um, we will see if it winds up there. I can easily see it happening, uh, which I, again, had you asked me even a couple of weeks ago if I could ever see it, I would have said, eh, there's an outside chance it beating Oblivion and Skyrim for me. But again, with my love of high fantasy, I probably would have said, mm, probably not overall, but here we are. Here we are today, and I see it, it moving up that realm. So, um, again, Thanks all for listening to us for uh, three hours on uh, Starfield. Again. Yeah. 
Again, um, again. <laughs> a total of about six, seven hours of content just <laughs> on Starfield itself without any spoilers. That's the other thing too. Uh, maybe yeah. some light yeah. things in there. I know people have yeah. been kind of sensitive to that and whatnot. But yeah. Wizzy Tekken says, "Yo, stealing pong. Good of the afternoon. What's going on? Yeah, shout uh, out to Kato dropping in here as well. Here, let me shout out some chat here. We haven't done it all. T- all. I, I, I got to do this because I love all these people in here. These guys are having great discussions in here. Again, Steel and I are just going on and on. Normally, we bring in more conversation we've tried to throughout this but again we just have so much to say on this and there's so many different conversations to have on on starfield because of how many different opinions there are out there how many different things have been expressed it's really hard but i thank you all for being here i appreciate it non nonetheless i appreciate every single one of you and I love, I love the conversations going on. Zicato, great to see you. Nick, say as always, Blue Moon FC, what's going on, brother? Fahim Scott coming in here as well. Always great to see you, Fahim. Tim, the sorcerer's in the house. The one, the only, the legend, Dragonheart, Yobi, still hanging out with us. What's going on, Yobi? Uh, thanks for all the gifted subs earlier again, brother. Appreciate you so, so much. The Sly Crow sliding on in here. What's going on, Sly? Andrew Cullinane jumping in here. Andrew said, I disagree on Cyberpunk. It should have been my game of the generation. I hated it. The story was not good to me. The missions were just so boring, and the map was just terrible. That's Andrew, fair. man, I, mean, I, I, I again, it's I completely know, disagree. Your experience. I, but if right, that's how you feel, did, then obviously hey. you put time into it. That's you fair. just didn't do it for you. That happens in games. It's happened to me before. So again, I totally understand. I'm sad to hear that. Because of how much I love cyberpunk. And again, how great. I think all the stuff you said, I loved. So I, but, but again, I understand. Witcher 3 is supposed to be a, a goat Correct. for a lot of people. Yep. And it is not far and very far from. Um, yep. three, the, t- three times, three times I've tried it and still it won't say it was better this last time with the new controls. It was better. The I'm, combat felt better, but it still did not pull me in the way that this has that that all of these other games have which is crazy to me because it's high fantasy it's something yeah I it's love. all the right things it's all bro. the stuff that i should love i can't and get for past whatever reason for me like, again i don't hate it by any stretch of the imagination i don't hate the that way. game is born i just i just doesn't suck it just doesn't draw me in it doesn't it doesn't it's, put its clamps on me it just doesn't do boring. it anyways but anyway, maybe someday <laughs> it will i'm gonna keep trying uh tim the sorcerer is in the house actually guy lore master jasper go check out lore master jasper along with steel and their shipbuilding absolutely incredible um really good stuff out there a lot of great shipbuilding out there crazy stuff people are coming up with that is a whole nother aspect that i can't believe steel how much flexibility they did provide could there be more of course they could be more but for shipbuilding oh yeah the fact fact that the shipbuilding is just one part of this game and how much effort they actually did put into it and the creativeness that they're allowing people to do to have your own style of ship Again, I'm not looking to build classic ships. I'll wait till the modders put in real the classic ships. But Steel, you, Jasper, all you guys out here creating classic ships from all these different shows with what they've given you and some of the results, absolutely incredible. For me, I'm doing my own style. I'm doing my own thing. And that's all a bit available to you. And you that's can buy ships too. That's the other thing too. And you can buy ships too if you have. You no don't have to build it. nothing. You can just. That's nope. what Jaffe was saying. He was the main yep. ship that he got yep. from the beginning. Yeah, he didn't care. The very he didn't end, care about and the shipbuilding. Then he had enough money to, yep. to buy a ship. It's not cheap. Yep. Um, nope. 
but he bought one and he what loved it. And he talked about how different they all feel. They do feel. Like now that he bought a new ship, they do feel different depending on what you give them and what you provide. Even, so anyways, even with the gunship I built, yeah, it feels completely yeah. different than my uh, my X-wing build. Prototype. Exactly. Shout out to them for the effort that they put in the ship building, which is yeah. again only one small piece in the total puzzle of this game. It's crazy, man. Mm-hmm. It's really awesome. Um, Blue Moon FC, I think I already got you, but great to see you, brother. As always, casket repair in the house. What's going on? Can't wait for Phantom Liberty. Yeah, I can't wait to jump in and do another playthrough of Cyberpunk oh, at some b- point. By the way, real quick, yeah. Dragonheart Yobi did another five oh, living split Dragon screen Heart. memberships. Welcome Look to the splitters, you. guys. That's uh, Geezer Prime, Xbox International, Gummy Hernandez, the Joker's Black, Joe Bailey. Shout out to you guys. Appreciate you guys coming through. And Dragonheart Yobi, appreciate you for the membership, yep. brother. That's much love. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Again, yes, God Emperor. Um, yep. For me to build my gunship, because he asked, do you need hella credits for shipbuilding? Sorry, yes. I, didn't, I don't want to interrupt you again Paul. no because uh, i know we move a little yeah. move ahead a little bit um for me to build the ship that i had from essentially scratch um my gunship that i've just built cost me about 200k yeah um so it's that's that's perspective um yeah. fahim says show us your ship you guys didn't see my ship what do you mean it's on, it's on twitter it's on twitter i, I posted I put my it, ship too. i'll put it in the back i'll put it in the background yeah, put it, but put it back um and we'll, yeah. we'll keep moving on but but yeah, yeah. um it does cost money. It does cost a lot of money. A lot of money. Yeah, yeah, my fault. Yeah, Go ahead. Yeah, 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 yeah. Depending on what you want to do, it gets spendy. Um, who else? We got in here. We got Mr. Seven Digit. What's going on, Mr. Seven Digit? Great to see you. Go, go, Poe in the house. What's going on? Go, go. We got Devante Demarcus, Demarcus in the house as well. It says, I have Cyberpunk and I have uh, Starfield. I like games that don't hold your hand. And I agree with you wholeheartedly. I do think sometimes there was way too much handholding uh, in games. Uh, I understand why they do it, but at the same time, for me, I like just trying things out and seeing what happens and figuring things out for myself in a lot of ways. Thanks, you. Um, who else we got in here? We got Cyber Gunter eighty one, who I also know is absolutely loving uh, Starfield Cyber Gunter. Great to see you, Mass Hall nineteen seventy seven. What's going on, TMHW Gaming? Always great to see you joining us. Uh, every Saturday, always, always a pleasure. Who else? Who else we got in here? I'm trying to go back. God, you guys are just been lighting up. Of course, the one, the only brother from another fun speculation, aka Mav, was in here listening to us. What's going on, Mav? Um, missed the fun spec family this week. We didn't have PM in the PM or Xbox Ultimate. This is my first podcast of the week, which is crazy. Um, Eastside Vandal in here. What's going on, Eastside? Who else we got up in here? We got UK Lad jumping in here. What's going on, UK? Crispy Rambo's in the house. What's going on, Crispy? Brother from the Psycho Knots in the house. What's going on, Psycho? Uh, who else? Who else? We got Seeky in the house. Again, you guys have heard a lot of these names because we have been talking with the chat, but I'm just shouting everybody out. Talos Ray's up in the house. What's going on? Happy Saturday to you, Talos. Great to see you a part of our show as always. Uh, who else we got in here? Uh, my God, you guys in your conversations, you guys are just rocking and rolling in here. It's been going on for a long time. Caper Grant, what's going on? Caper Grant, I see you jumping in here. What's going on? Great to have you in here. Uh, I think that's as far back as I can go. I think I got everybody. Splendiferous. How can I forget the one and only Splen? What is going on, Splen? Um, I saw you jump in earlier talking about me looking like young or something. Yeah, no, I had to I had to shave up the beard, you know, obviously. So maybe that's what you were talking about, but I appreciate it. Um, Nam Omar in the house is going on. Nam, great to have you a part of our show as always. 
Uh, who else? I think General Spartan 27. We got the one and only Lord Roughness Brothers. Great to see you. Salute to both of you. Froggy T. White in here as well. What's going on? Joe Bailey, I see you got gifted. The Joker's back, 1987. I see you got gifted. Xbox International Podcast. What's going on, brothers? Uh, great to see you. I'm assuming that's Louie. What's going on, Louie? Geezer Prime in the house. Gummy Hernandez. I see you all getting gifted. Thanks again to uh, Dragonheart Yobi. Everybody lurking. Everybody that's jumping in our chat. Doesn't matter either way. Appreciate you all. Thank you for being here on a Saturday morning. God Emperor Self King, uh, you as well. Always. Always appreciated. Never expected. Always appreciated for you joining us. Box of Burger, the one and only great box of burgers in the house. Finally getting to enjoy Starfield on the big screen because he was on vacation during launch and playing on his ROG Ally, which was freaking awesome to see that that thing was working so well. Mm -hmm. But now he's enjoying it on the big screen. Shout out to you, Box of Burger. Um, so anyways, uh, that's it, Steel. Uh, what do you want to move on to? Well, do you really do you want to tell the people about the upcoming games? I mean, we 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 could certainly jump into <laughs> upcoming games. Do we any also upcoming games matter? No, let's go. I'm just joking. Um, we could also, I mean, put it put it on on the back end. Nah, nah, we could we could do it right now, real quick. Um, let's see what's going on. I know there's a couple cool games coming out. At least one cool game that's coming out this week, uh, coming into Game Pass as well. Um, where are we? We are on September the 11th. That is what week we are jumping into. My God, this show's been totally thrown out by Starfield. All right, let's go. September. Oh my God. This is like tons of games coming up this week. Really? Holy cow. Okay. Yeah. yeah we got lots Good of games. Selection. I did not realize it. Uh, so good thing we are jumping into this. So this week, September 12th, Etern Nights coming to PlayStation 5, coming to PlayStation 4, and coming to PC as well. This is from Studio Psy, action simulation game, anime style. Etern Nights is getting a lot of traction out there. I have seen Steel, some people post stuff about this. Yeah, the combat looks good for it. Yeah, but it's it a relationship game. Yeah, it's a relationship game, correct. Right, sim dating sim game. So there you go. Combat's interesting enough, though. I don't, I don't know. Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll yeah. see. We'll see. <laughs> uh, then we got newer play with your food. That's right, N O U R newer play with your food coming to PlayStation Five, PlayStation Four, PC, and Mac. Uh, developed by Terrifying Jellyfish, published by Panic Incorporated. This is a sim game. I'm assuming is this this got to be a food sim game? It has to be. Play uh, with your food, no yeah. Yeah, play with your food. So, okay. Shout out to Sim Games. Shout out to Food Sim Games. Um, so, you got that coming out. Then you got Super Bomberman R2. Uh, a friendship killer <laughs> back in the day. Bomberman, yo. Talk about getting competitive. Talk about playing on the same screen together with your friends and getting really upset. Like, Bomberman was the one for me. PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, PC. Everything's getting this. Super Bomberman R2. Shout out to Bomberman. Konami, of course, uh, developed and published by. Coming out this week. Um, and then we've got Gunbrella. This is an interesting little indie game. Um, shout out to uh, Switch and PC who are getting Gunbrella. Of course, published by... One of our favorites, Devolver Digital, who hey. rarely, if ever, misses when it, when they launch one of their indie games. Uh, Doinksoft is the developer. I know Indie, shout out to Indie Gamer. He sometimes jumps in here and lurks and sometimes listens later. Shout out to you, Indie. Um, he's been making videos. He's been uh, highlighting Gumbrella, I think, is one of the games he highlighted as well. Looks like a cool game. 
Uh, go check out Gumbrella if you're looking for a new indie game coming out, uh, action shooter type game. Uh, go check that out. Um, and then we've got what else we got? We've got uh, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, the hidden treasure of Area Zero dash the teal mask. Yes, that is the full title. Coming to Switch, obviously. Steal, you hopping off Starfield? Jump into some Pokemon Scarlet Violet, the hidden treasure of Arrows, Area Zero, the teal mask. Nope. Nope. Okay. Nope. You are the resident closest thing to a Pokemon fan that we do have. So I got to ask. Yep. But nope. Um, <laughs> nope. I'm just, I'm not, I just don't have. Yeah. I played it. Uh, that's yeah. a, that, that's an example of something that I was expecting a lot more from. And yeah. I, I beat it. It was good. Uh, I enjoyed it for what it was. I'm glad I played yep. it. Uh, I'll cherish that experience. But yep. I'd, I, I would have rather liked to play it on PC. Correct. Where I can okay. not deal Fair with enough. the uh, performance issues and uh, visual issues. Right. Got you. Um, next game up, Ad Infinitium. Infinium. Uh, this is a game that has been promoted. I believe this, correct me if I'm wrong, Chad, if anybody remembers, this is one coming to Game Pass or no. I know it was highlighted during one of the Xbox shows. This is the the game set in World War One during the trench warfare. And you kind of time travel back and forth uh, between two different eras. Uh, it's a horror cycle, more psychological, I think, than actual straight up horror. Um, but it is a horror game um, and very dark, very gritty um, story based action still, uh, but very, very story based. But Ad Infinium has been on a lot of people's radar ever since it was first showing off. It is finally dropping this week PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, and PC consoles. Um, interesting concept because World War One isn't done a whole lot outside of strategy games. World War One was probably one of the worst wars that nobody remembers or talks about. Um, because you always learn about World War II, but World War One and trench warfare was some of the most awful, heinous stuff ever done to human beings in your that you will ever read about if you ever go back and dive into the history. So curious to see how they they tackle some of that stuff in this game. Um, so go check that out. Uh AK Zoddle. Uh, is coming PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Um, if you guys don't know what Zoddles are, they're like these lizard like creatures. You've axolotls. probably seen them in video. Yeah. Axolotls or Zoddles? I call them Zoddles. Axolotls. Okay. However That's you pronounce it for sure. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah. Cool little lizards that live mainly uh, underwater full time. They're, they're really cool creatures, but there's a game coming out. <laughs> and this one, uh, they actually have guns. And <laughs> it's coming from Two Awesome Studio, published by Playstack LTD. It is a shooter. Uh, so go check that, that out. September be a good the 14th. Game. Yep. Uh, maybe. Maybe. I mean, it looks it looks cool as hell. Again, people come up with the most interesting ideas. How have you ever looked at a axolotl or a zotl or whatever and said, hey, I'm gonna make a shooter out of him? Uh, I don't know, but they hey, good, good for you. Deceit two coming to PC. Uh, this is a, uh, action-based game from world makers, a multiplayer game, uh, six to nine players, PlayStation five, Xbox series and PC, um, actually is launching on PC first, September 14th. And then it's supposed to be coming to PlayStation five and Xbox series later this year. Uh, so that is deceit to God, the ads over on game informer, shout out to game informer. I know you guys need your money. Dune Spice Wars, full launch on PC, September the 14th. Uh, it's been in um, early access uh, by Shiro Games and Funcom. This is a strategy-based game, RTS. I want to play this at some point. Dune Spice Wars, officially launching September the 14th. 
Then let's see what else we got. We got Monster Hunter now coming out for uh, mobile, iOS, and Android. Another Monster Monster Hunter game. Shout out to the Monster Hunter fans. Um, if you guys want to hop into the mobile, you got it. September 14th. Solar Ash, and I believe this one is also coming to Game Pass this week as well. Correct me if I'm wrong, chat. Uh, again, I've been out of the loop for a little bit here with, with Starfield. But Solar Ash was uh, a PlayStation console exclusive for a while. It is finally launching into Xbox. Uh, this is from Annapurna, published by Annapurna, developed by Heart Machine. Um, really had interest in this game when they first showed it off. I love the aesthetic of this game. Love the color use in this game as well. Solar Ash dropping on Xbox this week. Go check that out as well. Then still, we got the uh, Forza Horizon ripoff, the Ubisoft version. Crew Motorfest dropping this week. PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, PC. I know I've seen some people who played the beta. Um, A lot of people have actually it. enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, really enjoyed this game. Again, can you have too many car games? No, not really, in my opinion. Um, can you have too many arcade racing games? Um, and if they want to take the formula from Horizon and try their own hand at it, cool. Obviously, Horizon's huge. So giving people the option to play somewhere else, Crew Motorfest, cool. Uh, Ubisoft, do your thing. Uh, I'm, I'm okay with it. Um, that is dropping September the 14th. Then we got Thunder Ray coming to PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Thunder Ray. Uh, is this a boxing game? Yeah, it's like Punch-Out. It's like a oh, new like version punch of Punch-Out. Out. Oh, okay. Cool. Awesome. I'm always down for this. I saw one at the Indie Showcase out at PAX I West where Iron one. Lords. Is this the it one? Might be, no, might, I think it was a different oh, it was game. different? Okay. Yeah, I think it was different. Um, But Thunder Ray, Purple Tree coming out. We are getting a bunch of boxing games, by the way, Steel, which is kind of cool. And some of them are definitely going after Punch-Out, which I'm even cooler with. So let's do it. Now we just need a new Ring King, and I'll be all about it. Let's go. Uh, Thunder Ray this week on September the 14th. And then we've got Matan Kaidos 1 and 2 HD remaster coming to Switch. This was uh, one of those smaller JRPGs. Didn't get a whole lot of fame and fortune, uh, but a lot of people love them. Obviously, they are making an HD remaster. This is Bandai Namco. Um, this was an older game uh, prior to Bandai becoming... Um, as big as they are now, again, so again, if you're looking for JRPGs, you got the Switch, you can do a whole lot worse than jumping into those. Uh, so go check out those. Um, then we got Gloomhaven. Am I too far, Steel? Or am uh, I right on? I think your 16th I'm, should be right on. 16? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm about to jump too far. So yeah, we'll, 18, we'll say, yeah, Gloomhaven, Gloomhaven, yeah, we'll, 18, we'll say yeah. Gloomhaven for next week. So yeah, that is your list of the next week of gaming coming to you brought to you by game Informer, of course again not perfect but the best we can get so uh yeah got some games coming up this week steel for sure yeah that's mad dope i uh, let me just change the video uh in the background real quick see if i can change it back to my other one and a real quick shout out to to a game that probably nobody's played outside of me uh but it is an rpg game out what? there uh, it is not perfect, but they are doing an upgrade. They're doing a free upgrade for current gen, which I always give praise to when a game, even a game that didn't hit, these are from, this is from push, uh, Polish developer too. Uh, King's bounty Two. Oh, okay. interesting game had a lot of bugs, but it was a turn-based battle RPG kind of RTS, kind of RTS mixed with classic RPG. Mm-hmm. 
There's a lot to like if you are into double A RPGs with this game. It is always on sale. You can usually get it through Amazon or through, uh, you know, one of the key, you know, like CD keys or one of the code places for under 20 bucks. It is getting a current gen patch and they are fixing, fixing some other things as well. King's Bounty 2, I put about 10 hours into it before I got sidetracked by something else. I'm going to go back to this game eventually. Didn't get a whole lot of fame and fortune, but it is by 1C Entertainment, published by Cook Media. Um, if you're just randomly looking for something, again, I'm not saying nobody's got anything to play right now, but if you're like me and you like to jump into random double A's, especially when they go on sale, King's Bounty 2 has got a lot of goodness for you. And okay. again, with this current gen patch coming out, I'm really happy they're doing that. Again, I give them praise because I know they didn't sell a whole lot of copies of this game. I know this was not anywhere as close to a big seller. Um, I just think it's cool that they're going back and doing it. So King's Bounty 2 uh, got that current gen patch. So go check that out if you guys are interested in something like that. Sorry, just need to give that. No, you're good. It's actually because uh, I saw some, somebody mentioned it. Uh, Blue Moon about Xbox Wire. Uh, there's actually a good bit of games released on Xbox. There always Wire is too. on Xbox Wire. I this just is crazy. This week because we. Um, I'll, I'll run so through much. the. Uh, I'll run through yeah, the sure. list real quick. Sure. Go ahead. I gotta uh, grab something to drink. I'll be right back. You're soon. good. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, so it looks like on September 12th we got Full Void. Um, that's going to be coming out. So it's on. It's going to be on sale too. Uh, also on September twelfth, you got Myth Force. Uh, then uh, on the same day, you got the Isle Tide Hotel. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, September thirteenth, you got Gravity Oddity. Uh, same day, we're also getting Mystic Gate. These games say get it now in comparison, so I'm imagining that these games are releasing in Game Pass. So you'll have Myth Forces coming in, Gravity Oddity, Mystic Gate. Looks like it's coming into Game Pass. Uh, you got Super Bomberman, but that's you know $49.99. Not a bad price for that game. We'll see how that game releases. Bomberman's been pretty dope traditionally. Uh, Ad Infinium's on there. Uh, we talked about that. Axa, this AK Axolotl game, um, get it now. Probably gonna, looks like it's going to be in the Game Pass. Uh, I just looked it up. It's it's more like a 2D um, kind of game. Uh, shoot them up. Looks it's it's it's, it's mad. It's it, it's cute, but uh older in a lot of ways uh let's see the crew we mentioned dyna blaster that one's also saying get it now uh mk that's coming out i forgot there was early access for mk actually uh i'm not too worried about that uh solid state that's on a get it now looks like that's coming to game pass uh we were talking about solar ash earlier about that coming to game pass looks like it is that's con kind of confirms that i do i want to run around in there for a bit to see how that game feel like the art style on it uh some of eterna pre-order i uh, get that for 20 i uh, got a game called ugly i think i've seen some trailers for this game at least uh interesting uh, you got Valtherian Arc Hero School Story 2. That's coming to Game Pass, looks like. Uh, Another Crusade. Get that releasing. Baby Shark Singing Swim Party. Get that for $40 if you want, you're want. looking for something. Uh, Bright Side Riddles and Puzzles. That's coming to Game Pass, looks like. Dreamhouse Days DX. That's coming, coming in also. Not the Game Pass, but uh, that's going to be there. Dungeon Village game dev story i heard game dev story was actually a pretty pretty de decent game uh heavy duty challenge or road truck simulator that's coming to game pass looks like hot spring story 
NASCAR Arcade Rush, Perfect Ninja Painter. There's a lot of games that are coming out just this week um, to Xbox. I mean, again, none, none of these are like super big or massive or anything like that. But again, it, it's still they are still titles, and you can say, oh, they're fodder and all that great stuff. But again, they're they're games. They're, it's something that's additional that's going to be available to your platform uh, that if you didn't know, maybe you want to jump into it. So there's that. Uh, Mythic Force uh, is going to be uh, Myth Force at September 12th that that's releasing. So if you're excited for Myth Force, you'll be able to jump into it that day. All right. I'm still waiting for Sony to put a list together for their games. Uh, so unfortunately, <laughs> if anybody has that, please let me know. And I would like to. Well, I do know that they're there. getting Saints Row for their PlayStation Plus game. Well, I mean, after Volition closed, I'm, I'm, I mean, I hope that somebody would want to play those games. And Saints Row is on sale for Xbox right now for 18 bucks. That's kind of wild. I Like I said, 20 and under. I think the if you can get over the hump and just ignore the fact, much like Mass Effect Andromeda, that Mass Effect Andromeda, if you play it as not a Mass Effect game, as a generic sci-fi game, it's okay. It's good. Same with Saints Row. If you play it as not a Saints Row game, but just a crazy over-the-top open-world action game, you can find a lot of fun in that game. I played it during the free-to-play days. Mm-hmm. I've almost thought about I'm just going to wait because, I'm again, I'm not, I don't have any time. I'm not going to go play Saints Row right now. And I'm like, the longer I wait, it's just going to be on sale forever now because they close the studio. It's, yeah, it's always going to be cheap. It's gonna get cheap but right. if you're looking for something right now and you want to jump into Saints Row, 18 bucks on Xbox – I would say it's like it's worth it just to go shoot up and blow up a bunch of stuff and crazy physics-based wackiness happening and all that kind of stuff. That's the type of game it is. If you can ignore the story and the terrible writing and just the awfulness of what they did to Saints Row, you're good. I think for under 20 bucks, the game's worth it. I'll just throw that out there. <laughs> all right, well, there's that, at least. Something out there for that for everybody. Um, Again, it's just me because I'm a grazer because I do play games, even games that a lot of people say I'll never play that game. I wind up playing them just mm-hmm. when they're on sale and stuff. Again, I've got hundreds of games in my library that I bought on sale just because, right? So, and my time with them always varies, but I can't say that, you know, there's been very few games that I bought super cheap where I've been like, oh, that was a waste of money. There's been some, but for the most part, I can find enjoyment. Again, that's why I'll never be a reviewer professionally. Uh, I'll give you my impressions, but just know that I'm easily entertained and I can usually find good in most things. So that's who I am. So can we talk about how dope that Jean-Claude Van Damme trailer is for Mortal Kombat 1? <laughs> just saying. I feel bad for Johnny Cage, though. I feel bad for the actor that plays Johnny Cage. I feel bad because Jean-Claude... He takes over yo, everything, it's, it, right? It, it, Even though the whole character it, so was, ba- it was based off of him char- anyway. Yeah. It was based off of him anyways, right? Yeah, absolutely. Right. They couldn't get him to do it back in the day. Uh, Ed Boone talked about this in some recent interviews with Mortal Kombat 1 it's coming so out crazy. that they tried through the years to get Jean-Claude, that they worked on it and just things never worked out. And Boone is so happy that they finally were able to pull this off. And it does. It looks fantastic. It fits right in because that's what the whole character was based on. It's just awesome, man. It, it's, cool. it looks so dope. Mortal Kombat 1 just is looking super dope overall. Looking super clean game. Um, Nixie said Bloodsport coming to MK1. There's a lot of things that they're doing with MK1 that kind of yeah. go back to some of the older games, especially with the single player experience. 
um, where it's just not oh that's fight Ryan. to fight to fight to fight. Um, which is which is also that's super dope. You adding that level to it. Um, and again, I, I didn't mind the way that the story of MK11 was set up. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I felt like it was good, but again, it was more traditional in the fact in the way that it was just fight to fight to fight to fight. Um, I, the crypt was okay too, but again, I like the crypt. crypt was okay. <laughs> I know I'm rare, but I like the crypt. I would single player Mortal Kombat. I and I think they are elevating it in this one, but I would just like to see the crypt become a, a bit more interactive as far as like you fighting enemies more. Again, sure, I, I go sure. back to the old that. some of the older Mortal Kombat's where you had that free roam and fighting enemies and stuff like yeah. that. Um, yeah. I believe that was how about, how about Megan Fox voicing Natara too? Yeah, it Megan Fox being Natara. I think the character's modeled it, after her too. It, it had to be because there's too many things in the face that look that give you the impression that it's her, right? Mm-hmm. So I think they probably did, but the voice works perfectly for that type of character. Like she's yeah. made for that role. So I love that. Yeah, yeah that's super dope. I'm I mean, a Megan hey, Fox stand, so whatever. I, I know I know you are. I know you are. Yeah, yeah, it's all yeah, it's all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, hey. I'm a, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a life fan too. I'm a life fan too. I just wish she was <laughs> she was better at her acting prowess. That's all. I wish she was just, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. No. Hey. So she, she's had her moments. <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she's got a terrible choice in men, though. I'll say that. I mean, you know, what she like it. Terrible. I love it. Hey, she like terrible. it. I love it. Um, but okay, so it looks like. Also to throw this in here for anybody that's in the Xbox Alpha, skip ahead, um, and Beta yes. and Delta yes. Insider this Rings. This is a big deal, actually. This is because this is going to help a lot of people who want to record yeah. content or want to pull content off, or you have a USB or just or has their hard drive full of pictures because they're addicted too. to photo modes and games like Cyberpunk and Starfield and can't stop taking pictures nonstop and then have to delete a ton just to have more room. Yeah, that's me. So yeah, this will help. Um, so apparently what's coming in is you're going to be able to auto upload 4K HDR clips, which the HDR was broken before. So I don't know if it's going to be fixed on for console when you when you start doing that now. I guess we'll find out. Uh, you also get auto upload captures saved to an external drive. Uh, that's going to be extremely beneficial for anybody having pictures. You're going to have a specific thumb drive, hard drive, whatever you want to attach, maybe another SSD, um, external SSD, maybe if you want to use that um, to upload, to put all your stuff at so you're not taking up space on your actual hard drive. Uh, faster bulk upload to OneDrive. That's really dope. Um, for those who do That's use right. OneDrive, OneDrive can be extremely yes. useful. Uh, just yes. put it in the cloud. Then whenever you need it, you download it. Boom, upload it. Well, upload it then. Uh, Especially you since do... they got rid of the like the Twitter functionality and that kind yeah. of stuff. OneDrive is what I upload my Xbox pictures to now. I, I constantly do that, so I have them on the go. And because it's you know how uneven yeah. the Xbox app is. Yeah, <laughs> it sucks, and it doesn't grab your video. Um, videos go directly to your Xbox hard drive, at least for me. And I haven't found any option to change that. Um, so I have to upload my videos anyways. If I take a clip, I have to upload it to OneDrive anyways. So that's what I do. So. So, all right. Well, um, and then uh, there's also supposed to be a new wizard to help you start a bulk upload. So that makes sense. That's good. That's definitely good stuff. Again, the the capturing methods for the Xbox Series has probably been one of the the weakest elements of the console, uh, especially in comparison to its competitor. From everything that I know, um, Sony still has a good method for uploading clips and and whatnot. I don't know if they have a cloud method though. Um, so there is that. And if Xbox can get this in the right direction, again, they still need to get working on their um, 
they need to get editing software. Yeah, the editing software for sure. I mean, again, PlayStation is Xbox used to have that, right? Uh, with I can't remember what it was called. They used to have an editing software. PlayStation's always had that. For the people who do like photo modes and and, and clips and stuff, uh, PlayStation does it great. And mm-hmm. again, their system where they take a clip of your uh, trophy whenever you open a trophy, mm-hmm. that is awesome. And I think that Xbox should have something like that as well um for theirs uh it's a great moment to share and mm-hmm. it's great to have that so i mean again not every achievement or trophies you know the same as every other one right that there's some that are a little bit more like hey that was pretty damn cool i wish i had a clip of that right so i i think that if they can do that i think it would be a great addition to what they've got because let's be real I don't understand why they don't make it a priority because it is free marketing for them and yeah. for their games. When people have a quick and easy where, uh, way to share out, you know, video games, it, it is a promotional tool free from the community because most of us on social media do like to share things that we're doing, especially when we're in this type of community oh, yeah. and it gets people hyped. Point, it, yeah. it, it, it spreads the word, um, you know, the bigger news sites have been picking up on things being done in the community with Starfield, like, you know, the different types of ships people are creating and stuff. And they write articles about it. Like it is really a free marketing tool. And I wish that they would go back to making it a priority um, and redo their achievement system, which Jez talked about on Xbox two this week that he spoke to somebody at Xbox um, at Gamescom. And they said still, and again, this is something that Jez has been saying for a while, they would like to do something. They would like to update the achievements. They would like to get back to work. It's just not a high priority for them. And I'm like, it doesn't, it doesn't, the achievement system and all that shit, it doesn't really need to be a high priority. But at the same time, like, but it is, you should put, you should, you should have a team on that. They change gaming with, yeah, you should have a small team. They change gaming with that, Steel. PlayStation copied it. Steam copied it. Yeah, they did. Right? So there's a reason why if it's not broke, it may not be for everybody. It. No, but they could do more to promote. They could do more to upgrade it and promote it. Yeah. Like I said, I should. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, again, I don't care about platinums. I don't care about thousanding. Again, I don't I finish don't games like that. So I don't care about those. But the Even fact if is, did, if you could create some cool medals for some, if you could create some cool medals that you could earn by getting different levels of achievements or whatever the case may be, or how many, and you could have those next to your gamer tag, like kind of like a military, like, you know, like what rank you are. If you could have that on there, that would just add another level. It's just simple little things they could do to update um, that I wish they would try. Because again, they did create a whole thing around achievements. They created a whole yeah, community care about that shit now, of right? achievements. Right, right. It's a, it's just a little treat. I Even still I was, get a great, yeah. I, I still get a great feeling when you hear that sound, especially the diamond one. The diamond achievement still gives me a thrill every time I hear it. When I know that I guys got an achievement that less than 10% of people so far have gotten, call it dopamine, call it a stupid, you know, cheap way to get people addicted to things. I don't care. It still gives me a little thrill when I hear that diamond achievement pop. And that's the other thing. Their achievements don't always work anymore. They've gotten inconsistent. They don't always pop that's in the every game. game. That's the game. Sometimes, too, sometimes yeah. it's a game. But I also think it happens too frequently where I still think it's the system as well being inconsistent and not reading. Yes, I know there's some times where the games are broken and the achievements don't pop. But what I'm saying is it registers the achievement in the game 
right? You can go into the achievements. You can see that you just earned that achievement, but it's not popping on the Xbox. And that that's been happening more and more as the years go on too. And I think that's just because they're not paying attention to that system anymore at all. They just don't care. It's not a priority. Yeah. RSJ fan. I think for me, the, the entire achievement system and everything and hearing them that say that it's not really a priority for me, it's more so I got to a point with it because I did used to care about that stuff to a certain degree, not as much as anybody else. I'm not playing games just for gamer score. I, I, I've never believed in that. I don't get, I don't get that. Um, or playing games specifically to get, uh, to get achievements. Now I was kind of, shout out to Ram, shout out to stallion. Yeah. Uh, shout, <laughs> if that's what you, if that's what you want to get out of it, that's what you get out they of did it. Their thing. Rand doesn't anymore. Uh, Rand could care less. But, but for me, it's when you get to a point where you play a lot of multiplayer games too, and you're not, you're not awarded for you spending that time. So it's kind of like you stop caring about what achievements are going to give to you because there's games that I've literally have spent a lot of time with in comparison to other games where in games that I've literally have skipped over um, mainly because I was playing these multiplayer games and I don't get any additional achievements for that. Um, but I did have a thing to where it was, if I wasn't getting achievements for it though, like if I didn't add on to my profile, it's because that's what it did, though. It made you feel like you were adding something to your account, like some form of a record, right? Um, and it's more so I never did it for anybody else other than myself. And then you come to find out that people actually do this or try to check people with this information. Like, okay, um, I, I still think that that's an interesting conversation to have because it's that's very that's multifaceted and you can't judge everybody that way. But anyway, um, I, I don't care about achievements as much as a lot of people do, but Xbox definitely did something with that. And again, it, it affects different people in different ways. And it does feel good when you pop those things. Um, I don't really care about it any anymore. I haven't for, for some time because you, you got to have your own reason to be in there. I think getting an achievement for it would be bad, but I do think that they need to find out a way to at least award people for maybe at a certain time, the type of time to put into certain games, maybe. Uh, that would be one way to re really invigorate it. Um, maybe some awards or whatever for you playing these different games. Uh, just get it an, a, an additional benefit to um, the current reward program. Hey, you're you not only when you buy games, but if you're playing these games and depending on how long you've played them, uh, depending on how many achievements you got in it, we'll give you five bucks or well, you know what whatever the game may be. Uh, well, however they would figure out those rewards, and over time you could stack that up. I think that would be pretty cool uh, to elevate it. But honestly, I think it's in a place where if it's not broke, don't fix it. There's so many other things that we need to be focusing on, like games actually release and complete. And instead, we have games like Jedi Survivor that six months later they announced that it's coming to the previous generation, which we didn't think was going to happen. Um, and then now we're getting a, a 60 frames mode that actually works as intended, a performance mode that actually works at 60 frames. So it's like, I think there's other things that we need to focus on first um, before we need to think about the achievement system. And Starfield, again, is, is still going to add on to that conversation because it does have bugs in it. And you could still get in there and say, oh, well, you know, it still doesn't match the quality that I was expecting for first party. And Xbox still doesn't have it together. And if this is what top quality is, then we're doomed. If, I mean, if that's how you feel, uh, I can't change that. Uh, I, I don't agree with that take, but. It's, it's still going to be a, a point of contention for everybody. So, oh, brother, 
<laughs> no, I was I was just. Well, what what happened? Something I said or was something new? No, what, no, no, no. What you see? What you see? Bro, these guys. I love people Starfield stop. takes. I love it. They just never. St- Gaz made a post. Shout out to Gaz. Shout out to Sauce. Made a post about how what we talked about a few weeks ago, right, Steel? All this talk about Baldur's Gate 3 mm-hmm. and you know, PS5 exclusive and how everybody was so hyped for it on that side. And mm-hmm. I told everybody, I want to see them screenshots. I want to see them video clips of Baldur's Gate 3. And of course, we've seen very little to none from most of the people that were claiming they were going to play the hell out of Baldur's Gate 3. We all knew this was coming. We all knew it was fake. A lot of it. There's certain people out there that are fans of it, and that's great. Didn't it release he, on the uh, on the 6th also? Yes. Yes, and you haven't huh. seen. They're still talking about Starfield. <laughs> we need Spider-Man 2 real quick. Anyways, Gaz made that post about not seeing anybody, not, not seeing any of the ponies, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. posting about Baldur's Gate 3. And... Of course, now, even so though, good. even though, yeah, and even though that side is the instigators in all of this because they all claim Xbox don't play games and they never post about their games because they got nothing to play, right? And it's always, oh, post your screenshots. Why don't I see screenshots? Oh, I just, I just looked, I just uh, searched your, uh, your entire account for hashtag Xbox share. There's nothing there. They do this all the time. Well, Gaz has got a bunch of people jumping in there. Oh, they're too busy playing the game. They're just not talking about it on, on, on Twitter. Mm. Maybe you should start playing Starfield instead of spending all your time on Twitter. So Gaz posted his time played. He's over three days played. Hours. So am I. Okay. He's got 80, of a, 80 out of 1,000 achievements. So what do you think the next thing is? 80, 80 out of 1,000 achievements? That just means you left the game on. These that's, guys... That's not how that works. That, these people are not real gamers these people do not and i don't care if they're being intellectually dishonest i don't even i don't even care anymore if they understand i'm gonna i'm gonna say that you're not a gamer if you're coming with these types of arguments or these this type of nonsense because the fact is i've got i think 50 or 60 out of a thousand with over 60 hours in because i'm not doing the mainline quests because i'm not doing the faction quests these people just never stop. They're not, they're not true gamers. They're not. And again, I, I, I'm not that dude who wants to gatekeep. I don't like the class warfare system. You guys all know that, but there is a subsect of people out here who are only here because gaming so happens to be popular nowadays and they want to be a part of the conversation and they want to get their ego boost from posting on X and Twitter and, and fighting the console war. No they truly aren't at heart gamers. What I would consider a gamer, somebody who is, loves and is passionate about this industry they're not no they're, way. they're not they're clowns man i just it's unbelievable <laughs> no no way i mean again i mean the, the game's so good that they're playing it man i mean look it's not, i i don't know whose screenshots that i'm sharing or videos that i'm sharing um i just found them on i just found them on youtube and i downloaded them and i uploaded them on twitter um that's what I'm saying. Because I, I just want to, I'm just pretending and, that I'm playing. And I don't even judge people that way. I don't even tell, I don't even think that people have to post things to prove that they're playing games or that that's, mm-hmm. some people just aren't posters like that. Some people just don't interact that way. And that's cool with me too. But these people that just, 
again, at every single turn, it just never stops with them. They can't take an L. They never will. Again, there's no point in even arguing with them or spending energy on them because they just, they continuously find new ways to be stupid and show, yeah. And show that they have really no passion or love for this gaming industry. I, they, they don't, they think, they think that console warring is passion. It's not, it's not at the end of the day. Um, it, it's, it's not at all. It's one thing to have a bias. It's one thing to say you have your favorite system. It's one thing to say you don't care about a system like I do with Nintendo. I don't care about Nintendo, but this fact of tearing down other people all the damn time, because yeah, it's man. not your thing. Ah, man, it's just, that's just not a part of being a gamer, man. It's not anyways. Sorry, uh, I, I was just saw it on Twitter. I was laughing. I, I was geez. no, that that is funny. Stupid. That is funny. Uh, Fahim real quick says, uh, to be fair, Microsoft had to basically rob them of a great game. Uh, who knew the games were going to be what? great, Fahim? Rob them? You know, you know, you you, you know. That's I, I'm not. You know, I'm not going to take you literally. I'm not going to point right. you out. Yeah, no, um, no, Fahim, because we don't. I mean, okay, I mean, all's fair in love and war and business, and, and Sony has zero problem doing the same damn thing so my, my the only thing that i'll say to add on to that is yeah. to say that it's a great game i thought the game was boring <laughs> i mean i'm not, and i'm not saying that you're saying that but yeah. Yeah. i i've also seen that point be made and you're you're not the person again i don't bring things up here unless i that unless that i've seen these things um used for conversation pieces or heard these things that's the only reason i say i say a lot of that uh a lot of that stuff because it does bring conversation pieces in right again i i just i don't know uh nobody nobody expected for this game to be what it is i couldn't have never expected for this game to be what it is and if the game was um I would have hoped that if PlayStation would have had the game that it would, they would have released it on PC also, or else I would have just missed out on the game and waited for it to come to PC. Um, if that was the, been the strategy that they played with it. Um, and that would have been unfortunate. Right. And there's also no telling that they, Sony would have got in there and actually helped out with the team and done maybe some of the behind the scenes things that they needed to get done uh, for the game to release in the condition that it did. Maybe Sony has the game be released last year when they, Todd said he put that date and pen and it's basically etched in stone. Um, and then it got pushed back from that etched in stone date. Visible ink. So, you know, maybe that would have been the case. I think it would have been, which would have put this game in a very weird pace. Now, does the, can the conversation also kind of lead to where was this game? I mean, we did it with Halo. Where was this game at a year ago in comparison to where it is at right now? That would have been funny to see. And I do think that the game would have had even deeper cuts in it. And I'm glad that they pushed it out um, and felt like polishing it more was um, was an important thing for them to do. Because you can tell. Again, still issues, but it's just n- nobody knew that this game was going to be what it was um, going to drive the except for maybe Bethesda fans. Uh, no, seeing it drive conversation the way that it has. Um, it's also going to, it's going to be interesting to see if it does have that same Elden Ring effect where again, and that's even that is much, it's still very different because souls games are, are literally niche, but that's the games are not niche. There's a lot of game, people who have played those games. There's a lot of people who hold those games at a high standard and typically in the 
gaming communities that I've kind of been a, a part of, there's not a lot of people who don't know what those games are. Whereas, yeah, maybe you could say some of that for Souls games, but there's a reason why people don't play those games, right? Uh, the same reason why RTS games have become niche because it's just it's not what it used to be because how gaming has kind of evolved right now it can be back there again when you see a game like Baldur's Gate 3 CRPG top-down style has that RTS kind of perspective to it now is it an RTS no it's CRPG it's a role-playing game uh, it's Dungeons and Dragons it's a lot of these different elements that are com combining together um, but even that is even that is different so it's just looking at how every uh, these different things evaluate against each other um, I think is a unique thing to get into too. So, but anyway, um, I honestly don't have much else uh, outside of, cause I think we touched on the PlayStation raising the price of um, their services last week. Yep, I know, we I know, I know it was a little, uh, we touched on it quick, but there's really not much to say on it. Uh, again, Xbox did the thing, did that to us. People responded. They changed the price back. Uh, Paying for online is paying for online, man. I mean, is it something that you should settle for? No, uh, especially from when you're not getting anything of a benefit for it. Uh, mm. But if you're in that ecosystem, maybe you have a different argument than I do for you. I don't. Uh, so God Emperor Sofa King said 300K on Steam for Starfield. Uh, that's all. Uh, so again, that's higher than it was before. So the numbers are raising. It's the weekend. Yep. We can yep. see how those uh, how that continues to rise. I mean, yeah. more clips, more videos that people see coming from come from there. Also, Steam typically has a pretty reliable review system. I mean, anybody can review bomb anything, uh, but yeah. typically Steam weeds that out a little bit better. Uh, typically, right? It's not always mm -hmm. dependent on that. But uh, I did a I did a little bit deeper combing. I did a uh, kind of a filter that did that filtered out people for only. I wanted to see people who played anywhere between five hours to 30 hours, that time period that people said that was boring. Um, and even in that time period, because right now, Starfield has a mostly positive. Um, when I when I filtered it down, it had a more positive kind of rating. So it, it went down a little bit. Uh, but still, even with that and taking into consideration, it was mostly, it still had that on the side of a lot of people enjoying themselves outside of like performance things that people are complaining about, people not paying attention to what the recommended specs are for games. Again, we had to look at all those things back in the day. That was like, you always had to pay attention to recommended specs to make sure that you were going to be able to play that next game that was going to release. Crisis was, that's why Crisis was so big when it, when it came out. Um, you see a lot of that, but overall, seems like it's doing well on PC. Uh, people were bringing up the the stores of the game uh, on uh, on the Xbox store. Yep. Uh, the Xbox store reviews are always completely garbage. Um, they, are, I mean, they also it's tied in with PC, I believe. Uh, so people, anybody that's playing it on PC, because um, you see PC reviews and whatnot in those Xbox reviews. Um, and they're talking about the performance and whatnot. So I don't think that necessarily gives it credence. But again, uh, open critic, like I agree with Pong, is probably going to be your best uh, feeling of evaluation. And you kind of yeah. go from there. Overall. Yeah, it's overall. And they don't take into account some of the smaller stupid sites like that 
four out of 10 that showed up on Metacritic uh, dropped uh, it dropped Starfield again, another point on Metacritic, which is unfortunate, like an open critic hasn't changed. Um, so they don't take, they don't give weight to uh, a lot of the smaller site reviews, um, which can be both good and bad. But at the same time, again, when people try to drop these four out of tens and these five out of tens late, um, you know, open critic is not affected. That's why it's hung around at 88, which is good. Which is dope. So, yeah, open yeah. critic is definitely, and they brought that yeah. up. Oh, well, you trust open critic. What do you do? Metacritic. Um, anyway, um, Dragon Heart, you'll be with the five. I saw him saying a little bit of this earlier, I believe. Uh, he said, I believe MS is working on integrating ClipChamp into Xbox. It is a yeah. part of 365 uh, subscription. So hopefully it fills that void that Upload Studio had when it left. Possibly. Yeah. I think they bought them a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago now, because I remember when Jez talked about it um, and said that he had hoped the same thing, that they would find a way to integrate it uh, or some form of it, at least into, um, you know, Xbox for sharing things. So that would be great. Yeah, but the Xbox needs something like CapCut or whatever. Uh, CapCut is super dope, too. It's something that's yeah. easy to use. You can get it on your phone. You can use it on your PC, um, yeah. and it's free to use. So if they got something in there that will be very intuitive and easy for people to get access to and runs well, because that's the other yeah. thing. Again, you're, you're trying to do so many things with one console that's limited to do that's limited to a certain amount of hardware, Whereas like PCs have more hardware to do more things. Like they're not just gaming things. Like there's a reason why you get good hardware to do video editing and just um, and other music and other forms of editing. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Hopefully it doesn't use too much resources or they come up with something creative for that to be used. So, um, What else is there? It's pretty, pretty much it. Uh, from everything that I'm seeing from for us to get into, uh, I know there's some more Switch 2 rumors that have been out there kind of lingering. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of stuff is kind of a salt field type of thing. Uh, apparently, Final Fantasy VII Remake is supposed to be coming on uh, at the Switch 2 release. So that's extremely interesting. And people were saying that uh, the game actually looked pretty good on the Switch mm-hmm. 2. Uh I think our kind of predictions on the Switch 2 being more in line with like a Xbox One, PlayStation 4 were pretty accurate. Uh, the other thing too is since the Switch is more in line with NVIDIA and their hardware and, their, and the software that they're, that they're using, there's a lot more opportunities for Nintendo to be able to take advantage of that, especially with DLS 3. Um, oh, I mean, again, a DLS 3.0 right now, DLSS 3.0 right now, um, even for Starfield, for an example, if you're from standard, if you're doing like 70 to 80 frames uh, with DLS 3, with the mods that that they're putting in there right now, um, you can get almost about a 50% boost. Uh, So it bumps it up from about 80 frames to about 130 frames. Um, in Starfield, 145 frames, I think I was saying. I don't know if that's 100% accurate, but if they can get that working in the Switch, that's going to be a godsend for them because you can take a a six a 500p image upscale to 1080p uh, with DLSS, and especially if you can keep giving it software-based updates too, uh, that is going to work really well for them. And I think it was going to be very um strategically smart for them in the industry currently especially if the um if they do keep backwards compatibility that's going to be another huge boon for them if they do that they have a potential to where even if they sell the device at four hundred dollars uh which i'm kind of expecting so if it is going to be all these things that people are mentioning it's going to be a 399 device and if it is and it does all those things that people are mentioning 
I think they're going to sell another. Uh, it's going to go crazy. That'll be well worth it because it doesn't need to be a PC because other people will figure out how to do those things. It just needs to uh, play your games at a better standard than what they were playing playing at previously um, and kind of get up with the times, right? So, and I know Nintendo has some deals with Microsoft uh, with Azure. I don't know how they're going to work those servers in um, or whether uh, Microsoft is actually going to help them with their online backend because Nintendo needs a lot of help there. But again, uh, I'm I'm interested, man. I mean, a bigger screen, bigger device, more access to more titles, better quality. I mean, it's what we're kind of been asking for, right? Well, they, they supposedly had the Matrix demo running on it too, um, which is impressive, even at 30 frames on that device. Yeah, I mean, again, it was. It's gonna be, it's gonna be for you know that hardware specific, so it's right. not gonna be the same exact yeah, resolution nah, and stuff that we got change, on this, yeah. on series and, and PlayStation Five when we got that demo. Um, but at the same time, uh, the fact that they can get it up and running on that gives me hope at least that Nintendo is getting closer, um, to, you know, current gen. Um, it's not, but I mean, like you said with NVIDIA, with NVIDIA, with the tech over there, and obviously NVIDIA is ahead of AMD in some, in Uh, in a lot of ways. So yeah, um, it is going to give them a boost. Um, if that's the case, uh, the fact that they're talking about it, the fact that they've acknowledged that they wouldn't see uh, that we wouldn't see any new hardware before April of next year or something like that. I think it actually Nintendo, uh, one of the officials at Nintendo said that somewhere I read this week as well. The fact that they're even acknowledging this, I mean, I think is, is there's too much smoke at this point. Obviously, it's happening um, and it's about time. It's about it's about damn time. Is, is it an, is it going to be enough to get me to buy a new switch? Whatever they're going to call this thing? Uh, probably not. <laughs> but we'll see the, but it's good for third-party developers um they'll have an easier time getting their games on a updated switch versus now which is good in turn for nintendo gamers nintendo only gamers um they'll have more opportunity to purchase third-party games which let's be real most of them don't per yeah. se uh you know the third party is way overshadowed by nintendo first party when you when you get into their owners but at the same time i i think it is good to hear that nintendo's at least moving forward further than maybe even we gave them credit for a little bit we'll see when, it, when the final specs come out we'll see what it can do um but it'll be interesting it'll be interesting to see how to the developers with. over there too mm-hmm. their first party developers have been absolute magicians like the zelda team that got tears of the kingdom to run on that switch i again hats off to them i mean like, xenoblade I, chronicles 3 from what i've seen too is xenoblade chronicles 3 too wild too so yeah, it'll be interesting to see like if they make this bump how these developers take advantage and what the new games look like right mm-hmm. and what they you know what kind of leap we see from these developers who've been forced to use this out-of-date mobile tech for so damn long right so um more freedom for them which means maybe different experiences maybe something that really really does catch my eye that that maybe eventually you know i want to switch for so a new switch for so we'll see uh always great to hear though um you know it's gonna it's gonna be a it's gonna be a big news day when they officially announce that thing and it's gonna be huge so yep um, um Eastside Vandal, you keep saying that Starfield's doing so many different things to me. Um, he, he just his most recent one said, Sid Rain introduced Starfield to his kids so they would be comfortable with her coming over all the time. Well, You're so stupid. Like, He's just been saying like crazy little random <laughs> shit. He said he said uh, earlier, he said Steel Rain took Starfield art out to the bar so she could meet all of his friends. 
<laughs> what is this? He, what is this? He started Starfield in its own identity for me for, for some yeah, reason. Yeah, no, 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 no doubt, man. Um, Dr- Yobi says, uh, I believe Nintendo won't go into full speed with Switch 2 until they pass PS2's lifetime sales. I could be wrong, but they are almost there. I, I think they're going to go into it as soon as possible. I mean, they can, right? They can literally take their time, too, with this, gener- with this next generation that they do because... I believe that they have to kind of be on the money this time around. They can't be too far behind, at least handheld wise. Um, You've made the switch. The first switch last, what was it been about six years? Longer than that, hasn't it? Has it been six years only? They've never done a price drop either. See, this this is the genius with Nintendo. They've never done a price drop. They've sold this many without dropping their price. So if they do come out with new hardware, think about this. Even if they haven't hit that record yeah, number. Yeah, six years. Yeah, okay, six years. If they haven't hit that record number, it doesn't matter. They drop a new Switch, and then they drop the price of the old Switch just by 50 bucks, 100 bucks if they really get crazy. But let's just say 50 bucks. Nintendo history. They'll have a whole new group of people who finally go out and just buy a Switch. So they will continue to sell the Switch. If history tells us anything... Their old hardware outside of the Wii U, okay, outside of the Wii U, their old hardware continues to sell even when they introduce new hardware. Um, That's the genius and magic of Nintendo. Again, all props to them and their business model and what they do over there. They print money. They make money off of every single thing that comes out of that that factory over there. Everything. So they're going to continue to push the Switch. The Switch will continue to sell. A new group of people will buy them because there's a whole established library. And once that price drops enough, it becomes a no brainer for a lot of people to say, "Ah, I've always wanted to jump into tears of the kingdom or always wanted to get Xenoblade Chronicles or whatever the case may be. That price point hits the right number and they'll go fine. Finally, I'll hop in. Fine. I want to go. Yeah. Especially that switch OLED or the regular. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that dropping. Yeah. Yeah. They dropped that price down 150 bucks. So you get, you can get the new one. This you can, or you can get the trade in value yep. for yeah, bro. So, yep, people, it's, it's people will continue stupid. to buy a switch yep. for 150, 149 out the door. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. it would, it would enti- even 200. I think people would jump, uh, if they've been holding off and just said, ah, this is not enough over there for me. It'd be kind of, uh, yeah, that's kind of, yeah, you start to get to that price point where people are like, okay, fine, I want to go try this stuff out again. Not me personally, but and there's plenty of games out there for it, too. That's yeah, the other thing, that's what too. I'm saying. You got this huge. Established library. library. Now, now that hold their value too. That's the bad the, thing. The, the talk steal. If Nintendo does what I think they're going to do, what? No backwards compatibility. That's going to be the conversation. I thought Jeff Grubb was was saying that they that they were going to do backwards compatibility though. No, if they don't do backwards compatibility, that's going to that's Nintendo. that is going to that is going to hurt. Oof. Um well, now now overall, it's, it's not, not them, it's, it's not if you drop the price to 149 199 with the new device being at 400 that's not going to hurt them right if they say no backwards compatibility yeah. but you can get yeah. this device for 150 200 bucks and you can or you can get the new one for 400 bucks i mean it's going to be kind of a give and take people are going to be trading their systems in to get the new one yep. buying more and then buying more software at yep. maybe they raise the price to 70 dollars for all their games at that point um if they mm, follow oh, the trend they will they will um, if they zelda the was 70 right was it yeah zelda tears of kingdom was 70 damn that's crazy mm-hmm. Uh yeah. Yeah. That's 
<laughs> Dental's I, not one to pass up money, though. They'll do it. Uh, That's why I'm saying I, I don't, don't think they do backwards compatibility. I don't agree with that. Bro. They're gonna have enhanced oh. versions of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom within the launch year. For Zelda on the Switch. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. But you bought um, it. Didn't you remember spending seventy? I thought you bought it for the wife. Didn't you? No, I haven't. She had. Uh, oh. She hasn't had a chance to be able to play it yet. So. Oh, okay. I haven't even started it. Looked at it. Nothing. Um. So it's still completely. Out of there. I was going to, but it's time. Um, gotcha. Yeah. So, um, let's see what we got. Yeah, it's seventy bucks. I just double checked it. That is so crazy, yeah. bro. Yeah, it is crazy. Um, anyway. let's see what else we got. Little news, and we'll get everybody out of here because it's already been over four hours since we yeah. just had another huge Starfield day again. Thank you all for rocking out with us. Uh, Forza Motorsport previews again drop next week, mm, September eleventh. Mm-hmm. Get ready for that. We're going to be hearing a lot of news from a lot of different influences. They invited a lot of people out there. Dealer, I think Colts touched it. Booms touched it. Like we're going to be getting voices from all over the community. Nice plus, of course, pause. the big, the, you know, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Pause. Uh, plus the, the big sites, of course, will be there too, but we'll get a lot of info on Forza Motorsports this next coming week and what people are feeling about it. Um, I've already seen the circus start up already. So get ready for it. Forza Motorsport is looking like Forza, two and three i think i've seen this week so far steel um so. yeah same graphics um as four is a two and three same car models steel they haven't done anything um mm. so get ready for that it'll be another round of this nonsense um what else we got uh, a couple of small oh tokyo game show uh this week interestingly enough phil spencer will be at tokyo game show again he put that out on twitter also added that they will be talking new games for game pass at the Tokyo game show. So, and they, and he did confirm they are specifically, obviously, of course, focused on the Eastern style games with the Tokyo game show. But he did say there will be new game pass announcements at the Tokyo game show. At least that's how it read his statement. So keep your eyes open. That is September 21st. Of course it is on Japanese time. So it is going to start at 2 a.m. Pacific time which is four o'clock me and steel central time five o'clock in the morning eastern time yeah for all of you out there so (laughs) yeah nice early morning so i'll be waking up to all the news whatever they talk about there i'm not staying up that night um what else oh todd howard this week in interview as well was asked about indiana jones steel and he Mm. talked about again how much he's loving what machine games is doing they're doing a great job um, and then he said, we'll talk to you next year. So he basically confirmed that we're going to see Indiana Jones next year, um, 2024, uh, not necessarily release it, but they're going to at least talk about it. I'm, I'm, I imagine it'll be at the showcase um, next year, unless they do uh, a direct or something where they, they first show it off. And then the showcase, they do kind of a big blowout again, if it's, if it's close, um, you know, Previous interviews leading up to Starfield, he had indicated in the, um, was it the GQ article? I think it was a GQ article. He had indicated that they were halfway done with Indiana Jones in development. Mm. Now, whether or not that's literal or whether that's just Todd throwing that out in an interview, like, hey, we're about halfway done with Indiana Jones development wise. So we could be, I you know, we could be two years away. Um, from Indiana Jones, but we'll see. Um, but again, we should hear about it next year. 
Uh, so a lot of people are going to be excited for that being that it is an exclusive, that it is Indiana Jones, that this is another pet project of Todd's that he's always wanted to make this Indiana Jones games, pitched it multiple times to Disney, just never worked out. And now he's getting to make it. So yeah, he's had a lot of his hands in Starfield, but uh, Indiana Jones, I'm sure is getting plenty of his attention over at machine games. So it'll be interesting to see how that turns out. Um, 2025 for Indiana Jones. I don't know about that, but we'll definitely see. It, it, yeah, it could be. Could be. Uh, we'll, I mean, if it's we'll a big see. full, like I said, it always depended on how big the game was going to be. Because I said I wouldn't have minded an episodic Indiana Jones where they released like the 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 main hub of the game right with adventures, yeah, and then just continues to give us updates with a new location off in the world, a new treasure to find or new, you know, whatever you want to say, a whole new mission or whatever the case may be and make it episodic, kind of like a TV series or a, or a movie where we got those. But it sounds like they're making a full bodied game. Like this is going to be a full, you know, experience um, and a big game, a big AAA game from Machine Games, which is awesome. I can't, I can't freaking wait. Um, apparently Starfield hit 325K. Oh, here we go. Far, We're climbing. So. We're climbing. It's it's, it's, they, it, it, it's moving again. Um, not surprised. Uh, you know, fuzzy fuzzy thought it could do a million, two million concurrent stream users. I said, yeah, fuzz. I said you got a chance, but I said that it, that's a little high. But I said you got a chance, I guess, depending on how it takes off. But if it gets over four hundred thousand, um, that'll be a big moment for them. Four hundred thousand on this game, uh, with as much discourse around it, with it being available on Game Pass and PC Game Pass. That'd be a pretty big moment for him. Four hundred thousand would definitely be big. It, like I said, it's already it's doing, impressive. It's well, yeah. yeah, it's already impressive because it's held these numbers the entire time. Still, like, sure, there's been dips, but it's been consistently from that early access weekend on in the two hundred thousands, like plus. So it's been consistently in that range. That's dope pretty damn good. Yeah, exactly. Definitely dope to see. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, we're going to go ahead and wind things down here. Um, definitely appreciate you guys rocking with us this fine afternoon now, morning into the afternoon. Uh, let's see. Do we do we get into this day in gaming? We got some yes, classics sir. in here that uh, we can mention. Uh, one of the most grateful systems. Uh, so let's get into it and uh, wind things on down. All right. So this day in gaming. Uh, hopefully it's on screen. Yes, it is. Perfect. All right. So this day in gaming was going to be, this is September 9th. We're starting in 1985. And again, if you're in case you're curious, maybe you're new here. Um, the reason we do this day in gaming is because gaming is already should be treated as such. So we go back about 30 years, maybe more, maybe less sometimes of gaming history um, on whichever day the podcast lands on. Um, just so we can kind of remember where we came from and be grateful for where we are today. So uh, we're going to start off in 1985 with, in Japan on the NES with Battle City. Ooh. Uh, next, this is one of my favorite Ooh, games yes. growing yes. up. Uh, this is one of my most memorable games that I've played, uh, emulated on PC since I've been mm -hmm. young. I feel like it's always been on whatever PC that I was that I had, um, whether that had been my godparents or whatever, whatever the case. And that's going to be um, on Genesis, though. You got Gun Star. 
Heroes. Fantastic. What a freaking Gunstar Heroes is such an amazing game. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite games. Um, shout out to Gunstar Heroes. One of my most memorable games um, when I think back about any game, really. Um, I think that's why I, why I fell in love with Metal Slug because it was kind of it was along that same line. You know, they had other games that were of that ilk too. So, um, then in 1995, oh, you got PlayStation releasing PlayStation. There you go. PlayStation released on PlayStation, huh? Yeah, PlayStation released PlayStation. Okay. Mm, uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Then in 1998, PlayStation released Parasite Eve. I remember that being a big nice. like conversation piece. For Parasite me. Eve needs to come back. Um, great psychological RPG type game. Um, Parasite Eve is a classic in every sense of the word. Parasite Eve is weird, wacky, wild, scary, all of it. Uh, and definitely should be coming back at some point. Uh, Parasite Eve is is beloved by a lot of people, and it's That's rightfully dope. so. It was it was way ahead of its time at, at that time when it launched first. Um, really cool game. Uh, real quick too, Steel. Yeah. Also, since it fits into this day in gaming, yeah. Maybe it's oh, it's in here. Never mind. You're coming up to it. Never mind. I oh, see. It. Okay. Never mind. You're coming I'm about up to say. It. Yeah. Um, <laughs> then in 1998, uh, PlayStation released Spyro the Dragon, uh, another Spyro. one of my favorite games growing up. Yeah. Yep, um, one of the few games I got my sister to play, too. Oh, really? Spyro. Yeah, Spyro, yeah. Spyro got the attention of a lot of people. Bubble Bobble and Spyro. I could get her to play both of those. Okay. So, both yep. good games. Both very good. Oh, games. Bubble Bobble. Oh, my God. Both good bro. games. Oh, my God. Uh, then in 99, the Dreamcast released. That's what I was about cats. to say, bro. Nine, nine, <laughs> ninety-nine. One of the the greatest midnight launch I have ever been to in my entire life at Funko Land before it became GameStop. Nine ninety-nine. A very, very special night. Uh, just unbelievable. Played Dreamcast for nearly thirty-six hours straight. I think we did. Um, yeah, me and my <laughs> me and my buddy back then that we were living together. Obviously, we had the bachelor pad going. We had two other friends over. We had all the party favors you could think of. Um, and we sat down and we just rocked Dreamcast for like 36 hours. Actually had to return my first Dreamcast because the disk drive went out on it. That was oh, a known wow. issue. Had to return it. Thankfully, they still had one because I called them up. It, like it happened like early the next morning. Called them up as soon as they opened, said Dreamcast. I said, the disk drive isn't working. They're like, we happen to, we happen to got a couple in um, on the shipment uh, this morning. Go ahead and bring it on in and we'll swap it out for you. Had to go swap it out, brought it back home and continue playing. Um, just a special launch, the greatest launch lineup of games in history. I think I bought six Slow. the first night. Um, just an absolutely amazing system. Yes. Um, and again, I miss Sega so much in the console business. It, it, it really was a travesty when they went out. But shout out to Dreamcast, 24 years old today. Uh, or on the 9th, it was yeah, today, 20, 24 years old. Just absolutely amazing. I still have my 9999 shirt. I post it every year. I didn't post it this morning. I might have to do that. Uh, but uh, anyways, uh, yeah, just greatest memories ever. Shout out to Dreamcast, definitely. Yep. Um, I yep. do agree with Yo, that. Yo, what up, Slomo? Um, then in 99, we also got uh, on the Dreamcast Sonic Adventure. Uh, shout out to Sonic Adventure for really starting off that series. Sonic Adventure 2, again, um, is the better game for me. Uh, one, one of my most, that's one of my favorite Sonic games. Uh, I'm a Sonic fan anyway, but, uh, but shout, shout out to Sonic Adventure. Sonic Adventure, my favorite too. Uh, Sonic Adventure 2 is is just simply brilliant. It's an, it's an immaculate Sonic yeah. game. Yeah, like it's just, 
stupid. Stupid how good the game is. Um, then in 2001, uh, the Game Boy Advance released Advance Wars. I know a lot of people are uh, definitely stand behind that one. Fantastic. Shout out to Grub, his favorite one. Uh, one of his favorite games of all time. Uh, Advance Wars is simply fantastic. I stole my kids' uh, Game Boy uh, for quite a while to uh, play Advance Wars. Nice. <laughs> yeah. uh, then in 2002 on PC, you had Emperor Rise of the Middle Kingdom. Okay. Um, then in 2002, Strategy. on Game Boy Advance, you had Mega Man Zero. Shout out to Mega Man. Shout Capcom Mega is Man. supposedly working on bringing it back. Um, again, so. why it died off, I have no idea. They're trying to figure out how to make it relevant just, in 2023. I guess but, people fell off. See, yeah. It's a quick little side conversation. What did do it to Mega Man, man? Like, I, I really want to know, know because that's literally where my entire obsession of people in suits came from, is Mega Man. Like when I really think about it, Mega Man, like so, like my most like early childhood memories that are like that I really hold dear near to my heart, and I don't know if I'm ever going to accomplish it. But I wanted to grow up and build a Mega Man suit. Then that kind of escalated into Iron Man and things of that nature. But Mega Man was really the the first one that pulled my attention to that. Um, there was other things too uh, that that got me in there, but uh, like Gundam, of course, I'm not. But uh, it's just crazy to see how that concept of a character just fell off so hard. And it's like I, I would imagine that that would be one of the games that would kind of would have would have been able to stand the test of time compared to other IP. I don't know. Yeah, you'd think so. Um, again, I was never a Mega Man stand on any stretch of imagination. I've, I've never been a huge Metroidvania fan. I, of course, I played a lot of Metroid and a lot of Mega Man back on the NES days. I had a buddy who was a huge Mega Man fan. Um, yeah, great, great games. Uh, but at the same time, I just, I, I don't know. I think it happened during the whole X series of Mega Man where the popularity just dropped off outside of the east if i remember correctly steel they just couldn't sell worldwide mega mans and they just kind of let it go and of course capcom went through their down period and all that kind of stuff where they were reevaluating things and and not doing uh very good at all um but that's my biggest memory i think during the x series mega man games it just it just trailed off yeah um, that's so, what I want, Sofa King. 3D Mega Man. That's what I want. Yeah, no, that's what. That's what and I've to. I've made that suggestion, right? Go the Metroid route, right? Go Metroid Prime with Mega Man. Do that. Even if you go did a third person, person Mega Man go, game, go, right? go, yeah, but go for. I think even first person. You pull first Mega Man into cool. that'd be pretty. If you pulled it off like you, they, they did with Metroid, it would be freaking fantastic. Like at that. Um, I think that's a cool, that would be a cool way, but we'll see what they decide to do. Obviously, they're doing really well. Uh, you know, obviously they see the success, I should say. Um, Capcom does of Sonic coming back, right? And Sonic trying yeah. to make a return. So not that not that Mega Man was ever to the level of Sonic. I'm not saying that, but what I'm saying is they look over at Mega Man, they know it's still a well-known character. Like it's still a beloved character. Why not try to bring it back? I hope they figure out a way to do it the right way, uh, whatever they decide. So Mega Man's Facts. Mega Man's classic, man. Shout out to Mega Man. Yeah. Um, then in 2003 on PlayStation 2, you got Hunter the Reckoning Wayward. Hmm. Okay. Yep. Good game. Um, then in 2004 in Japan, you got on PlayStation 2 Blood Will Tell. Uh, there's one I've never okay. heard of. Never heard of Blood okay. Will Tell. Uh, then in 2004 in Japan, you got PlayStation 2 uh, with King of Colosseum 2. Okay. 
Yeah, shout out to Tim the Sorcerer. Yes, Bubble Bobble, Tim. one of the best platformers with a friend ever made. Correct. Me and my sister put so many hours into Bubble Bobble. So many hours. It's so awesome. Absolutely. Then in 2004 on PlayStation 2, you had Resident Evil Outbreak file number two. Shout out to Resident Evil. Resident Evil. <laughs> um, then in 2008 um, on PlayStation 3 and the 360, you had NHL 09. Shout out to NHL. I played one year of NHL. Um, I think it was nineties. Was, was on cartridge. No, that's when. They, that's when I, I mean, I, I probably, of course, have played. Probably played those back in the day. Um, yeah. But I was thinking about more recent. I don't know if it was like nineteen something like that. Maybe it was a yeah. little bit. Of, maybe it was I, older I, than that. That was my first time ever really remembering playing uh, playing hockey. It was pretty cool. It was. We used to have tons of tournaments. Uh, what was it? Chat, remind me, I think it's, is it 93 or 94? It's considered one of the best NHL games of all time. Um, yeah, yeah. We had lots of tournaments when I worked at Funko Land. Uh, close the doors, lock up, and we'd have NHL tournaments. And I'm not even a hockey fan like that. Even though, I grew, even though I've grown up in Minnesota, I'm still not a hockey fan. Um, but at the same time, that game was legit. Like, that was so much fun back in the day. Uh, God, EA in their prime, their sports division in their prime. Who boy, Doing second only to second only to 2K. Uh second only to 2K in their prime. Tim says 94. 94. Thank you, Tim. Yep. Yeah, I knew uh, it was 93 or 94. I couldn't remember which one. Um Yobi says, do a new Mega Man X entry in 3D. That's I would like to see. Uh, I think that'd be dope. Yeah. But all right. Then in 2008 on the PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3, and Xbox 360, uh, you had TNA Impact. Shout out to that. Uh, then yep. 2008 on the DS and the Wii, you have yes. The Price is Right. Shout out to The Price is Right. Yes. Godspeed, Bob Barker again. And Thanks. I know it's been a couple of weeks since he passed, but uh, yep, Price is Right, just huge part of my childhood. Huge. So many hours. Then in uh, 2008 on um, PlayStation 2, you had Yakuza 2. Shout out to that. Love Yakuza. Uh, then it's Did you see the new? Oh, by the way, sorry, yeah. side wow. tangent, real quick, Steel. You see the new uh, Yakuza? What what do they call it now? My God, the the man without a name, the man who lost his name, the man yeah, who something gave, like that. Yeah, bro, I can't stand their naming. They should have just stuck with Yakuza. I can't stand it. Anyways, doesn't matter. The games are great. You know you can play Sega arcade games in Yakuza's, right? Old I've seen classic. Do that, yeah. Okay. All you Sega heads out here, listen up. If you didn't know this week, the new one that's coming out, the man who lost his name, the man who forgot his name, whatever the hell that title is. They are having a, we'll call it, should I say a remake, remaster. In the arcade, you are going to be able to play Daytona USA 2. 2. This is the first time it's been officially released outside of Japan, I believe, in their arcades. So all you Sega heads, Daytona USA 2 will be playing. I saw people that are literally just going to buy this game to go play Daytona USA 2. So that's going to be a big mover for them. That is crazy to think about. Never did I ever think that there would come a day where I'd be playing full arcade games inside of games like this. And that Sega would make the decision to put Daytona USA 2 into a Yakuza game. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. They're going to sell a lot of copies just off of that steal. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Namamar said, like a dragon, guide the man who erased his Race name. his name. Thank you. Thank you. I knew somebody out there. Ah, and depending on how the uh, depending on how the uh, how that game looks, um, yeah, combat wise, I could have gotten the Yakuza. I tried them. 
um, recently, and I I didn't like the combat. I thought it was kind of weird. Didn't have that impact that I was looking for. It's too stiff. Bro, stiff. I don't know how you can say that. The whole combat is impact. It was it was stiff for me, man. Like the movement. <sighs> maybe I'm just ruined by modern gaming. Probably. Um, but, but it's, it's so just good, the bro. movement in it is just I, I don't I didn't like some of the, the cleanest graphics ever too. I just love Sega games that just have this certain style to them. They just had this clean look to the ground. I could I could just walk down the, the I could just walk down the streets in Yakuza with the lights, the clean look, the the bright colors. Like it, there's just something so special about those games. I I really love them. Yeah, I thought I thought it was I thought it was okay. Um, I jumped into the ones you guys recommended, and it was I like the story. Uh, the story was definitely the best part. Story is um, amazing too. It gets crazy too. But I would rather I'd rather watch the story than play the game. Hate you. This, this is, is the last living split screen, folks. <laughs> it's over with. Just saying. I mean, it's, it's me. I, I just don't I don't like it. Um, hey, uh, then it does it said in Japan the DS released One Piece gigantic. Gigan- this is just killing. I don't know why this is killing me. Gigant battle. Go with gigant. Gigant battle. Is yeah, that what it like is? gigantic. I don't, I don't know why. Like gigantic. This, I don't know why this is why that killed me. Like gigant that. battle. Crazy. I think it's a play off of gigantic. That Let's that go. that is so crazy that that stumped me like that. I don't know why. Um, but I did miss one. Uh, I, let me go back a little bit. 2009, PlayStation 3, Wii, and Xbox 360 <laughs> released the Beatles Rock Beatles Band. Yeah, gotta gotta shut that up. Um. I love, like those games. Uh, then in 2014, PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4, Xbox 360, and the Xbox One got Destiny. Shout out to Hell Destiny. yeah. Put a lot of hours in Destiny 1. Woo-wee. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, a lot of, I spent a lot of time in Destiny and yeah. Destiny 2, so uh, I'm not going to get into a tangent about that. Then in 2016, uh, uh, we got one of the best 2Ks. PlayStation 4, Xbox One got uh, NBA 2K17. It's a good year. Pretty good, good year for 2K. Pretty good year. Dark Zone. Yeah. Still own all my Sega systems from Sega Master System to the Sega Dreamcast. I'm a Sega fanboy. That's fair. Hell yeah, Dark Zone. Love um, it. Then 2019 PC got Greedfall. Great which... double A game. Great double A game. Fantastic Ooh. double A RPG. Me. I got to get back to that at some point. Plus, it got the next gen upgrade as well. Yes, it did. Um, I did see that. It's freaking awesome. It's freaking awesome. Love that game. Then in uh, 2022, we got NBA 2K23, which 24 just came out recently, I believe. Yes. Um, yes. So outside of that, that came out to everything, even in a Switch. And then in 2022, you got Nintendo Switch releasing Splatoon 3. Hey, uh, foam, we got uh, Foam Stars releasing uh, soon. I so know. Good. Now people are saying it's actually really good. So keep your eye out for Foam Stars. What, hey, what are saying? Low key. What did I tell low you? Low key. What are, they're saying it's going to be a great game. What, what did I tell you? I said, watch, watch Foam Stars actually be a good game. Watch, mm. watch. Mm. That's what's going to mm. be so funny about that. Everybody, yeah. As soon as y'all saw it, y'all were making f- trashing on that game. Bro, I bro. said, what? As soon as because I saw the game, I said, watch, watch that game actually be pretty fun. Special it, shout out to Mr. Joanna Dark, who says Splatoon Three is the best shooter out there. I disagree with that. That's kind of crazy. That's kind of yeah, wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for a third-person shooter, again, I haven't played Splatoon, so I don't know. But there's no way on that internet connection on that on those servers. There's no way. You, unless you're playing on PC, there's no way. 
I'm not playing that game if it's not at 60. That's crazy. <laughs> not yeah, no, I'm not. I'm good. Uh, but yep. shout out to you, man. Uh, anyway, all right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, that was your this day in gaming segment, and this is episode 118 of Living Split Screen. Again, we have entered the fifth element uh, with Starfield. Uh, I believe <laughs> there has been. There's not going to be enough conversation about this, right? I think next week we're going to end up having a conversation. I'll yeah. let you guys right know. Right now, no. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll 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 talk about it. There may be some other things going on background too. I know. Excuse me. Early access for Mortal Kombat is right around the corner. Uh, there's also some other things that are that are lining up. So we'll see. But we may have more of a spoilery conversation about Starfield and how we feel about the game itself. Uh, on a deeper level so if you guys are interested in that we may just hold off on that for some time yeah. uh, i know because i mean again neither one of us is necessarily rushing the experience um and i do want pawn to yeah. be able to get in there deeper when he can uh so i, I don't know it'll, it'll depend we may skip that overall may get that some with some other places but i know mk1 may definitely be part of that conversation i'm looking to see about getting that lined up because i'm definitely i'm i'm i am interested in that there's a fighter that i want to introduce in the rota- rotation for sure before tekken release um it's definitely going to be mortal Kombat, and those are typically the ones i'm able to get get into anyway um if i'm going to pick one i and i normally pick like one or two characters that i'm that i'm that i'm interested in i do want to see if they make cyrax a actual playable character uh because that's my dude i love cyrax uh but nonetheless enough of that uh Otogi Gamer getting Mythforce. Hey, there you go. So there, there's another one to add on there. Uh, anyway, guys, I want to say thank you for joining us on Living Split Screen, episode 118. Uh, another powerful and impactful episode there. I almost saw over four hours of content at you live, raw and uncut, especially for you audio listeners. Hopefully you can enjoy that. Got some things uh, happening this week. Going to visit my brother coming out of a basic so that's going to be an interesting time nice. before he gets sent off to tech school. Um, so I'm going to spend a little bit of time out in Texas uh, with him, uh, have a conversation, see how he feels, see see if we can get his get his get his mental right before he really gets uh. How did you do basic? So far, I mean, he seemingly yeah. he, seemingly he's doing fine uh, from the yep. letters he sent. It's a lot for it's a lot for him, right? Um, yeah, of course, Big but. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it seems like he, he's get he's getting through it, right? Uh, again, there's different. There's like multiple. There's he wasn't sent back. Um, I didn't know that was even a thing that that could be done. Um, as far as like you could be sent back yeah. to the beginning and start yeah. your yeah. whole initial period all, all over again, which pushes your time back and all and whatnot. So yep. that that's a good sign. So he seems to be moving yeah. in the right direction. It's exciting to see. Cool. I at least want to be be there for him. We're going to be driving to Texas uh, from Florida. It's going to be about a 12 hour drive. So definitely wish us the best. But um, we're going to be there for a few days, man. Uh, so I'm definitely going to miss out on some gaming time, getting some recording in. But when I yep. come back, I'll try to make sure I get something in. Maybe I'll come back right around um, when MK it is. I am going to try to bring my laptop. It's not nothing powerful or whatever, but I am going to test out um, how cloud gaming works over that, or at least remote gaming works over that, using my PC as a hub, because I don't really turn my PC off like that. So I should be able to remote in and still maybe get some Starfield gameplay in. We'll see. Um, we're going to be at an Airbnb, so uh, hopefully I'll have some pretty decent internet connection Yeah, hopefully. Uh, to still be able to get some gaming in. So that'd be dope. Um, late at night, in between times, or whatever the case, we're kicking back, chilling after that hot-ass weather we're going to be in. Uh, we're going to have some fun time. But nonetheless... 
Ladies and gentlemen, thank you. Uh, you can find me, Steel Rain. The T is a seven everywhere. Uh, there's a search bar. Google's probably going to be the easiest place. I frequent the streets of Twitter um, and in, uh, in the Xbox ecosystem, just mainly because it, they fit in tandem with each other so well. Um, Psycho said he found an alien egg. Oh, God. Uh, here we go. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> uh, but thank you guys for being here with us on episode 118. Pong, get the beautiful people out of here. Let them know where they can yeah. find you, brother. Absolutely. Uh, what a great episode. Again, thank you all uh, for tuning in to Steel and I's nonstop coverage of Starfield. Uh, that's what it has been for the past couple, two, three weeks here now. Um, but uh, we just enjoy uh, talking about this and it's the biggest uh, it's the biggest thing going in gaming right now. There's plenty coming up. There's going to be lots of good stuff again for me. I'll just be here. Rocking and rolling on Starfield, I think, for the rest of the year by the looks of things. We'll see if that changes down the road. Obviously, I'll probably get some fours in and that stuff, but there's so much coming out. That Myth Force game is something that I want to jump into eventually. God, man, 80s cartoon style. My God, I can't wait. Anyways, there's so much, but Starfield is my life right now, which I kind of assumed it was going to be. Um, but thank you all for being here again. All the love, all the support each and every single Saturday coming out here. All the people listening us to us in the future. Again, we get a lot of views after our Saturday shows as well, which is huge. Thank you all for that. Again, it's never expected, always appreciated. But those of you here right now, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you know, get out there, enjoy something for sure. Um, listen, Xbox X formerly known as Twitter Pong soul, you know, the drill there tonight, the shop podcast, PTK blams channel, uh, along with fuzzy Belvedere, along with myself. And tonight we've got a huge, huge panel. Well, let's, let's, let's put this in perspective. It's huge for, ptk show because normally we have like one maybe two tonight i believe we have a total of three if i'm not wrong i'm looking up right now i'm looking up right now let's see ptk where are you where did you do with this oh my god and of course he's got so much other stuff on his show god who's all gonna be there tonight steel let me see here um what happened to ptk blams Man, oh, man. Let's see here. Oh, yes. Here we go. So tonight on the shop podcast, PTK Blam, Fuzzy Belvedere, myself, and of course, Infinite Umbra, Game Positive, Mr. Steel Rain, and Pixelated G are all going to be on panel tonight. So seven people on the shop podcast, tons more Starfield talk. PTK is a newcomer to Bethesda games as well. He is absolutely in love with this game. So we're going to have yeah, more talk, but we're going to, we're going to have a ton of different perspectives tonight on the shop podcast. Yeah, that's going to be so fun. Join us there. 9 PM Eastern, eight o'clock central time tonight, PTK Blam's channel. And then of course, next week, always promote boom. Double Barrel Gaming, the man, the myth, the legend, the guy who has done so much for this community in so many different ways. Go check him out. Every Tuesday, Xbox Factor Podcast. I was going to try to make this last Tuesday when I had vacation time, um, but the grandkids showed up. So I was not expecting the grandbabies to be here. So I had we had the grandbabies all day long. So I couldn't do Xbox Factor. But again, you got to always check out the Xbox Factor Podcast. Tuesdays, 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 o'clock Central Time. Thursdays. We didn't have PM in the PM this week. We didn't have an Xbox Ultimate this week, but we'll be back to normal next week. Uh, all things go right. So PM in the PM, fun speculation channel, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 o'clock Central Time. Mab and I will definitely get 
down to business with whatever topics are going on next week. Um, and we'll see what kind of stuff happens. Again, we got a lot of stuff coming up here. Um, so I can't wait to get into some conversation with him. That's Thursday nights. Again, fun speculations channel PM and the PM and then Friday nights, Xbox ultimate should be back as well. We're, uh, we never know how many of the family are going to be there, but it's always a good time. So jump in every Friday night, 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 o'clock Central Time, Fun Speculations Channel, Xbox Ultimate, and then back here for another episode of Living Split Screen. Next weekend, God willing, I will be here. And we'll see what Steve and I are going to get into next. Anyways, it's Golden Age Gaming, people. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Get out there, play what you love. Love what you play. And I'm going to talk to you all real, real soon. See you in the stars. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we'll see you on next week's episode 119 of Living Split Screen. You guys have a fantastic rest of your weekend. Stay safe, explore the stars, and uh, I love y'all. I do. Maybe. Ah. <laughs> nah, I'm playing. Much love.